to the Pulp MX Show, presented by BTOSports.com. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, right outside the Lion's Den, with your host, Steve Mathis. And now, strap in and get ready. It's showtime. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. The Pulp and Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing. Coming at you. It's Tuesday. Not Monday. It's Tuesday, November 20th, 6.01 p.m. Pacific. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you sticking around for a Tuesday show if you're listening live. Welcome, everybody, on RacerX Facebook. Thank you for watching. Appreciate that. Thank you for people for listening, for downloading this on the archive, Pulpomex app, maybe, maybe perhaps some iTunes, maybe some uh, Android action. Thank you. Appreciate it. Been a long two weeks without a show, and we are back and uh, happy to be back. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, Paris Supercross has come and gone. We got Weston Pike. Uh, we're going to talk about his injuries and, and what uh, we're going to do for that and um, something we're going to do on the show, and as well as Road to Recovery. Uh, we got lots of things to talk about, whether it's the BTOsports.com Tweet at Travis segment, the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off segment, the Race Tech Rant, the Gear Alloy Cold Call, all coming up on the show, and uh, as well as Zach Osborne, Cameron McAdoo, Mike Ulrich from Yamaha Marketing, uh, all coming on the show tonight. We may cold call someone that I, my co-host talked to this week about something that's going on in the sport. We'll figure that out. Uh, if you want to support the show, if you want to help us out, Go to Amazon uh, through the link on pulpamex.com. Make a purchase on Amazon after you click the Amazon button on pulpamex.com, and we get a small slice of that. Patreon people as well. They got a little bit of a tour of the studio this week uh, from Pookie. If you go to patreon.com and want to sign up and support, we got some free T-shirts for you as well as some sneak peek of podcasts and things like that. Uh, Sponsor deals on pulpamexshow.com. Go there. All the codes are there right there. Sponsor deals on publicmexshow.com. Don't tweet me. Don't text me. What the code is. What's going on? Everything's on sponsor deals. All right, everybody. So just do that, and uh, and we would appreciate it. Looking forward to having you tonight. Osborne, McAdoo, Allrich. Uh, Eric Pennard also too, by the way, Eric Pennard's going to join us right away. Uh, to, he was in Paris. He's been with Weston the last few days and uh, he is going to join us to tell us, uh, how to help Weston out, how, how he's doing, how the situation is. Weston Pike, friend of the show, despite saying that he doesn't like me and he hates me. He is a friend of the show, whether he likes it or not. Uh, BTOsports.com, Fly Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Vortex Racing, Gear Alloy, Roost MX, Vertex Pistons, X Brand Goggles, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima USA, FM MF Works Connection Atlas Neck Brace W Wheels Guts Racing Get Data Pro Filter Honda World Downey Ride Engineering OGO and MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com are all on board with us tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to you people as well. There, I had to turn myself up a little bit. Looking forward to you people as well. Uh, sending us a tweets at at Pulpamex Show. So go ahead and do that. Uh, my co-host in studio, all show. From Vital MX, he's been in here a bunch already. Uh, very, very knowledgeable about a lot of things in the sport, and uh, we're happy to have him. He's from uh, Vital MX, as I said. Michael Lindsay, what's up, bud? How are you? 
Hey, thanks for having me up. I finally get to do round two in the new studio. It looks like it's coming along. Yeah, we're getting there. We put some jersey frames up. We got some helmets mounted. It's a process. It's presentable. Uh, every time we do it, Pookie and I kind of argue over like what we think where should go, what should go where, you know? So that's kind of the de- debate also. I mean, is the argument, I'm, I'm just blown away there isn't an entire wall dedicated to Tim Ferry. Oh, it's not done yet. Just don't worry about that. It's not done yet. Is somebody going to still come? I mean, I see room for somebody to come in and paint a full mural. Yeah, yeah. Next to the TV, right behind Mark. I think we can do that. We have the Transworld Motocross big, huge cover of Tim Ferry coming. Uh, I have extensive collection Tim Ferry pubes. Also, I'm going to be putting under glass, so I welcome everybody to come look at that as well. So, not you know, not to be so weird, but that's that that's coming. So. all right, like I said, Eric Pennard's coming up here too. We got voicemails as well, emails from you people, um, and uh, plenty to talk about. We're gonna give away a Fly Work Stand tonight. Uh, we're gonna do our drawing for the Fly FR5 boots. FR5, the the new boot, yeah, yeah, FR5. Uh, Roost Ramit graphics, Vorte- Vortex sprockets, Maximum Pro filter stuff. Lots of giveaways. 702-586-7857 if you have something on your mind, if you want to talk about something or another. Uh, how's things with you, Michael? What have you been up to lately? What's exciting? What's new? Tell us. Keep us up to date. <laughs> Sadly, it's kind of a dead time of the year. We've been waiting to get the 250 shootout rocking, which is... When is that happening? Uh, two weeks almost there. We finally... The last couple bikes are showing up. Suzuki and Honda have been lagging pretty bad, so... Uh-huh. Uh, we're getting there. Finally get that thing started. Didn't we get a tweet from somebody today that said they bought a 19? Oh, the Hondas have been available for purchase already, but, but the, w- our media bikes haven't been available w- what's yet. What's up with that? Eh, just uh, okay. Honda released a lot of new models this year, even a, let alone for moto, a lot of off-road. Uh-huh. They've got a side-by-side coming out in a couple weeks. Um, their their press department's just slammed. They, they oh, okay, so it's had. more of a time thing or whatever. Yeah, I think Kiefer wrote them. I actually think he's the one that broke them in <laughs> for us. Yeah, That's he right. Yeah, he probably did. Um, uh, so, yeah, lots to, to talk about. You've been uh, down at Enzo as well, helping out helping, Ross? Yeah, like I said, because I don't Something work for... Something you used to do, right? Yeah, so I don't work for Vile full-time anymore, so I just kind of plan around some side projects and yep. some contract work. Uh, Ross calls me up all the time. Like, literally, I was trying to get a bunch of work done yesterday, mm-hmm. and his office guy was sick, so I literally drove down there just to package suspension and ship it just, for a couple just, <laughs> That was it, all the time. Shot me a text. Yep. I thought it would be something like, hey, we're going testing with this guy this week, or I need you to build something. It's like, can, can you come down and box up suspension? <laughs> like, okay well so You're like, oh, to, that, that i was on my way to orange county anyway so okay yeah that doesn't sound like much fun uh paris supercross again weston pike crashing on friday or uh, saturday night uh he collided with ferrandis out of the first turn he had gotten second in the first main uh fourth in the next one i think and then this was the third main the last main of the night collides with ferrandis goes down cedric Subaros lands right on his head uh unavoidable accident for sure and and weston's got some bad facial injuries uh, he's got surgery. He just had one for seven hours. Eric's going to come on in a second, update us. He's got a long road ahead of him, but, Michael, the prognosis is a complete recovery. It's uh, I'll say it's way better. I'm really close friends with uh, Weston with his dad, Lou, and uh, I missed – I didn't stay up late to watch the race that night. I had to be up early for a, a cycle with a couple of buddies, and I woke up at 5 a.m. I'm getting in the van, and I opened my phone, and I saw the news, and the initial rumors were bad, really yeah. bad. It was bad at the track. It was, I literally just remember getting the vehicle and I flipped my keys and it was just gut-wrenching to, to, you know, it's one thing, the type injury he has now, what we found out the extension of his injuries are, people getting paralyzed, but at first there was people talking about being possibly life-threatening, that was just uh, an absolute heart-wrencher, so it's, it's, as bad as the situation is, it's one of those things, at least it's not what initially was flying around. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I was standing there when the doctor was 
talking to Eric about what was going on, and he said, "Doctor said, look, we haven't seen him move his arms and legs yet. We don't know. We we have no idea. He yeah. he's been he's he's been sedated, you know, and and he's 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 out cold." sedated for the doctor sedated him because there's so much blood and everything but it, it got scary to that point you know yeah. and, and so you never want to hear that well, and it was bad i think that's one of the first points across is I, I know they've the medical team at that race has gone a lot of flack online for what people could see off camera them moving him and like all oh, why they oh, grab him geez. and drag him so quick like you don't know what you're doing emt's first job or medical staff is to make sure the guy has violent breathing and basically what we've heard with his smashed his face was blood in the throat kind of comments is you know, yeah, it, you need to check for spine and stuff like that. But in that situation, they need to get him to basically the point that he can breathe. Yeah. And that's the comments I've read so far. Medical staff wise is them trying to get him off the track, get clear airway and keep, if they, the, keep if the, they, the guy breathing. If they had left him there, there'd be critical comments. But why'd you leave him there for so long? So yeah, that yeah. kind of thing like, oh, well, right. if they would have done the typical, yeah. like you said, the neck back we, check. It we got some worse. tweets about the helmet. It's like, dude, the guy got landed on by a 450 rear, motorcycle. A rear tire with his head on a jump face and a rear tire smashing into it with a rider. Uh, yeah. Full, like, yeah. yeah, show me the helmet that's going to help that. I've had a few people hit me up today, kind of that questioning mark. I'm like, I don't really care what helmet on the market it is. I see the exact yeah, and listen, it's, it was, the new fly helmet is what he what he was wearing, and certainly uh, that thing is super safe. You'll see the tech has already been out for it in the catalog and everything. They put a lot of money into that thing, and, and just spare me that for sure. That's just people. I know people want to point for something and look for something, but sometimes it's motorcycle racing. Shit happens. Yeah, and and, and uh, so our thoughts are with Pike for sure as far as getting a recovery. Uh, like I said, Eric Pernard will be on here in a second. Um, Jason Anderson, he won three out of the six mains. He was aggressive. He was flying uh, the jump uh, after the center of the table. It was a flat left turn. He was hauling on that. One of the one of the bowl turns after this little rhythm was a built up bowl, and the dude was ripping around that. He was a, he going in. We expected him to win, and he was the best guy. I was just watching a little bit of the highlights. Like you said, I mean, the bowl corners there are long, but they're really everybody's some of the rhythms whoops you're coming in with lost speed you're getting right to the top where it's kind of a drop over into the banners i'm watching clips of zach and vince a lot of guys getting high and kind of sliding over the top mm -hmm. just make those little mistakes he's right on rail right on the edge of that traction every lap on yep. a couple of sections he he looked really good yeah he looks great he won yeah. australia of course uh so that's two for two for him um so he looks on point to defend that title him and brayton had maybe the best race of the weekend in on uh on sunday uh, they went at it. Brayton. Brayton wasn't feeling good. He's been having bronchitis. He's had pneumonia. Uh, yeah, for like six weeks. Pretty yeah. much the whole Aussie thing, he's been sick. <laughs> Basically, and his voice is a little sh sh uh, shot, too. So he's not feeling 100%. He hasn't been training or anything. So I think he knew that he didn't. He couldn't hold Jason off the whole time. But until he let Anderson by, which I think Anderson would have got him anyways, um, he was going, and they were pushing each other. They were pulling away from Zach a little bit, gapping him, and uh, that was m maybe the best weekend, the race of the weekend. They were intense, and, and Anderson Anderson was on him and trying to find a way around him, and he just couldn't, and they would go inside, outside. They were, and Brayton's got to ride defensive because, as we know, it's Anderson, so he has to also – he can't open up his turns like the way he wants to because Anderson may be coming in. It was a real cool cat-and-mouse guys between two guys who are rivals aren't necessarily bros, you know? Yeah, isn't that – I think they've had a few words before. I think that was the one that Jason pushed him off the side of the takeoff of the triple like two years ago, and they kind of yeah. had some words after uh, Not at Paris. No, no, I was no. talking oh. about just prior oh, yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they got into it in practice on, on Saturday, and uh, same thing. Anderson was trying to lay down a hot lap. He didn't know where the finish was, so he was getting frustrated because he was cruising for half the track. 
not understanding where the checkers were. And he came up on Brayton and slammed into him a little bit, threw his hand up, and Brayton and him had words afterwards. You know, Anders Brayton's like, I'm not going to do that on purpose. I didn't know you were, you know, I didn't know you were there. And, you know, it shit happens. It's qualifying, right? Which is a huge pet peeve of mine. You've heard me on this show a dozen times go on about I can't believe these idiots just they get they wait and they wait and they wait and then they lay out uh, they go to lay a hot lap down and someone's in their way and they freak out what's you got 15 minutes of your own to put your own hot, hot lap down like and besides is there a difference between like these are picks for the heat race yeah so you get fourth instead of third so now what you pick first instead of you pick second instead of first in your heat race like is that going to throw your whole race off? No, it's not. Yeah, Moto, I've never so like I you know I've seen I follow MotoGP F1. Yeah, guys freak out there a lot because it's a grid and you can literally end up an entire row back yeah. by one position. Yeah, gate. Yeah, it's not. not no, that no, too many guys freak out. It's a it's a pet peeve of mine because if you wait till the very last couple minutes, you risk the chance of someone getting in your way. Not on purpose. I would say it happens on purpose ten percent of the time. Unless your name is Porcelain, you literally wait so last minute that almost half the field has pulled off the yeah, track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, they got into it. So that was interesting to see. And then when they had that race going on, I thought I thought that was race was uh, was one of the best ones of the night. Uh, oh, by the way, taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down there in the corner. He's a little under the weather. Two weeks off. He's under the weather. We weren't even sure if he was going to show up. You never really know. The Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? It's better that way, isn't it? Which way? not knowing it's exciting no it's keeps not. you on your toes no it doesn't not at all some people pay extra for that kind of action cotton oh here we go what's up Mark? <laughs> it is vegas. How are you? what's going on it's the odds it's vegas see he what, gets it what, why don't uh, you what have you been doing marks for two weeks what you, what's been happening absolutely nothing and how awesome was it it's been fantastic well welcome back we're back i've been on the working grind. on fantasy if i'm being honest we're but back yeah. on the grind now pulp mix fantasy Ooh, how's that pulp mix fantasy along? yeah yeah that, that's what i want to hear got about. some, got some upgrades coming you know yeah year one went well but year two is gonna go come on sneak peek what, even what's, better what's what's a what's a good feature work oh on? you'll come see on. we'll oh. we'll see he he's not even close we'll to see done, that's he, he doesn't even know actually he clue. <laughs> um yeah well we do have some new prizes though we've got some people signing up for prizes to give away prizes so we are going to have a deeper field of prizes we're that's, going deep that's something the thing that we want we want to go deep so you gave away crap ton of stuff and you're giving away a whole truckload full well, of stuff we're just year. trying to get people very can you give away a truck how about a ridgeline Oh, that'd be sweet. Steve and Honda World Downey. We'll get, we'll get on that. That'd be awesome. Uh, hey, Marks, let's get Pernard on the phone if we can. And then uh, Zach Osborne, too. We'll, we'll be on. Zacho, yeah. friend of the show. 450 now, full-time guy. I'm curious. Uh, I got... I've I'm pretty good friends, Echo. I like talking to him about bikes, a bunch of stuff. I got mm-hmm. a few questions. I'm pretty yeah. interested how the transition's going for him. Yeah, I think it's different when you are now a guy instead of just a 250 guy moonlighting, right? Like yeah. he he'd been he'd done Percy last. He did Paris last year, and he just you know moonlighted a little bit. But I think it's different when you're like, hey, I'm trying to set a tone going into the season. He was very good. You know who else was good? Vince fucking Freeze was good, dude. dude Vince, he was good. Tony's right on what he was talking about. I've been a milestone a little bit watching him and Malcolm work here, and Vince has been as much crap as people want to give Vince. He works hard, does a ton of laps, but I, riding with Malcolm, you can see his technical skills on yeah. the bike have definitely picked up, and I think some of the off-season race show that because of how slick, how gnarly the whoops are. Like, mm-hmm. Good technical riders play well there, and he seemed to be his consistency they already had shine through and his technical yep. skill is better at Paris. Uh, I also think from what I've heard his bike setup skills weren't the greatest and they're yep. they're better now with Brayton and Malcolm kind of saying hey you need to do this you need to do this with your bike I've heard that a little bit and so his bike set up a little bit better than than he liked it you know yep. but he's getting used to that he was good man he was really good he got second one in one of the mains 
Yeah. What did he end up overall for the week? Yeah, uh, I like think he got fifth. Fifth overall. I think he got fifth. Yeah, um, fourth overall on Sunday he, night. Yeah, he third overall on Sunday. Third, third overall. Yeah. Um, he was good, man. Um. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna go now. We're gonna do that now. All right. Ready? Oh. Uh. Yeah. Because we're gonna be. This is beyond behind the show. I'm not talking to Marks on the air right now when I should be just typing. Come on, it, Marks. No, it's not Marks's problem. But um, no, he was good, man. Freeze deserves some credit. Uh, he's such a good starter. He's such a good starter, Michael. And in, in time, in things like that, in Paris track, forty second lap time. I mean, that's it. Especially an event like that where you do the super poles, the semis, the mains, and all of them count towards your overall for the weekend. If yeah. you're going to race six or seven times, if you've got good starts, yeah. that helps in it. Yeah, like he that would, with that. Vince Freeze was good, man. And Tony was there. Mike Genova was there. Yeah. They, were, they came from the studio. They were in the studio a couple weeks ago, so we bonded over that again. So and, and they didn't hang you for the left or anything. Dude, no, they didn't. They good. That didn't. Um, hey, that was a good show. I listened to that one running. I like yeah, some of them. Yeah, I got some good compliments on that. All right, let's go right into uh, a man that was uh, on the show a couple weeks ago as well. And uh, he's uh, just landed from Paris. He's been with Weston Pike for a few days. Eric Bernard. Eric, welcome to the show. Look, it's it's probably you as your as a promoter. Eric, you're the one responsible for getting these riders over. Having a situation like Weston is absolutely the worst possible case, huh? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Thank you for having me on the show again. Uh, it's been a long day. It's been a long uh, four days, should I say? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, pretty pumped to leave uh, to leave Weston, looking better and feeling better. Yeah, yeah. He's awake now, right? He had a surgery on his jaw. Correct. He, yep. had, he had a seven-hour surgery last night, and that was pretty successful. It was mostly to reattach the lower part of his jaw and uh, to get him off the breathing machine and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that was a, that was a big step forward. Now he has to wait another week, and uh, the real uh, body work is going to start. You know, yeah. you have to basically uh, put back all his bones together in his face, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's sobering for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, and for you, yeah. you're, I mean, you're a friend of all these guys that you bring over. You're, you've been a part of these guys for a long time. Like I said, it, for you yourself, it's just got to cast such a shadow on the weekend for you, right? Oh, it's it's a blur. It's just a, you know, it's a dark cloud. When people ask me how the race was, I'm like, I can't even think about it. It's like there was not really a race for me. It was just like suddenly I I saw Weston crash. I ran towards him, and it's the end of the it's the end of the week as I knew it. And yep. the week was pretty challenging already with Marvin getting hurt as well. But that mm-hmm. was you know in getting hurt like Marvin did compared to Weston, it's yep. definitely not comparable. But um, you know everybody has been super cool. I mean, we had a, uh, a really good support system with everybody. I mean, you know, Justin Hill, you, everybody was there. Travis's mechanic is awesome. Uh, I mean, uh, Louis and, uh, and Kelly were amazing. You know, mm-hmm. we picked them up. Yeah. No. Took them straight to the hospital and, you know, real good people. Um, you know, it couldn't be any better considering the, how bad the situation is. Yep. It's like they are in a, in a super good hospital with top-notch doctors, the best, the best in France, what mm-hmm. everybody says. And, um, no, it's, uh, 
like I said, I, you know, it's difficult to leave. I'm going to try to fly back next week to go and see them. They're going to be there for about 10 days. Yep. And uh, and hopefully we get uh, Western back uh, riding very quickly. Well, the prognosis is for a complete recovery, right, Eric? And then you were telling me that Taddy Blazuziak had a, had a similar injury to Weston where he broke a lot of bones in his face and, and you wouldn't even know it today. And Taddy went on to have a, you know, an awesome career. So all that's pr- pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yesterday morning, I was having breakfast at the hotel with a freestyler, and uh, he tells me, he said, I've done exactly the same, uh, same thing as Weston three years ago, and I was looking at him like, wow, it's <laughs> very cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, the doctors are good, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, it's the sad part of our world. You know, it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of if, it's a matter of yeah. when, yeah. you know, and... Uh, well, the good, thing, the good, the good thing, Eric. Road to Recovery has set up uh, some donations for Weston because he's going to need a medical flight back when he's ready to go, as well as uh, he's got insurance and everything. But there's going to be extensive costs over and above his insurance for the flight, as well as the uh, as well as the th- stuff he'll need back home. So it's a Road to Recovery, the number two Road to Recovery dot com. It's right on their page, and uh, they'll be able to take donations for you for Weston and his family and. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll really help them out. So that's cool that everybody kind of mobilized quickly, Eric. Yeah, no, it was, that was unbelievable. I mean, everybody, my, my phone has been ringing nonstop for three days. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, you have to, to give a lot of uh, good words to people, but uh, it's, it's all worth it. So Weston is good. He's going to be, you know, slowing down for a couple of weeks, of course, but I yeah. think we'll see him on a, on a gate before we know it. Yeah, I heard that he, uh, they said, hey, Weston, you know, do you know where you are and everything else? And do you know your dad and your mom is here? And he raised his hand and his finger up, I guess, and said, yep, right away. So he's yeah. there, you know? Yeah, he's very coherent. Right, right. So that's, uh, so, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of time. It's uh, It's been brutal on everybody and on him especially. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked like a, he lost a fight in the MMA. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it was a, and a bad one. Yeah, bad one. yeah. He, he's going to win the next fight. I'm, hey. not, I'm not too concerned about that. No, for sure. And Cedric Subaros, the the rider that uh, landed on him, was really affected by this and really, really, oh, yeah. really upset about this. Yeah, well, obviously it's nobody's fault, you know. I mean, right. he collided with Dylan, then basically was ejected of his bike. Yep. And another rider rides on him. It's you know, it's you couldn't make that happen if you were trying a million times. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, well, hey, uh, other than that, obviously, like we said, road to recovery. Please help Weston out and his family. We're going to donate. I have a signed fly helmet here from uh, the live show that we did in Vegas here, signed by everybody that was at the live show. We're going to auction that off on eBay, and all the money will go to the road to recovery fund. So I'm going to put that up tomorrow or the next day, people. I'll tweet it out. So stay tuned for that. Pulp Nation, get together and uh, and, and get this helmet and get the get the, the money will all go to Weston. So uh, we're going we're gonna to do that, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, uh, outside of that, Eric, uh, Jason Anderson looked prime and ready to go. He won in Australia, came to yep. came to Paris, won the two longer main events, and uh, took home the King of Paris trophy. That's uh, he's he's the King of Supercross, right? Yeah, now. He so, really is, right? Yeah. I, w- I was really, I mean, Jason did his job. He's the best guy in the world. He won the race, but uh, I have to say, Zach and Dylan impressed me a lot too. Mm-hmm. They absolutely did. You know yeah, Zach mean? won one, one main. Yeah. Zach, uh, I'm I'm gonna put some soft money on on Zach for next weekend in oh, Geneva. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, yeah. That'll be that's another stack field too in Geneva coming up, huh? 
absolutely. You know, we we lost Western, obviously, but yep. uh, um, you know, that's that's the way it goes. And uh, we we'll, uh, we still have a lot of good riders, ah. good riders, and and you're coming along, and I am going to have a. We're going to do some good stuff there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Online. Yeah, let's let's announce that <laughs> as soon as we can, as soon as we get everything locked down. But it looks like we're going to be doing something live from Geneva. So, um, yeah, that'll be cool. Our listeners will dig that. Everyone will like that, I think. Um, also, too, Eric, uh, Vince Freeze. I was just telling Michael Lindsay here. Vince Freeze was good all weekend. He got second one yes. night, and he was very good. Yeah, Vince was very good. I mean, you know, nobody was disappointing. All the guys were riding very, very good. Mm-hmm. I think... I think Jason didn't push too hard because he didn't have maybe he didn't have to, but he still he still had to work yeah. to earn the King of Bercy title. Yeah, he really did, didn't he? He uh, he did. Um, so yeah, looking forward to Geneva in a couple of weeks, man. That'll be fun. And again, it's it's, it's a, not, it's not a, a couple of weeks, Steve. We in one week we'll be in the plane. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, right? <laughs> Damn, these things come up quick. Um, yeah, yeah no, off season. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to to that. Well, um, Eric, thanks for your time. Thanks for calling in and the update on Weston and everything. And and, uh, no, I, and I just want to, to I want to make sure all the fans and friends of Weston know he's, he's in good hands. You know, it's it just uh, it just unfortunate it happened. Yeah. but he's gonna be fine. It's a great hospital too, right? In in Paris, yeah. it's yeah, it's a. It's the biggest hospital in France. It's uh, I got the, I got the, the for- fortunate experience to spend almost twenty hours in an emergency room and <laughs> telling you, those guys are pretty gnarly. The people yeah. working in there, it's uh, just like it's amazing what you see. I bet. And yeah. uh, everything is uh, brings ev- everything down to perspective. You know, like you think you're the. You're the biggest crash of the day, but wait five minutes. Yeah, yeah, you'll see some stuff go through that that place, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, Eric, thanks, uh, thanks for calling in. Glad you're safe and sound in Florida. Or are you in Thank Florida you yet? So much. Are you home yet? Yes, yeah, I okay. just, you know, it's, uh, Alec is driving me back home, and uh, I'll be sleeping in about five minutes for two days. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. As always, thanks, thanks, Eric. Road to recovery. Help out Weston Pike. Thank you for helping Weston and being there before Louie and Kelly and and, and uh, everybody got there. Oh. As, no as always, class act by you, man. Thanks very much. You're welcome, and uh, you guys take care. Have a great show tonight. All right, thanks, thanks, buddy. See you. All right, uh, Eric Pennard, everybody. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, you know, just you're. I mean, Eric, Michael, you're Michael Lindsay's here from Vital MX. It just if you're in Eric's shoes, you're just like this is the worst thing. I brought this guy. This, Eric Weston and I had lunch before his crash. I mean, before yeah. the night show, um, and we were talking about it, and he just he didn't know he was going till Tuesday at like eight o'clock. Yeah, because he was the fill, one of the fill-ins that got pulled when uh, Marvin uh, went out with Meniscus. I think both him and Hill were uh, yeah. fill-ins. They brought just some parts with them. Yep, absolutely. So if you're Eric. And you say, "Hey, come on! I'll pay you a little bit of money. Come out and race." You just—I mean—you just feel terrible. It's not your fault or anything, but you know, Eric's a class guy, and and but yeah. he's staying with them. I don't—I don't—I'm not surprised. That's what he does. Yeah. No, I know they. Like I said, I talked to Lou a little bit about the hospital. They got him in. The doctors are working. It sounds like they pulled him and got him some good people helping yep. him. So. Yep. Um. Hey. So we he talked about Osborne, and we were talking about Zacho a little bit. Um. Now I've been on the record as saying that I think Plessinger will be the best 450 rookie out of Savachi and Osborne. And, and, and I think Plessinger will be the guy. Outdoors, I think Zacho will be. I like Zacho's outdoor skills, obviously. Not that Plessinger is any, anything uh, to, to, to you know slouch on. Now, Savachi obviously won, won the last thing in the Monster Cup. So we know he looks pretty good. And I don't want to let recency bias get me here, Lindsay, but... Maybe I moved Osborne up ahead of Plessinger. You know, he looked yeah. good, man. 
I guess always. I mean, he looks good. I was really curious how. Have you his, seen Aaron uh, at the track? Just a little bit, and okay. it's one of those things that's really hard to judge on track. I'll be dead honest with um, Joey's performance at Monster Cup. I would have never guessed that. I was at the test track two weeks before she with Bowers, uh-huh. and. I didn't think he looked that like watching him compared to Bowers, how he was riding a 450 okay. and some of the stuff he was doing. I was like, yep. eh. And then he came out and pressed. And we're seeing Zach actually out racing, which is a whole nother thing. And in Plessinger's case, all I've seen is clips of him at the test track. So, I mean, there's still a question mark. What's it going to be like come race time? But I, I'm kind of with you. I, I would think I'd lean a little bit towards Aaron for Supercross because of his size or things yeah. about Zach's setup that make me wonder. But that's what I'm curious to talk to yeah, him about. Yeah, you can ask him about that but, stuff. Yeah. But outdoors, I, you know, even though Aaron won the, the mm-hmm. tie last year, he has some inconsistency sometimes. And Zach's just so strong will in such great shape for outdoors. I yeah. definitely lean towards him outdoors. But like you said, I would say uh, the pie of how far up I thought Aaron would do in Supercross compared to Zach. I just brought them up on more of an even yeah. playing field. Yeah, I think so, man. Again, I don't want to get into the. You know, it was only a little short races uh, in Paris. You know, but but yeah. Zach was good. at times he was catching yeah. Anderson. He had well, he had spots where yeah. he was catching Anderson. He was better than Jason, and uh, and couldn't get by him. You know, and and then Anderson buckled up a few times and answered the call. But that's your Supercross champion. Yeah. The other one too is coming into like taking Aaron or Joey's case. I mean, both of them spent a decent, especially quite. They've all spent a decent amount of time in the 250 class, mm-hmm. but in Zach's case, he is quite the seasoned veteran. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would think that would definitely help move in 450 class. It's not like some kid that's 21 that's moving yeah. up. Zach's got so yep. much experience behind him. Yeah, um, I just I one of the things I liked Aaron about for was because whoops, tall guy yeah. in the whoops. You know, I whoops are such a big part of your success in Supercross. Yeah, such a big part. And to me, Aaron's great in them. Yeah. Know, so I think their thing though it's interesting with Aaron that's a question mark is um not you know, it's it's one thing not talking about the team or bike, but the Yamaha team is as a factory effort more recent of coming back. Um maybe not having another big name on the team having tested, like in the case of, of Zach's situation, you're going on to the team that has the current defending champion and has a bike that in either color has been winning a bunch of tiles, mm-hmm. it's got a bunch of great people, he's got like I said, championship the current defending champion is his teammate to base everything off of to work with to do his testing with to judge everything where i look at aaron kind of being a little bit by himself barsha's on his own different program sure that team's a little even though it's got some really experienced people on it it hasn't had any really big success yet so there's some question marks there a little bit yeah a little bit i think that's all uh i think that's all really fair uh let's go to uh mike before we get osborne on the line mike what's up man how are you hey good how are you guys good what's going on not much hey so a while back, you gave away a signed Weston Pike helmet. Did I? Okay. Okay. So my name is Mike, obviously, or whatever, but the caller in front of me, his name was Mike, too. Okay. So halfway through me realizing he was talking and not me, no I way. quit talking. Oh. And, and then uh, you actually gave him the Weston Pike helmet, and I'm a huge Weston Pike fan. So in Weston Pike fashion, I yelled, fuck you, Steve Mathis, and I threw my phone and deleted the app. And <laughs> I was all butthurt wow. or whatever. Oh, it's all worked up. Damn, Steve, look and, at the you know, angry you about it now. Okay. And then, uh, so I started listening to your shows again, obviously. Okay, I, thank I mean, you. I was away for like an hour. But I just discovered not too long ago, show 139, and it's called Lasergate. Oh, yeah. If you listen to Pulp MX and you've never heard show 139, uh, you need to do yourself a favor right now I think and every, go listen to it. I think everybody's listened to 139. 
Yeah. Dude, and can you, you deserve a fucking Emmy. Can you that. and you can can you believe that Tony and Genova were in the studio two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whenever it was? I'm about. I know, right? I think that's what made me go back and search it or whatever. Right, but dude, right. that is hilarious. It was great. Watson, Villaman were on point too. It was it was something else, man. Oh, it was great. So, so yeah, well. Okay, well, I'm sorry Weston about Pike. the Weston Pike helmet that you didn't get. I, I apologize. Oh, dude, that's fine. Well, okay. I thought it was funny. Well, do you do you have a bike? <laughs> I do. Uh, RM Army. RM Army? Okay. All right. Uh, do you want a Roost Ramit graphic set? So basically a copy of the what A-Ray a- ran? Do you want a set of Vortex sprockets or a Maxima oil kit? What do you want? You pick. Ooh. Vortex sprocket <clears throat> kit. All right. Vortex sprocket kits. Uh, fantastic combination. Uh, stay on the line. Uh, Travis will get your information, and you and we'll pass it on. All right, man? Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Will you please put the app back on your phone now and not call me a motherfucker? I- <laughs> I will, I okay, promise. <laughs> fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Stay on the line. Yep. All right. Uh, Vor- Vertex Pistons. Uh, Vertex Pistons. Do you know the Vertex come stock in every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna? Yes, I do. Did you know that? I did. Founded 65 years ago in a small technical workshop in Italy. Uh, today, Vertex is an OEM supplier for KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas, Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride, when it's time to rebuild your top end, uh, please check out VertexPistons.com. Use Pulpamex Show 2018 as the code to save full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, and GP style. Vertex Pistons is pleased and proud to bring you our first guest of the night. Well, I guess second guest after Eric, right? Uh, first guest of the night. This man finished third at, at Paris and uh, won one of the main events. He's going in the 450 Supercross full-time. Friend of the show, Zacco. What's up, Osborne? How are you, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, finished watching a TV show from last night that I missed called Manifest. Have you ever seen it? No, never, never even heard of it. Is it on Netflix Dude, or what is it? No, it's it's an NBC show. But oh, is that the plane? The plane goes missing or something? Oh man, it's it's legit. Is it a multi-part series or? Yeah, I saw the commercials for that. Uh, I saw the commercials. So far, it's like eight episodes deep, and next weekend's like or next Monday's the fall finale. They're calling it, and uh, then I'm sure it'll be one or one or two more seasons. It's pretty sick. Um, can we talk about Ferrandez telling me he got your jersey at Bercy? When he was a kid, sure, sure, I'd love to because it was. It seemed as if you were trying to make some kind of. I just um, jerky pun there. I, I mean, you, you race with the guy and he got your jersey, uh, dude. I was only sixteen or uh, seventeen. Did you, you did you go there for Yamaha Troy or was it KTM? No, it was KTM. It was two thousand six. So, but I think I was sixteen that whole year. But I think because the race would have been in November, yeah. I would have been seventeen. Okay. All right. Well. Ferrandis was 14 or 13 or maybe 9 and got your jersey. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that. Uh, he's never told me that story, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. That well, same year, actually, DV was going to win the King. It was all 250. Yeah. And um, DV's bike quit at one of the mains, and he came back to the pits and threw his helmet like, a hundred feet in the air without just, like, <laughs> and let it splatter on the ground and, and like my mom still tells that story to this day like how crazy he was going um but uh i actually only made one of three mains that weekend oh really <laughs> yeah i made made the sunday main because um people fights were blowing up and, and a couple of people got hurt was only <laughs> and i did qualify basically what about DV asked me on Twitter to, to ask you about his pit signals, his pit board signals, where she's got a bunch of it's hand communications or something, right? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I asked him about it. I thought about it because he was like the, the second main on Saturday night when Ferrandis pulled the whole shot in one. 
Yeah. He was like, it seemed like he was in every corner giving Fernandez some sort of hand signal. I was like, bro, come on, like, get off the track. <laughs> Is he running corner to corner? Or what? He was, he was, well, to, he was Tony. He was pulling a Tony Alessi. He was just all over the place. Like everywhere was DV. Is like he was just another tough block in every corner. <laughs> With his like baseball type of hand signals, huh? Oh yeah, it was like. You know, I mean, there's no way Dylan knew what he was talking about. Throwing so many signs at him, it's like, whoa, huh. no clue. I'm gonna try to hit these whoops quick. Yeah, exactly. Let, let, yeah, let me just try to go as fast as I can, DV. How's that? Don't I don't need a signal for that. I'll just try to go as fast uh, as I can. Um, well, listen, hey man, uh, Paris was a success for you. I think you got to be stoked. You you would have got second had you not got a flat tire in the final main event. Um, so you won one of the one of the semifinals. Uh, you had to feel good at the end of the end of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. I was a little bummed on my first main. Um, I got a good start in that one too, but I got shuffled back um, trying to pass someone, and then uh, only got six. So I went into the to the final main on Sunday, four points down on Jason, which should have been really um, less than that one or two, really. Um, but yeah, then the flat kind of ruined the the whole thing. But um, other than that, it was a really positive weekend. I had really good starts and a lot of. Keep your phone. Hey, wait a minute. Your phone is moving all over the place, so keep it upright at a certain position. Somebody said that to me earlier. I don't yeah. know what the deal is. Okay, keep it there. That's good. Whatever you were just doing right there. Whatever it is. Okay. Okay. Um, Sorry. My bad. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, um, yep. So, there's a lot I can kind of take from it. I was, yeah, yeah. really happy with it. I, I wasn't sure how my race craft was going to be after you know, four and a half or five months not racing. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, it was, I was pretty, pretty happy. Uh, Michael, his starts were on point. Like every single start, you just saw the white fender. Just your, your jump was great. Every time Zacho, just pretty much except for maybe the first one on, on, uh, on Saturday. But, uh, you, you got your starts down on that. Great for sure. Yeah. That's one thing with the four fifty. like with the two fifty, it was, everything was so, um, so precision and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crucial. Every, you know, we had to shift the bike at, at at two seconds on the on the money from the time we let the clutch out every time. So I felt like oftentimes I was searching for those little things, mm-hmm. and they were so hard to do, you know, in a race situation that I would lose, you know, technique or um, things that that I work on during the week to be able to execute properly I, I wouldn't do that on the weekends because i was more worried about making the bike you right. know, run as, as good as possible so it's nice to be able to rely on the power a little bit not mm-hmm. have to worry about jumping jumps and and everything and just be able to go out there and kind of use more technique and and be a little smoother and not so you know trying to just eke out every little scent every every time right speaking of zach hey it's my guy i was uh kind of curious you know me and you talked a while back in an interview and i know a lot of people have brought up over the years is um your style how you sit on the bike where you sit on the bike and set up now that you've been on the 450 for a little bit um are you finding that you know what you did on the 250 is it is it is it carrying over more naturally than you expected is there anything you've surprisingly had to change at all bike setup or how you ride the bike to get things to work or are you pretty happy with how how it's all carrying over so far so far it's been a really easy transition one big, one big thing has been that my bike i was gelling with it like pretty much straight away and kind of hit the nail on the head and I've been really happy with the way, you know, the settings and everything that I've been given have gone. Um, but sometimes like today I had one moment where, um, 
I went into a whoop section, and I'm so used to having to, like, milk second out of the corner mm-hmm. to get into the whoops in third or even sometimes fourth. And I came out of the corner in second and shifted on the first whoop, which I would typically do. And because I was going so much faster, I, like, missed a couple whoops, and, you know, it caused me to have a moment. But that's <laughs> the kind of thing, you know, that it, it's like every couple of days something like that will happen, and, and I can instantly relate it to, like, what I, you know, what I'm used to doing and what I've done in the past for so long. So it's just kind of eliminating those little um, patterns that are ingrained in my brain from around 250 for so long and um, just making new habits. And, yeah, really, like like I said, like leaning on or relying on the bike. Um, well, you should have just listened to some of my texts for the lines I gave you, some line selections. But yeah, were you out was. there handing out some signals? No, I was just Steve? texting him. I'm just like, what are you doing Next out year, there? I'm going to get Steve the proper credential, and then he can just stand beside <laughs> right. and I mean, he's texting with a press box. You should just tape your phone up on the handlebars. You can get all the yeah. all Steve Mathis yeah, wisdom just, on the line. I mean, I'm just saying, I had some great lines out there that I saw. Um, curious on the a couple other things, bike setup wise, just something small I noticed between you and Anderson. It, it's a small one, but just thinking of the, the 450s, um, what guys are looking for for power. I think you're running. Longer head pipe setup than him, or you compared to like Jason? Are you a little more torque happy with the 450? Or um, I think that's mostly just because he hasn't had a chance to try it yet with all of his traveling and stuff. But um, for me, that's like the most linear, linear exhaust that we have. Um, it's just like a really nice round power that I can rely on on the bottom, but kind of still revs out on top. So that's why I chose that weird looking one that, I, that i'm yeah. riding when more, you more like an easy roll on not as much of a harsh snap feel to it or well it's not really easy or or harsh it's just like a really nice steady power that mm-hmm. that i can just kind of know what's going to happen every time i hit the throttle 702-586-7857 if you have a question for wacko zacko uh third overall at paris supercross this weekend hey when you start testing when they build you a bike do they say hey Here's Dungey or here's Anderson's bike. Like here, here's their base setup. Is that what they do? Um, the no, very first started, time. No, not really. Uh, my, my stuff is pretty different um, and pretty stiff. But I, I ended up starting pretty close to Jason, and now we're still um, still working very close on it. Yeah. as far as stuff goes, um, which is kind of surprising um, when you see the difference in the way we ride the bikes. So I think that kind of goes to say how good what we have really is if if it's that mm-hmm. compatible to you know both both worlds so yeah. um it's nice to just kind of have really good stuff yeah the um i was kind of curious you know you've definitely done a lot of racing all around the world and had to fly to races with suspension parts here and there but how's it doing these off-season races with uh having huskavarna's full support the ice one team basically to build you guys full bikes is nice to kind of not have to worry about that just bringing a little part here they're having basically a full bike for you yeah it makes it so much easier like i feel i feel guilty a little bit you know watching other guys take stock bikes on thursday and friday and build yeah. them into you know close to what their race bikes are but we're just there you know out of a factory sprinter van with well, everything that we could we could need which is is a huge huge help and um you know we probably could never say thanks enough to those guys for it's uh, um, just making it happen. They enjoy doing it, but at the same time, it's you know it's time that they don't have to spend away from home or um, build bikes or whatever the case is. It's such a big help that Brayton was trying to buy his race bike this weekend to take it to Geneva. He was just saying no to the, he was just saying to the team, "I'll buy. Can I buy this? I'll just buy this. 
you take it to Geneva for me, and like I'll, I'll then I'll take all my parts off after Geneva, and I'll sell it, or I'll, I, you know, and they, they they couldn't do it. But he did not want. He liked the bike as it was, the race bike, and just wanted it for Geneva. But now he has to go and put it on another Unbox bike you know? again. Well, one thing you know. is like it's not so, not as much with the steel frame, but like on um, on the Japanese bikes, it's it's a big difference from a frame that's broken into a frame yeah. that's brand new. Yep. yep. And I I can totally totally understand that even me this weekend we had um we had two new frames but i had a used used all that stuff that you can get that's you know that you can soften up a little bit to where it's not going to change over the weekend and you're not chasing something in the beginning that you're not going to battle in the end you know right it makes a huge difference now uh my sources tell me my sources tell me that down in florida you're riding very well and have been doing better times than Jason so far. It's early. I'm not claiming anything, but are those true? A and B. Do you feel pretty good so far about the boot camp? I feel great. Everything's been going good, and like I told you this weekend, I feel like I've been riding a little bit better at home um, on some better dirt and and a little better traction than what we had this weekend. Um, I rode with Jason a lot in California, and we you know, we gelled really well and and got a lot of work done and then um this is his first week in florida and we're riding together tomorrow so okay um, so maybe it was california that my sources were not specifying the location <laughs> it was some secret testing but yeah i mean everything's going right. really well and and as to plan as um as could be at this point i mean there's uh the, the biggest thing is just that the transition has been a lot easier than what i expected just because i was really worried about you know, finding some comfort, that was the biggest thing for me on the 250 is that I was just so comfortable and I had so much knowledge of the bike and mm-hmm. um, where I wanted to go and what I was feeling and so on and so forth. And I was nervous that that wasn't going to be the case with the 450 just because I hadn't been so long. And then on top of that, I was, you know, starting with a brand new bike, but it's been a really easy transition and, and a lot easier than I uh, could have ever right. imagined. Michael, don't you find the dynamic of Jason Anderson, Marvin Muskan, and Cooper Webb. Very interesting. Oh, and Zach, the whole group. Well, not, not Zacho. <laughs> Zacho is... Whole group. There's no drama with Zacho. He's a he's a reasonable human being who actually has feelings and emotions and everything else. But I'm not worried had, about Zacho. But then you have three others who have all right, had issues. Right. I am not worried about Zacho. He, and if anybody had a problem with Zacho, he'll just go over, and then you'll talk about it like normal humans, because Zach's a normal human. See, the thing is, we think there there would be so much drama. Like, I could picture in my head how things could go bad. What do you mean? And Zach, last year, they uh, weren't even... Look, Anderson and Marv weren't even riding together. I, I could see Zach over there with popcorn just watching it, but at the same time, fresh, I don't see it being that bad, realistic. No, like, I'm not saying with Zach. Take I know, it. I know. I right. said watching the other three... Like, like, no, it's the other it's three bad. guys. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's that bad. I've heard really good things, at least so far, right, about just, how Coop's just, handled this. Stay situation. tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We aren't, we aren't to races <laughs> yet. I'm, we're not at the races, exactly. The only one I have faith in is Zacho. Like, the only, like he's like a normal human. You're, that's it. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate it. No problem. That. You're the only normal one in the group, apparently. I'm the only normal human. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like just Zach's class. He's yeah. just, he, And he'll just deal with, like, an adult. I, I'm, I'm curious on your own expectations, even, because, you know, it's kind of funny listening to you talk about I, you genuinely sound surprised and happy with how quickly you're getting settled in. Because I know um, when, when I saw you over the summer, you're still healing up. You were talking about your expectations a little bit of realistically how long your 450 career could be and settling in and you know you were even talking about off-road stuff then or things but 
listening to you now it sounds like the transition is really good as as you know without getting too far ahead of yourself is it is it enough of a surprise that your own expectations of what the season could look like or kind of going up yeah i mean definitely um honestly i would have to say yes uh but like i feel like expectation you know when you build expectation you're either going to be disappointed or happy and then when you're either or that kind of can go either way so i'm trying not to build any any real expectations and just kind of go to the races with with um an open mind and you know kind of let happen what i train to do train my body to do happen so um yeah so it it um, is for sure but at the same time i'm trying not to you know get too far ahead of myself so i.e we will not see zach on the cover of racer x saying my whole life is about january 6th (laughs) We will no, not, definitely not. We will not see that that quote with you at all. Negative. Um, hey, so you're going to Geneva in a week and a half. Uh, Thanksgiving this weekend and everything else. Like you said, you're back in Florida now. Does that, at, at a level that you're at, never mind me, I'm just like this tub of goo, but when you're like a, a real athlete, like does the, are you worried, do you do anything, and are you worried about the Paris and back and then Geneva and back uh, on any sort of issues training and, and riding-wise? No, um, I, I wish that Geneva was one more week out. That would be a little bit better for me. But mm-hmm. actually, Justin is going to Geneva or to Barcelona for the the banquet. So it kind of works out that we're both gone that same week. Um, we're both going to the factory uh, next Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. So it's kind of a you know it, it all it all equals out in the end. But um, I don't. I can't say that I don't get jet lag ever but i right. definitely um don't feel much of an effect like i woke up i went to bed last night at 9 30 woke mm-hmm. up this morning at 6 30 did all my normal riding and training and yeah i'm ready for bed again now so um it's it just doesn't quite affect me as much as others i don't know if it's because i've done it more or what the case is so mm-hmm. you know the main thing is is just getting good rest and being able to stay well you know not right. not getting sick and all that stuff so right. but it's it's been good so far and i don't really get too concerned about it i try to stay wow. clean and and wash my hands a lot i couldn't uh couldn't really hang out with zacko too much this weekend uh michael you know anderson's over there and i don't want to upset him but you know maybe i'll come by more often in geneva i don't know i don't, I don't know um, Are you going to geneva? i'm going to geneva yeah Sweet. it's a good one too yeah it's a fun one can we can I explain to people for a second? Do, do we have time? We got ten minutes. Do we have any other questions for Zach? I mean, what, are you about to go on a rant or? Yeah, what? I am. I go rant. Okay, get it out I of your system. Tell you what this is about. <laughs> Great. Okay, so is it about Jason? No, thank no. God. We're in Paris. Okay, we're in Paris. Which is? Are you? Am I? Are you right, Zacho? Yes. Okay. He called it. We're in Paris. Okay, a city that is either number one or two or three for greatest restaurants in the world. Right? French food is renowned and people love it. And we are in Paris, and we got done racing at seven o'clock on a Sunday, and I'm at the hotel, and I'm t- well. First of all. During my fourth fucking club sandwich of the weekend, because that's all I want to eat at the hotel restaurant, because everything else doesn't look that good, I tell Brayton, let's go for dinner tonight after the race, like to a nice restaurant. We're right in downtown Paris. There's got to be a ton of places. Eric Pernard will help. The front desk will help. Whatever it is, let's go get something to eat. And Brayton's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I'm like, okay, cool. 
I'm walking back after the, after the race, and I text Brayton, where are we going to dinner? He's like, I'm already eating, bro, at the hotel, back at the hotel. I'm like, he's like, it's good. You should come out. And it wasn't the normal menu. They, they have some free food for the racers and mechanics and everybody back at the hotel. And I'm just like, are you fucking serious, Brayton? Like, we're going to eat at this restaurant for the fifth time this weekend. We're in Paris. We have a few hours to kill here. Race is over, you know. We're in Paris. Do I've heard you say okay. Paris 20 times. <laughs> when, when you're Michael, you don't really travel the circuit, but if you when you did or, or when you've gone, do you often eat the hotel restaurants? No, I no, go to Japan. You never do. You never do. That's the whole point. So we're in Paris and we're eating at the hotel restaurant. It's like being in St. Louis and eating at the hotel restaurant in St. Louis. So Brayton bails on me. Brayton's out. Are you incapable of eating by yourself? I'm not going to a restaurant by myself in Paris. So okay, <laughs> but you know who would you know who would go with me? You know who would. Zach Osborne because he has traveled all over the world and he is worldly and he's a normal human being and Zach will go with me and I asked Zach Wrong. and I asked Zach <laughs> and he's like no nah, man no nah, mate I'm good here <laughs> like I'm like what let's go he's like no nah, I'm not going I'm not going anywhere and so I got all these jerk off riders and these mechanics and they don't want to go anywhere but eat club sandwiches at the hotel which is all I ate, by the way. Steve, are you sure? Isn't they want to go to dinner, and, and or do they nobody... not want to go to dinner with you? <laughs> no, I, I would. Okay. Okay, that's a good point. Give you a <laughs> fuck you, Michael. Michael. <laughs> so, on sat- Saturday night, the first night of racing, we got back to the hotel at about one. We're not going Saturday night. I know. I'm. A, I'm aware. I'm setting up the situation for what you were asking. <clears throat> okay. So then, on top of that. We get up the next morning at 8 because the, the practice starts at 10.30 or whatever. So we got to get up a little bit It's started actually 11.30, like but yeah, okay. Anyways. Yep. So we race all day, pack our bags. Steve wants to go back to the hotel, clean up, and go out to eat dinner in Paris. And I have to be on a bus the next morning at 6 a.m. to get to the airport. And I'm like, I'm so, no, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not that into it. Yeah, well, I know we're in. So, yeah, just keep eating hotel restaurant food because that's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, are totally you in good. Paris all the hey, time? I'm sorry, you must you must be in Paris all the time. Hypocrisy! I've never heard of hypocrisy. So this dude is in France, Paris, to be exact, like one of the coffee capitals of the world. Guess where he's getting his coffee from? Starbucks. The Starbucks beside the hotel. <laughs> Listen, don't take <laughs> your personal feelings for Starbucks Thank into this you. story. You don't There's like no Starbucks. Well, what you're basically saying is he can't bring his opinion at all into the story. A coffee is a little different than a club fucking sandwich. I had no, it's how many, the exact how many, same to me. How many club sandwiches did you have, Osborne? Uh, one. Okay, well, I had four, and and I, I was had over Chipotle it. Twice though. You had Chipotle? Chipotle. Yeah, there was a Chipotle yeah. there. Yeah, next to the mall where the Starbucks oh, was. It was right fantastic. By the Starbucks. <laughs> but, like, so that's how you saw them there every day when you were having your Chipotle. I, 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 these these idiots like. Like, they just never wanted to leave the hotel. Nobody wanted to ever leave the hotel. Like, ah, we're in Paris. We're, we're in a third world country. We could get shot or gunned down. Or I'm just going to sit here and eat club sandwiches and fucking chicken. Mmm, good. Like, I'll, be, wh- I'll wh- be honest with you. On Friday night, I actually looked up on Yelp, like, some places to go. And I went downstairs, and I was like, I asked the, the front desk. I was like, and, and I knew that if any of the ones I had found were any good, they'd be like, yeah, go to this one. And they were like, just stay here or or go to the mall because everything else is like a 20-minute cab ride. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do the rest of the weekend is just stay oh, here. Give me a break. Brayton, <laughs> I'm, more, I'm really pissed at Brayton because Brayton said, let's go. Let's do it. And when we left lunch 
on Sunday, back at the hotel after practice, Brayton's like, we'll do it, Mathis, we'll do it. Because I was, I was doing the same, complaining the same thing there. He even put me, Brayton put me on his Instagram story saying I was complaining. Wah, wah, wah. And I was. And Brayton's like, let's go. And then I text that motherfucker, and he's like, I'm eating. Maybe he thought you were just going to complain <laughs> and I'm like, all what dinner happened? as well. What happened, JB, to going out on a, in Paris on a Sunday? Now, and, I wouldn't have been nearly as against it if, I wasn't like three plates deep on the buffet because I was thinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you're, you get off a little bit because, yeah, you never promised like Justin Brayton did. Little and, concept and start. Fair, my, I'm a little butthurt that you didn't ask me to start with. So, well, I was eating. Yeah. I was eating. Definitely I can't eat with you because Anderson weekend. could be by. I can't go hang out with you because 21 could be by. You could. You know, You'd be fine. So, so I can't go eat with you. I got to hang out with Brayton and Pike and these guys. Jason makes fun of me on his IG story, too. I still sit next to him at a press conference. It's not a problem. I'm just saying, I, I don't want to upset these fragile little flowers that aren't normal humans like Zach. So I don't know. Your uh, one sounds pretty upset. That right tells now. me you guys are fragile little flowers. <laughs> so I, so I, w- I should have texted you, Zacho, because we were texting. Yeah, you, I feel uh, like you need to apologize to him now. Why? All this Randall's crap, and you didn't ask him first. I, I just, you know, <laughs> at, at dinner at the hotel, I'm like, you know what? Brayton's an idiot. I'm going to ask Zacho, and he'll go with me. But yeah, you'd already eaten already, Zacho. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we at least could have gone and got a crepe. Yeah, I th- we could have done that. I found a crepe place nearby. Brayton bailed on that, too. You didn't ask me for that either. Dang, dude. I think I did. No, you didn't, because me and, me and Mel, who was with me, we were going to go to Starbucks, but it was closed because he wanted Starbucks, but I wasn't going to get anything, obviously. Yes. Um, Zach but- boycott Starbucks, everybody. Zach, you will never find Zach Osborne in another Starbucks for the rest of his life. I'm about seven years old right now. You're what? What? You're seven years now. <laughs> yeah, like seven years in. Right. But dude, a couple about about a year ago, we were at the beach, my wife and daughter and I, and um, there was a pay parking lot, and I didn't have any cash, and I had to go to a Starbucks and buy a bottle of water, and it dang near. Oh. Broke me. I was like, no, you're just clenching possible. your money in line. He, he, like, do he, I have to? He, do? he does not. He is not a Starbucks guy, but that. that uh, I'm gonna ask McAdoo's coming. I'm gonna ask McAdoo because he's one of those guys bailed on me too. But he only does what uh-huh. he only does what Brayton wants to do. So I, I'm I can't still. Really... I feel like this is the the whole focal point of the story is you're the person getting bailed on by everybody. I, I feel like that's one of those things where you have to look in the mirror, man. Well, I asked Pike. No, I was in. It wasn't. It wasn't a Steve thing. I was. was it no, no, no. I, I, I asked Pike. Steve I asked Pike about being his best man. He said we weren't. We, he, I couldn't be his best man because we weren't friends. So that also happened At earlier. Least he's very day. honest. <laughs> right. Exactly. Always. So. Hey, Zacho, um, good job this weekend. Thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Vertex Pistons bringing you Zach Osborne. I might have to – I'm going to see after Geneva, but I may have to move you up, Zacho, in my Racer X Supercross preview videos that we're doing in a couple weeks. From 18th to 17th or 15th or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I hope you can break top 10. If if you go yeah. if you go get lunch with him he'll move you up even hey, farther. I tell you what I, t- I don't I don't know oh, what. <laughs> Michael uh, his fitness too was on point like oh, yeah. late in the race it's always is we know where's that where even a question I know but I'm just saying late in the race like you look at the lap times and Zacho you never like you just kept going just like however until you got your flat tire of course but you're just like all right let's just keep going here like it was again that's they wrote in on the pit board and I I was doing the math in my head because. Right before the start, Vince had asked me um, what the points were like. Yeah. And I think I had 11 on him and 12 on Dylan, and I knew where they were. And I was like, oh, if I stay out, I can maybe get, like, 
you know, I can maybe still get third overall, which it didn't really mean that much. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm here. Right. I'm not going to pull off. I can roll around and, and still see what happens. And I, I got 12, and then it, that was gave me about third by one point. Yeah, if you pulled in, uh, Brayton would have got third, right? Yeah. So. Vince would have got third. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, remember how yeah. I just said Vince got fourth and you correct me and said he got third? Zach got third. Very Vince got sure. on, no, on, fourth. on Sunday. On he got Sunday. Got Sunday got on Sunday. No, Vince third got third on Sunday. On Sunday. I'm looking at results. I watched it says he p- got fourth. Eh, screw no. my results. No, fourth. He, he, had, he had two, five, four. Hey, Vince was good. Oh, Osborne. Vince was good. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I know people don't like him because he doesn't party in Temecula and all that, but. <laughs> He's good. He was. He um, and like I told you, he was good at Monster Cup too. Like, maybe yeah, really quite realized because he wasn't like at the front, and there was a lot of controversy happening and stuff. But he was, yeah, he was the next best guy. After, yeah. like the guys, you know. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Zacho. Well, hey, thanks for the time tonight. Good job in Paris. You should have gone out with me on Sunday for dinner, but yeah, uh, didn't get an invite until I was already three plates deep. So yeah. Uh, no right. worries. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. See ya. Zach Osmond, everybody. VertexPistons.com. Um, that's the Race Tech rant of the night. The restaurants. Thank God we got that Racetech.com. Please check them out. Pop Mech Show 2018 is the code. Engines and suspension service as well. Ben LeMay uses it. Uh, Tyler Medaglia up in Canada uses it. Uh, Michael Lessie used it. Uh, Malcolm Stewart won Montreal with Racetech suspension. Uh, so whether it's uh, motors or suspension, they can take care of you. You know the guys at Racetech well. Michael, oh, yeah. you use them a lot. Rob, Paul, great, great guys. And uh, they do great work as well. Uh, so that's the Racetech rant of the night. Staying at a hotel restaurant. Mmm, club sandwiches again. Mmm, so good. Fucking guys, seriously. Like, just expand yourself a little bit. Just, just you know, that's all. That's all I ask. Just live life. We're in, we're in Paris. We have four hours. Let's do it. Uh, our next guest on the show tonight, brought to you by RoostMX, RoostMX.net. Use the code uh, PulpMX to save. There's a whole Pulp Nation section on their website as well. You can get graphics. Ramit graphics. Ramit graphics. We'll, uh, we're going to give some of those away tonight. Uh, I got a few DMs from people on Instagram that they, they bought the Ramit kit. It looks good. It's blue and blue and red. Uh, so thanks to those guys at Cobra as well. If you have a Cobra, they have complete merch as well as graphics for, for Cobras and a uh, whole Pulp Nation section. Close to great looking shirts and hats. We thank Roost MX for bringing our next guest on the show. Uh, he is uh, he's coming off a successful Paris and Australia race. Cameron McAdoo. What's up, buddy? How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, we're good, man. Why didn't you go? Why didn't you just tell Brayton, hey, screw you, Brayton. I'm going with Mathis. We're going to go eat on Sunday night at a, at a nice restaurant. What happened? Don't let him get started. Dude, convenience. <laughs> convenience. And, and hey, you got to admit the hotel restaurant was pretty solid. No, I don't. I don't admit anything. No, I, I, it was just, no, I was not solid. The French fries were solid. Other than that, no. I mean, I mean, Sunday night we, we didn't eat, like, it was no club sandwiches at least. Yeah, at least there was no club sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Right, right. I don't know, McAdoo. Yeah, I mean, you were you were just going to do whatever Brayton told you to do, which, which you know, Brayton let, let, let me no, down. No, actually, it was... It was either go have really bad coffee and, like, super hard bread at some restaurant by the Eiffel Tower or eat a pretty solid buffet. Well, I blame Brayton. I was, I was honestly, I was pretty stoked on the hotel, the breakfast and the, the night buffet. Yeah, oh, it was great. It was great. I loved never leaving there all weekend. That was great. That was so much fun, McAdoo, to never leave there. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, um, you, didn't, you didn't come with us Saturday morning to the Eiffel Tower and stuff and... No, no, I didn't. That's true. I did not. I've, I've, I've done that before. I just wanted to go grab a nice meal with my friends. That's all. 
Uh, All right, hey, next time. McAdoo, did that Uber ride? Uh, what took me and Cameron split an Uber? Or I paid for it, I should say. Because uh, well, I, I make more yeah, money than him. I make more money than him. That was his reasoning. <laughs> McAdoo <laughs> yeah. said that. But did that guy get you to the right terminal? like, Or was it super sketchy? He did. No, he got okay. me there, but I had to type it out on my phone. Again? He, even Again. After he dropped, yes, I, even after he dropped us off, you were even speaking French to him, telling him 2A. Yeah. And I had to type out... 2A to him on my phone. Holy smokes. And then he smokes. pulled me into a parking ramp, and I was like, okay, this is getting sketchy. And then he dropped me off in the parking ramp, s- sort of by 2A. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy, this Uber driver, I mean, he still didn't speak any English, but that's fine. I said, Terminal uh, Terminal de, Charles de Gaulle. He had me write it down. He had me write it down, even though I'd said Terminal 1 and 2. He had me write it down, and then he kept asking us again. I, 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 I don't, and then when I dropped... When he dropped us off, I said McAdoo was in the car. I'm like, duh, terminal duh, like pointing to McAdoo. And he's like, yeah, yeah, wee, wee. And then, dude, I don't, this guy had no short-term memory. <laughs> like, no short-term memory. Yeah, horrible. Oh, my God. So, anyways. I, uh, I wasn't too stressed on it because whatever terminal I ended up at, I had like two and a half hours to get to my plane. So, yeah. I was solid, whether, whether I had to shuttle or walk, whatever. Right, right. Um, hey, well, anyways, let's uh, let's first, let's back up a little bit. So we all saw you at Straight Rhythm, just ram it, and uh, for Pulp MX, it was fantastic. And then you went to Australia, and you won you won there, you won the overall in the SX2 class over there, and then you go to Paris, and, uh, and you got uh, on the podium there, too. So it's been a busy few weeks for you, huh, McAdoo? Yeah, it's been kind of wide open, and, and honestly, it kind of all came, like, very last minute, even down the straight rhythm. Like, I don't know what we planned it. Tuesday? Two days I flew out to California. <laughs> yeah, and then, something like that. Um, yeah, I really didn't have much of any off-season plans other than to just kind of just be training back in South Carolina. So went from there, and then I was back home for maybe a week, and then I headed to Australia, and then, you know, yeah. flying there, and then flew back, and I was back in the United States for – Shoot, I don't even think 48 hours, and then we flew to Paris. So yeah, it's been pretty wide open, and I'm honestly pretty thankful for it. It's been really good, and and I've got to see um, jumping on a random bike to random bike. Yeah, on, like some why, of these guys. Why is he 250 to CRF in Australia to see another a weirdo a bike brand. in France? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you said McAdoo the the bike uh, in France it was good, but it lacked a little horsepower. You felt like compared to your Geico bike, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, press day we were struggling with some ignition issues and mm-hmm. um it was honestly pretty good that they instead of trying to keep finagling with the vortex ignition that they didn't have it it wasn't mapped correctly and so they just resorted back to stock ignition for me so i don't really know exactly what right. the motor had done but it was fairly yeah that- i think a fairly stock form stock form bike and we made the best of it, though. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. I, I was telling Michael Lindsay, if, if there was a guy who should get points for passing points in Paris, it was McAdoo, because <laughs> whether it was crashes or bad starts, he passed the same dude sometimes four times in one race. Hey, but, <laughs> but I, read the Racer X, I read the Racer X article that you wrote, Okay, and you made it sound like I just crashed my brains out every every motor. Oh, did I? Only I? Crashed one time the, I only crashed one time the entire weekend, and I high-sided on a berm. Wait, I think you crashed twice. 
No, I crashed once. I had a tough block and almost crashed the one time. Okay. And it costed me a quite well, a bit. Well, okay, but maybe McAdoo it was endoing it in that rhythm section where you almost ate it, or maybe it was... Oh, my God. Right, or maybe it was the triple finish line that you came up short one time huge on, <laughs> and I just assumed those were all going to be crashes. Hey, I don't know. He just covered his eyes. I didn't, come up, I didn't come up one, only... I didn't come up short one time on that triple. If I didn't, like, perfectly hit the little dragon's back thing before the triple, right. I wasn't making it. Um, okay, I apologize yeah. for making it sound like you crashed all the time. But anyways, <laughs> no, lots, lots of passing points for you, McAdoo, this weekend. You won one of the main events, and you never got off the line. And then, like I said, there was that one crash, and then you were just, yeah, blowing by guys left and right. It was pretty, pretty – uh, Yeah, I think you, I think my crash put me back to, like, 15th because it was on lap one, and – and with only nine minutes, you had to make a lot of passes. You were Wait. very <laughs> exciting to watch every race. You were very well, exciting. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. No, you uh, should. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, how was uh, Australia? You filled in for Taft. Is that a, the 250 version of the team that uh, JB rides for down there? Yeah, it is. Um, I think Bradley got hurt uh, the round before Ozex and. Um, I actually got a call from Brent Duffy, who is was my practice mechanic last year, and he did some help for me. And he actually he lives with me down at Club MX, and he was like, "Hey, you know, what are you doing next weekend or whatever? Would you want to come race Ozex Open?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" So then I got in contact with, with Uribe, and um, we made an agreement, and it was pretty seamless. He flew me down there, and I got two days on the bike, so. And went racing. It was yeah. awesome. How was that? Because I know that's, um, I believe Chad that does JB stuff up here does the two, I think he does the 250s down there. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And uh, I was actually really impressed with that bike, to be honest. Um, just jumping right on it and um, obviously coming off the factory form of the. 250. I was I was actually really impressed with it. It was it was good. 702 586 yeah. You got a question for Cameron McAdoo. Brought to you by RoostMX.net. Uh, you get the same graphics that Cameron raced with at uh, Straight Rhythm if you want. Yeah. Uh, contact the RoostMX. Um, so that should be a number one seller. It should be. Uh, McAdoo, you said you did the Straight Rhythm for us. Obviously, we talked about that. We had you on here. But uh, in Australia, <coughs> Pulp Nation is strong in Australia. Yeah, I, I think that Australia might have like United States covered for Pope fans. Like, <laughs> I think I had at least at least minimum of ten, maybe fifteen people come up to me and either tell me like, "Ram it," or "Hey, tell Steve, tell Steve that he's a man," or or like, hey, "Are you going to be riding for? Are you going to be riding for Pope Max next year?" <laughs> and all that. Yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not quite on that level. But can you tell us what you are going to do next year? Is that, that's kind of pretty, pretty much done, right? Um, yeah, I think pretty much that, uh, I haven't completely signed yet, but, um, looks like I'm going to be riding for Traders Yamaha. Okay. Uh, so I think that's, I'm, I haven't signed a deal yet with those guys, but right. we're in very serious talk, obviously. And, um, I think if we've got a couple of little things to mm-hmm. finish up and, um, hopefully that's going to be, going to be the, the, the ticket. That sounds like that's going to be a good program because I know you've been a, a long-time Club MX guy and that Traders team is combining with the Redemption Club MX group kind of to pull all the resources together to put together a good ride for you guys. Plus, uh, yeah. plus it's on a Yamaha. 
which is yeah. which is something that I would recommend. Yeah, exactly. Any rider getting on hashtag Blue Crew. Hashtag Blue Crew. Yeah, I mean they're, they're in two fifty class, yeah. man. It, they're they're great, you know. Especially nineteen. Right. Yeah. That's good. Suck. For sure. I'm I'm excited for it. I think that um, we you know if it all works out and everything that yeah. um, obviously I've built a really good relationship with Brandon Haas, who's mm-hmm. going to be one of the team owners and and um, yeah, so hopefully that uh, all works out and um, I guess I'll be able to actually announce it and it be full whenever I you know get it finished and everything if and whatnot. But um, that sounds like it's most likely going to be um, where I end up. Now, uh, if this if this doesn't uh, cover into the part about you know not signing up, you can talk about it. Do you know? Because um, the the Club MX uh, Redemption team is kind of Canadian. They've done the Canadian Nationals, and then the the Trader sides only did really East Coast last year. Right. Do you know what you guys are looking at doing next year? East in Canada or For East nationals? in outdoors? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really say yet. Um, I know that I would be racing East Coast Supercross if I ended up there but um after that i'm i i don't really i don't know exactly what the whole deal is and um i don't really want to yeah yeah get into it you know without them making a team announcement i don't i don't want to overstep my boundaries um yeah hey Um, one of those uh so obviously you're from iowa same as justin brayton and after i after i Maybe I haven't even announced it yet uh, that you were going to ride for us at Straight Rhythm when JB shot me a text from Australia saying that that's awesome and you're, you're going to do a great job for us. And obviously you're friends with Justin. And I really noticed this weekend, because of what we hung out a little bit here and there, us us three and Duff and, and some other guys, that you... You you got a lot of questions for Brayton. Uh, he really helped tries to help you out. He's helping you off the bike, on the bike. Uh, it's really like a bit of a mentor. I know he thinks the world of you, but man, that's got to be awesome for you to have somebody like Justin Brayton just kind of helping you in all aspects of of the career on and off the bike, huh? No, yeah, it is. I, and I mean, especially a guy like Justin, like yeah, you know, he knows. If you can't think of anyone in this sport that can say something bad about Justin and. He's got so much advice. He's done it for so long, and um, yeah, I can. There's so much that I can learn from him, and and if he's willing to help share his knowledge in any way for me, like I'm gonna take it as much as I can, you know, and mm-hmm. and run with it because I've got so much to learn, and I feel like I'm so so early in my career that yeah. the the quicker I learn some of the little things, even like honestly, like I the past couple of weeks I've done so much travel and and traveling with them with those guys and just kind of. Um, learning the schedules on how to how to deal with jet lag when you're literally on the opposite time zone of the world than mm-hmm. you were from, you know, the day before, but you're supposed to race tomorrow at the highest level. Like, yeah. just little things like that, and and just the little the little details that you know all add up to making you know a career like he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, just any you know, and I mean. Anything I can learn from anyone right now in, in my career, I'm kind of at the point where I need to take any little bit from, you know, whatever I can and right. just kind of all soak it in and, and put it all together, yeah. 
No, it's cool, <clears throat> cool to hear you say because I, I kind of look at some 250 class kids that are just so focused on the, you know, what the ultimate dream I think everybody grows up with, the 450 Supercross champion, 250 Supercross champion. They focus so much on just the U.S. series, and that's all where it is. And a lot of guys don't realize till later in their career, oh, wait, I need to actually make a living while I ride a dirt bike, and then they kind of expand out. But it, as uh, being around JB and seeing how well – rounded he's made the end of his career here and how good he's doing for himself does it is it helped you do you see yourself looking more like continuing to do oz regularly and stuff like that like hey you know not to say that you'll never be a point but as open your eyes like there's more to do than just that single-minded uh focus with your racing career and there's a way to make a genuine living on dirt bike and really enjoy it and you know away from just u.s supercross and motocross yeah for sure and i mean obviously i think that I'm still gonna be, you know, my my still my plan and goal is to is to race U.S. Supercross and motocross every year and and be one of the best guys at it and that's you know where I I feel like I belong and but still also doing like some of the you know like Paris Supercross this past weekend and just other things like you said and yeah exactly and I think another thing is it's, it's really good just to in this off season. And especially for me, with I've had a couple of years, there were just kind of so many injuries. And you do so much just training during the weeks, and and it kind of gets monotonous. Where you know one night of racing can be more beneficial, I think, than maybe a couple of weeks of training. Honestly, that mm-hmm. you can't, like they always say, you can't replace racing. And so, yeah, going overseas and and racing different guys, and you know. Obviously, U.S. Supercross is the premier Supercross, but, you know, you go over there and, and you're over in their country and everything's different and you're out of your element. And I think it's just good to kind of get that, get uncomfortable and, and go other places and, and just kind of really experience everything. And like you said, that there's more than just U.S. Supercross and motocross to make a living doing it. So, well, you didn't want yeah. to you didn't want to go any of the restaurant, McAdoo. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, you just 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 saying. Um, hey, Michael, it's funny. Uh, Cameron's teammate uh, Escoffier on the team. Uh, he got he got pretty pissed off with McAdoo well, over over a pretty simple pass. Was that one you only get one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like like I I, I recommend Escoffier not race American Supercars, uh, Cameron, because your pass yeah. was pretty normal. It was pretty pretty fine. I don't no. really know why he was mad. Yeah, I actually. So I actually was just like sitting at home today. I, I flew back to Iowa from France, uh-huh. and I was sitting in my bed at 5:30 this morning, jet lag, <laughs> and I rewatched the video from that main. I was like, I, I forget when I even passed him. Like, I, I wonder what it was. And so I went and watched it, and it was actually the first lap in the whoops. So like, we came out of the yeah. start rhythm section and then in the whoops. So like, I'm in the process of trying to pass like seven or eight guys because I'm buried in the back of the pack from a bad start. And like I hit the whoops pretty solid and and like kind of ran him a little bit high in the corner, and then yeah we got back to the pit and he was having words and I I really couldn't quite um, <laughs> understand exactly what he was saying but yeah. I did get one time that's all that's one thing I, I heard one time that right. happens one time and I said I, I was like man <laughs> I don't think you should come to the U.S. Supercross because. Yeah, it happens, happens one a time lot. a lap. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it was yeah. nothing. It was nothing. I got, he was very angry. And then there was another guy that got mad. Yeah. And then he was yelling it, and uh, and Cameron said, "You said English," and he said, "No," and he wrote off, right? <laughs> or you wrote off or something? Yeah. No, I, I just said like, 
I was like, man, all I did was ran you high. Like, I, you know, it wasn't even dirty. And then I only said, like, a couple of sentences, and he just said no English and rode away. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was it. That was yeah, the end it was of that. all good. No, nah, yeah. for sure. I, I uh, thought. It was just, Coffee was all it was it was good by the end of the night. He was he he cooled down and he was fine. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah, so, nobody on the team yeah, was, nobody on the team said anything, right? Like they were fine, right? No one was pissed at you, right? No, they were all cool. Yeah, <laughs> right. I yeah I, I told him I was like, hey man, like I don't I don't need that guy barking down my throat after I come off the track, like yeah, especially after something like that. And they were yeah. they were like, oh I'm sorry, you know. And it was it was all good. It was yeah. just kind of I think a heat of the moment deal. He wasn't stoked. But yeah, whatever. no, I, I get it for sure. Uh, Rooster Max bringing you Cameron McAdoo on the on the Pulp Mech Show. Uh, uh, presented by btosports.com and fly racing um so all right mcadoo so hopefully you can get on the if this whole thing goes down you can start riding next week if if, if everything goes together with you and traders and club and everything you want to get on the bike asap yeah yep yeah um yeah i plan if you know intend to plan right now is to be hopefully riding it uh next monday so i'll there'll probably be an announcement here soon if <laughs> Cool. Everything works out and ends Good. up being so awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll be out there once once it works out. Good to hear, man. Well, hey, thanks for your time on the show tonight. Really appreciate it. And, uh, fun hanging out with you in uh, in Paris, and of course the straight rhythm as well. We, who can forget about that? I got the McAdoo jersey hanging up behind me here in studio, the one uh, you wore there. So um, yeah, man, thanks uh, thanks for your time, Cameron. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, I owe you an Uber ride to an airport. You do. You do. You owe me an Uber ride, and you owe me a restaurant dinner somewhere just to go with me. You don't need to pay. You just need to go with me somewhere. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. As long as, as, long as you're making desperate. more money, then you're paying for dinner. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll Deal? see. I need to see your contract ASAP to see who makes <laughs> yeah. more money. You need to take a dirt before you hit it big time. Man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll see you down the road, man. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right. See you. Cameron McAdoo, everybody. Uh you know what's weird is he uh, he came up to me. He was like, hey, man, you got time for your show this week? And I'm like, I mean, he was just on for the straight rhythm and stuff, which yeah. is cool. No problem. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you want to come on, I, he, he seems like a good kid. I never really knew him much before this year. Before the straight rhythm, I barely knew him. Hey, so. I got I got one for you real quick. I'm yeah. reading the Facebook comments. Some guy's talking about being minios, and he says, uh, Little Fairy, number 75, is looking really good. Have you, have you talked to Timmy about, are you ever going to wrench his, for his kid just for one race, just for the sake of it? If Just to I'm, pass down your knowledge to the younger if generation. I'm, if I'm at the races asking Evan Ferry how his suspension setup was, just shoot me. <laughs> if just you're still at the races. If I'm like, hey, Evan, how's your setup? Just just shoot me, all right? Uh, hey, um, motorcycle. Are you, are you still going to be going to the races? When no, he's, no, I'm not. That's the whole point. I'm not. I'm, get, I'm getting out of it. I mean, that's only a couple of years. No, you, it's not. I, I, I'm kids done. Kids on the MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, the number one source for power sports companies looking for employees and candidates. Looking for employment opportunities is the first and only job board built specifically for the motorcycle industry. Upload your resume for free today. The Motorcycle Industry Jobs of the Week. Uh, Team Tedder. Team Tedder. If you want to get in the industry, you know the Tedders as well as I do, Michael. They have a nice setup going on. They have a, a legit program. They're looking for a team driver and a team mechanic. Uh, so if you want to get into wrenching, you want to start making connections, you want to learn how to drive and get start making connections, Team Tedder, looking for a mechanic and a uh, and a driver for 2019. I will say pretty much, uh, I not this is not against them. I don't know what the working conditions are, but I do know anybody, any mechanic that's made it at Tedders for over a year always ends up at a pretty decent team right afterwards it seems like yeah yeah because they definitely busy because it seems like well, it's a small operation I, I think if you're a mechanic there you end up 
doing quite a bit of running around, driving the truck, doing all practice and race bikes. So uh, they've had a lot of mechanics over the years end up on some pretty good teams if you if Love you go there first. Right yeah, no. Um, listen, I tell every, I've said it a hundred times. Be prepared when you get in the industry to work your balls off and not make any money. That's what you do. But you also make a lot of connections. You make a lot of friends, and that leads you down the road into it. But a lot of people can't get past those first few years of doing tons of work, having no life, and making no money. It's kind of like, I, I guess I could compare it a little bit, even, I was joking about it, I jumped all kinds of weird jobs before I ended up at Viola. It's like college. If you didn't go to college, still prepare, and if you're going after a job you love, you're probably going to have a similar two to four year period of just crap yeah. until you get yeah. the job you want. So, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're looking in, Team Tatter, looking for a mechanic and a truck driver, could be a great opportunity. Motorcycleindustryjobs.com, you go there, search for jobs, you'll see the Tatter job listed. And make it happen. It's 722 right now, by the way. Oh, wait. He's 97 now. Uh, All right. Here's a, here's a few emails. I don't even recognize him. I don't either. Uh, different gear, different number, different bike. Uh, here's a couple emails uh, for us. Um, uh, okay, from Corey. He said, let me start by saying I understand that purple monkeys will fly out of my ass before this actually happens. Okay. Okay, knowing that. <laughs> what a picture. Here is my idea. Each of the six OEMs disclose their highest single salary to an arbitrator. Then they pay a percentage of that highest salary, say 5%, from the factory's money, uh, not the rider's money. Uh, so if Eli Anderson rocks in, make uh, $1 million, each manufacturer have to pay 50 k based on the top one paid guy on each team. At the end of the year, that 300 k or whatever it would be, would be then would then be divided up among the other 25 riders, with the exception being the six highest paid, since presumably they're already being compensated. So if Honda or Cowie decided to pay someone 10 mil, they'd have to, have to pony up 500 k It would put more money in the sport and help the guys like A-Ray, Deuce Deuce, Phil. I know it won't happen, but I like the idea. I love the show. Thanks, Corey. I believe that's called socialism. Corey, yeah. is what you're, what you're referring <laughs> to right saying, there. It seems very cross and iron hammer. I mean, I, look, I, I've said it over and over. I really believe the guys at the upper echelons, the Tomax, the Roxons, the Andersons, they make too much money for this sport. They really do. Uh, it's But they, they get what they can pay for. They get what the market determines. So, I mean, when I say they make too much money, they're not holding a gun to these teams' heads. But the salaries of these elite guys have reached the limit, where the and the bike sales have reached the limit, of of low that they can only they can't afford to help another team or another guy or anything else. Uh, typically, the second guy in a factory makes a couple hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and then the top guy makes three million, four million a year. Um, that hurts the sport, in my opinion. That hurts the sport. Now, the second guy can't do what the first guy can do, which is win races yeah. and championships. But these guys are not; they're not the elite of our guys are being compensated way over what our sport is. I, I go on on the verge of I, I kind of lean back more towards stuff uh, I heard you just talking about with Genova. I I don't know. Top guys work their butt off. There's only a couple of them that do it. There's a lot of injury clauses. They spend a lot of their own money on training facility, everything to do their job correctly. There's plenty of them that yep. at the end of the year, if it doesn't go good, they really actually don't make that much. Uh, it's such a short career span. I I look at it more of. Where the money should come from is some better opportunities with the like being able to sell merchandise, some things uh, with the purse money. Because I mean, if you took away from what the top dudes, we're making like we say right now. Okay, so our sport, if somebody has a good ten-year run, there's seriously each generation like one or two guys that can retire on it. And if we chop that away, I mean, it's hey, what if you did this? What if you said <clears throat> there's six OEMs? 
if you're on one of those OEMs, and, and, and there's no qualifications, just if you're on one of those OEM teams, you are not eligible for purse money. And the purse money gets shuffled down. I wouldn't mind that because we know the purse money really is pocket change. Because where, where for the these 450 guys. guys make their money, they're, if you ever get to see their, their bonus contracts are where the money is made. The bonuses is, is the, the bonus contract for a 450 win is 10 times the amount of the purse easy. Yeah, I mean, the money they make is their salary, but I know what you're saying. Bonuses salary and then the bonus program. Yeah, yeah. So really, the purse right. money, the guy wins on the podium. It's 12 grand to hey, win a 450 Super Cross. I'll tell you, and those guys on the podium, they're on a true factor team with a good bonus contract. They aren't thinking about the purse money in their head. They're thinking about no, the bonus yeah. contract. They 100%, just nailed it. 100%. Uh, here's another email from Casey. Hey, Steve, I'm meaning to reach out to you to let you know about my dealings with Steve at Honda World. I spoke to him about a year ago regarding vehicle pricing and asked about you. We chatted a bit. Although his numbers were the best I'd seen in all my pricing awards, we held off at the time. Fast forward to June 18. Uh, on my way, way back from L.A., I decided to stop in and meet him and ask about getting oil change in the wife's CRV. Long story short, he stopped a meeting to come out. He proceeded to have his people take care of said service in VIP passion and fashion in about 20 minutes at no charge. Free first-time oil changes for Pulp MX listeners at Honda World Downey. He uh, told me to let you know, and I just laughed, so I'm simply doing that. I wanted to say thanks as well to you, as it would not have happened if I wasn't an ongoing listener to your janky radio show. My future van and Ridgeline will be purchased through him. Keep up the good work in pursuit of ramming it straight at the factory's asses. Tell Pookie hello. Steve at Honda World Downey. That's the kind of guy he is. Honda World Downey, 30 minutes from anywhere from L.A., if you uh, go there, mention it to Steve. He'll give you a killer pricing, as he did with this guy, and uh, they'll dial you in for free first-time oil change. Vince Freeze and I were discussing Ridgeline Nation uh, this weekend. He's got uh-huh. one from Steve at Honda I'll World Downey. Up, yeah. uh, Seven Deuce Deuce does as well. Chris Kiefer. We're all Ridgeline Nation. Thanks to Honda World Downey. So please check them out if you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. <clears throat> Wait for that Kiefer drop. Uh, well. Somebody's not on their game tonight. I fucking love Ridgelines. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, also, too, we want to thank uh, Michael Lindsay from Vital MX coming in here and uh, all of our guys, BTOsports.com, Fly Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Vortex Racing, Gear Alloy, Roost MX, Vertex Pistons, X-Brand Goggles, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima USA, FMF, Works Connection, Atlas Neck Brace, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Pro Filter, Honda World Downey, Ride Engineering, OGOPowerSports.com for OGO bags. I mean, how many times, how many OGOs you got over the years and how many have you used, Michael? Uh, I've gotten a lot of them and I give them away because I think the original one I had made it like nine or ten years. Yeah, I know. Pat at OGO said, let me send you some bags. I'm like, dude, my, my stuff's perfect. It doesn't... I just give my brother. <clears throat> my, my, my bags are great. OGO and MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. Uh, also, too, Pro Filter. Uh, there's a real option for riders so not have to clean an air filter again. You ride a lot with lots of different bikes. What do you do for filters? I clean my filters. Do you? You yeah. clean them all the time. I've always have. Yeah. I do like Maxima product, though, and ProFilter product. You have. You've lame. tried them. They're, uh... Wait, ProFilter's not lame. ProFilter's not lame. I didn't hit... I don't have... Him point. cleaning his filters is lame. Yes, uh, that's lame. No, it's not. ProFilter.com, PulpMX35 at checkout on MaximaUSA.com. Sold through Power Sports Dealers Nationwide. Pick up a pre-oiled, ready-to-use air filter, high-quality premium air filter for your next service. They've been in the industry for a decade, everybody. ProFilter.com. You, you, clean, your, you clean your filters. Yeah, I do. Oh, it's I'm I'm, look, I might be an industry I changed guy the oil. I changed the oil in my blue crew bike uh, last week. I hated it. I hated every moment of Dude, it. I'm. I don't know if it's a combination of lazy or I don't like to bug brand guys that much. I commonly buy air filter oil to do our our test bikes. Maxima I USA. Buy Maxima, bro. I buy their oil. I don't even have to ask for. It. I'm that good of a person. 
Wow, fantastic. I support my sport. Michael Lindsay is that good of a person. Uh, I am. Hey, so we got that fly helmet uh, signed by everybody at the live show, and uh, we're going to auction it off for, uh, on eBay. Or um, Can the raffle page be done or no by then? By when? Like tomorrow? Quit playing Excite Bike. No. The next day? No. Okay. All right. Then we're going to put it on eBay. Uh, fly Racing Helmet signed by everybody at the, uh, at the from the live show. And all the proceeds from there will go to Weston Pike, the Road to Recovery. Hey, this is for Weston Pike. Can you just drop everything you're doing, Marks? Everything. Why you got to make me feel bad? Exactly what he just said. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. No. I'm trying to help fire you up for a cause. I'll fire see- you up for a cause. I'll see what I can do, but Thanksgiving's Thursday, bro. I believe in you. So maybe uh, if you maybe, believe in yourself, but like, I believe in you. Maybe by like Monday. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. What, whatever, whatever works, bro. Uh, I think we'll get more money if we do the twenty dollars raffle oh, for yeah. a helmet than we would have done eBay. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I ask. That's all. That's all. It's worth waiting. But then we also got to do the raffle for the other thing. Uh huh. Well, the two other things. There's two. Uh huh. Yeah. I need a drum here for some drum roll. Ah, uh, Michelin motorcycle. Guess what? I was about to. P- I know where you're going with this. Michelin won the 250 class at the Paris Supercross. Jay Owen dominated Paris Supercross on a Michelin Star Cross 5. I've literally been staring at a photo waiting to bring it up. Oh, have you? Nice. I have. I Instagrammed it. Too. I actually didn't believe it because I will say they were, Bud Racing has run a different tire company in the uh-huh. past. So my first thought is Steve is blind and that's not a Michelin tire. And then I looked at the photo. I'm like, oh, no, that yeah, is a Michelin tire. It's a tire. Michelin Star Cross 5. And Jay Owen yeah. used it. He said he'd never ridden on one before and uh, wasn't sure about it and then absolutely loved it. He Look said, that. Great whole shot and his teammate both on him. Uh, Jason Owen's yeah. starts were unbelievable this weekend. Like he was, on, he was, uh, he's good in arena cross, right? He's oh, yeah. been good in arena cross. He's so been great. His starts this weekend. I don't know if he was ever outside the top three. Seriously, on six starts, just phenomenal. That's he was great in arena cross. He's consistent. I was really, I'm, I don't know what is you know. I think he's he's doing the Phoenix Honda thing. I think for next year, yeah. maybe. I was really disappointed that. You know, I know teams are full. I really want to see like that lat, that fifth possible spot star, something really good. That I I uh, met Jace. You know, um, uh, Hayes is going to do cycle trader. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. doing cycle trader. Right. I'm talking about last. Star- Sorry, if I said cycle trader, I meant last. No, no, stars, no, 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 you didn't. But I'm thinking about arena cross. Yeah, guys. arena cross. But yeah. like in Jace's case, um, when he was an amateur, his last two years he was on Rockstar Suzuki when they still had like an amateur program. Mm-hmm. Um. Not to say anything about I remember meeting him is added to the time work ethic. I, I kind of remember seeing him okay, like, wait, eh. wait, I have the same story. So when he was wrote, riding a Honda, he wrote a Honda with the cat. Him and the cat were on the same yeah, team. Yeah. Some Honda team. Yeah. And I gave him X-Brand goggles. Yeah. Wasn't that pumped on his attitude? Like when he was amateur, like 16, 17, he was staying up the street from me. I wasn't. Okay. I'll see that kid has... I've been around him like the last two years when I right. stopped by Goat's Farm. No, the kids put in some real effort, and and, I, I and really his attitude was like a little like I'm like ah oh, this guy like he was um uh he was really fast yeah. that year on the cat team yeah Crosley Radio Honda or something Crosley Radio something like that and he would fade he would get yeah. tired and he was and I, and then afterwards he was not that cool. Yeah. Like, I just want, by that, I just want guys, yeah. well, Marks, can you grab me a water, please? I'm sorry. I just want guys who are, like, appreciative and, like, thankful, you know, uh, of stuff. That's all. And he, he he wasn't. But, listen, but he's a nice guy, and we all grow up, and he dominated on Mission Star Cross Fox hey, this that, weekend. That was just my point, though, is that kid, from what I've experienced, has really turned it around career-wise, fitness-wise, attitude-wise, everything. I, yeah. I think that kid really We had really him on the show like, last yeah. year, I think. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm glad he has a ride, but I was still hoping, like... 
Michelin big, Starcross big 5. Michelin Starcross 5. The winners yep. of Paris Supercross. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Uh, please check them out. Hard, medium, soft, and sand. Five, uh, 21 different sizes. Uh, 30 plus 2 motos all day long with the comfort casing technology. Uh, and easier mounting. for, for Easier know. mounting. Always a good feature. We have a voicemail about easier mounting coming up, too. I got to well. ask one thing. What? Did you actually notice the tire or did somebody tell you? No, I didn't. Well, I was interviewing him and he said Michelin. And then I looked at the bike. I hadn't even looked at the bike. So it wasn't like I was like looking at the bike. Uh, he actually brought it up. So um, then I kind of was like, oh, yeah, hey, look, there's a Michelin. Uh, all right, everybody, let's go to our next guest and we'll go to commercial after this. Jason Thomas, Fly Racing. What's up, JT? How are you? Not too much. Been, uh, been a minute since we had a show. Couple weeks, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how, that's how we do it. Um, how's your, how's your Twitter from people complaining? Uh, you know what? It's been okay, actually. Yeah, oh, I got a lot yeah, of nice. me- I got a lot of memes last week when I said we weren't having a show. A lot of the uh, like, uh, you know, just funny little memes. But nobody like, actually angry, which happens sometimes. Or anybody angry that you did? Like, okay, Tuesday JT, are you ready? Are you ready for a future headline? Really? Like that's that's how you're going to come uh, out of a two week break? Is Joe Joe sent, really? Joe sent this in for Jason Thomas? Here we go. Uh, and for you, Michael Lindsay. Here we go. No Should we do the intro? Just, just straight just into cause? it. Yeah, let's do the intro because okay. it's really good. Let's do it. Take me to your future headlines. Future headlines for Jason Thomas, Michael Lindsay. Here we go from Joe Nardaza. No, Nardoza, Nardaza, whatever. Uh, here we go. Davil, you got to pick one or the other. Davalos dominates Danger Boy Deegan at A1 2023 or Reed rumored to return to racing with plans to rip at A1 2023. So four years from now. Davalos versus Deegan. That's what you're calling? All right, JT. Uh, Yeah, I think I have to go with that. There's no way Chad's going to be at A1 at 40 years old. I just, <laughs> I can't see that happening. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joe. Davalos dominates game, Danger Boy Deegan at twenty at A1 2023. What the hell is it, JT loves future headlines. Absolutely loves hey, it. Hey, that thing's quality. Why can't the rest of your little cut-in sound that well, good? Oh, blame Swisscore. Um, that, was, that was not a terrible edition of future headlines i'll give it that that was one of the better ones even though it, they're always preposterous that was one of the better ones uh, good job joe great great job joe who picks these questions okay so uh jt first off uh fly racing star rider weston pike uh bad crash uh, you've been talking to max and louis and uh michael Lindsay here talked to louis we had eric Pernard earlier uh not much you can add to it other than uh it's tucks it's terrible it's racing and uh but the prognosis is for a complete recovery <laughs> and uh after a long road he'll be out for a while i, I would think but uh seems like he'll be he'll be able to race again and uh be a complete recovery yeah, it's uh, always the fear, right? I mean, I was very fortunate. I can. It's one of the things I, I you know, thank God for. Um, however, you want to take that, if you're religious or not. But it's one of the things I'm most thankful for. That of all the racing I did overseas, I, I didn't get any injuries, even even a small injury overseas. And in all the racing, you I never did, had to go to the hospital for anything. Never, wow. not one time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just very, very fortunate. And I've been to plenty of hospitals to visit other riders and it's just not a good situation. 
not to mention as as significant as this injury is for Weston, um, just the language barriers and you're completely unfamiliar with how anything works. Your family's not there. Uh, it's just worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fortunately, he was from what I've heard, he does, he's at a great hospital, uh, which is awesome because a lot of the places I race, I would have been lucky <laughs> that they, if they had a hospital. You know, yeah. Um, it's just it's just such a bummer, man. You know, you you kind of live with acceptance that you're going to get hurt some in the sport. Like that's yep. just. It's just part of the deal. You know it, and you hope that you know. You never really know when it's going to happen, but it's it's more of a, a when type deal. You just hope it's not going to be something serious like this. And yeah, uh, yeah so, it just was a bummer when when I started hearing the news about it. I was just you know you're kind of hoping for the best, but man, it sounds like he took uh, took a tough one. Yeah, I walked over there to look because uh, someone said there was so much blood on the track and it was still there, and I was just freaked out. I was just like, oh god, like this is not going to go well, and you could tell. The medics, I was, I was on the far side of the arena from the press box, but you could tell the medics were like, this is bad. He's got to go. Like, he's on a stretcher, and they're running off with him on a stretcher, like running. You're like, that's not yep. good, you know? So, um, yeah, best wishes for, for Weston Pike, I guess. Best wishes for Weston Pike, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what it means for him and, and the team. I would think if, if he's out for a little bit, uh, which I, I think he will be, then um, Chad will probably step in, I would think, huh, JT? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was the obvious, um, first thought, you know, I don't know how money works or how any of that stuff works. Um, you know, that's something I'm sure has been unfortunately brought up around the team and which, yeah, that's not something anybody ever wants to talk about, uh, with due to injury, but it's, that's just reality and the business side of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see that happen. It's just, um, it's one of those things though. Does, I don't know the timelines, uh, you know, is, is there going to be money for Chad? I don't think Chad wants to go racing for free. You know, yeah. there's a lot of, yeah, I don't know. Still have to be crossed either way. Yeah. Good point. Right. Um, what else were your takeaways from Paris, from everything you read and the highlights you saw and everything else? What, what were your takeaways? And then I'll tell you what mine were. Well, you know, I think it, it goes to show that Anderson, uh, he will be ready again. You know, I think he had a pretty tough summer and, um, I think there will, you know, a lot of people have the questions of the second year trying to defend a title always seems like it's really difficult. And some guys, you know, I think struggle with motivation coming off of a championship like that. Uh, but he looks like he's riding really well. You know, I think uh, he's come back to back wins. Um, so, yeah, I, I was more impressed to see him at the front. You know, he swept Australia. Uh, he didn't obviously sweep Paris, but he st- still got the job done. Um, so yeah, I was, I was impressed to see him come off of that travel no, schedule flying no, I, from Australia to California, back to France and winning yeah. again. Well, no, I saw Chad won one night in Australia. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has yeah, anybody, has anybody figured out why he took that Joker lane that you were only allowed to take yeah, once? I'm pretty I mean, sure we, he wanted to win. Steve. Do you think that was it? Do you think he was like, fuck it? I want, just want to win. I don't care. That's going to be the first over the line. I, yeah, I, I do. I do. He's too smart. And right? he's okay. with race. Exactly. Believe anything else. Thank you. He's too smart for that. If it's if it's somebody else, I'm like, okay, whatever. Hey, I got a little a little reversal here, just real quick. There on the the money, you know, because we know that the reason he has that contract, they're still looking for another sponsor. Right. So yeah, spot comes up, but there's still technically money to pay him. So let, let's put a little scenario here. 
if they're still isn't a sponsor to technically cover what they needed to pay him, and it's just like, hey, we have the oh, spot. They have no title yet, you mean? Yeah, no yeah. title. Hey, we right. have the spot. Maybe there is some extra money for a film, but it's not like what they were trying to get him for a salary. Does it come down to before he won? Does he take the ride for basically nothing, or does Dean Wilson get it? What, what's the more? What do you guys think is well, more likely? Well, if they don't have a title, they won't put a guy on a bike. Well, no, I'm not. Period for what? Like re- replacement for Weston? I'm saying like for Weston's bike. If oh, they have oh, sponsors okay. guaranteed, they got but two four fifties. Well, out as there. of right now, they don't have a title. Yeah. So they could just say, "Hey, we're going with just Justin Hill." Okay. And Suzuki would Suzuki probably wouldn't love that, but if you know, but JGR, I would think was driving the bus on that. So. Well, I said I didn't know if other guarantees or if the case that look, it's Chad's still for getting gear money. So I, yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make two fifty from gear. 200 from gear i mean wouldn't yeah. so wouldn't he do it for that no um i don't know i don't know well enough jt <laughs> uh no, i think he wants to race but i think there's just a lot of questions that need to be answered and i don't i don't have any way to answer those i mean is weston out for the year i think yeah. he obviously looks pretty rough right now uh can they guarantee him a full supercross contract is there any money you know what? It, what does JGR? Right. What does the contract say? They have to pay Weston in an injury of an event. You know, or an event of an injury. Yeah. You know, all these all these things come into play as far as budgeting. So right. I I don't know, but I mean the the simple fact is you have to think it's more likely than ever at this point. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. I I'm, I mean it's going to make you angry and furious, JT. But Vince Freeze is really good. In Paris, I know it's going to make you angry. <laughs> no, that's not that's not and true. He was um, really good, dude. He, he was, made the fly gear look good. Yeah, he's wearing fly, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the fact that he's wearing fly is a pretty easy way to put to bed any hard feelings I had towards him. Um, it was never for me. It was never a personal thing. I just didn't agree with the way he raced. Uh, but I think he's done a very uh, a very good job, and a, he's made a very conscious effort to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see him every once in a while get into something that necessarily isn't ideal, you know, in my judgment anyway, which nobody cares about. But by and large, um, it was a weekly event before. It really was. And that was where I had such issue with it. But now it's pretty clean, man. I, I think he's really tried and he's really done everything he can do to change his, his the way he goes about racing. And it's noticeable. So um yeah i have no reason not to cheer for him man i know he tries hard and the results are coming so good for him yeah he was he was good man um so we said that the fly thing is a good indicator what you think position wise let's be honest if could you have said no to him being in fly like did you with whoever wanted to make it go forward if you said no would have not happened yes and i have said no before i have in the past so um that puts it to bed right there i'm not the (laughs) i'm not the end all be all but I could have caused enough of a shitstorm to to not let it happen. Let's well, put it that way. He wears X brand goggles and fly, and he was killing it. Um, we were talking about the show and or talking about my career in the media, I guess, a little bit at, at lunch one time and at this past weekend. And I just gave him the same speech I say all the time, like, "Hey, I'm just like I think it was I think it came up about guys not liking me. Of course, it usually starts, and I'm just like, look, I'm not right all the time. I'm just giving an opinion, but." you know whatever if you can't handle it i feel like you're being a bit of a baby and you know blah 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 and then freeze just out of nowhere freeze is like i've given you a lot to talk about over the years huh 
<laughs> I'm like, yep, yes, you have. Where's my cut? <laughs> and I just said to him, I'm like, yeah, but you know, when you've done dumb things, I've said that. I said, but I, when you don't do dumb things, like, like when Anderson smacked him in the tunnel, like that was a fine pass. There was nothing wrong with that. And I said that over and over, and that and that starts the vacuum and Temecula argument, JT. If you'd like to go there again, but but I and I said that to him. I said, you know, but I'll defend you if I think it's fine. You know. So, anyways, it was just funny. Yeah, He's, and and to that point, I have no problem giving him credit when he deserves credit like i it's it's never been a off the track personal thing for me you know and and he's not riding that way and he's going about things what i consider the right way and i think most people he raced against you know that had issue with it as well you don't you don't see those things happening now and that's all anybody ever really asked for you know just race somewhat clean and you know if you have to be aggressive be aggressive but um i think there was a change that that he needed to be made, you know, he needed to make, in my opinion. I think he's, I think he's done it. You know, I think Mike Genova and Tony Alessi and these guys have, have gotten to him and said, Hey man, like you're not going to get the results because all you're doing is getting into takeout sessions with everybody, every race. And there's no, there's no longevity in that. And there's no upside to that. Braden has been helping him a lot. I mean, they got into it a few times. Braden's Braden's giving him a second chance and, and, and Vince yep. has repaid that, you know. Well, Brayden was Brayden was one of the most angry people I think of of anyone mm-hmm. because he was teammates with him, and right. there was still you know issues yeah. at some point. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, not speaking of another fly rider, Zach Osborne. We had him on earlier. He was pretty good in Paris, man. He was catching Anderson at times uh, at the race, and then would make a mistake, and then reel Jason back in. You know, he was impressive. You know what's weird? I was watching, and and I wasn't. I was working some of the time and, and I wasn't able to watch a lot of the racing, but um, there was one section where Zacho was going, basically he was going two, three, two, I think, or yeah. two, three, something where he was going to the inside and Freezy was going three, three behind him yeah. to the outside. Yeah. And he was just killing him there. I, I don't, I'm not sure why Zacho was, was taking that option, but man, Freezy's line, which seemed to be the main line, just going three, three and then outside. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not real sure what Zach was doing there. I was wondering. I, I should text him and ask him if he knew that was slower or why. That was some three three or what. Well, and Anderson was absolutely railing that next turn. That's hitting it Mach ten. He was killing that yeah. turn. Anderson was. So he was making up time that way. You know, uh, guys were going back and forth in that section. JT all weekend long. It just was like no yeah. one could figure out exactly what was better. You know, in that section. Yeah, so. it just looked like it, it looked like in the race where Freezy was behind Zacho that. He was just, that was one place where right. Zacho was a little bit better on the rest of the track, which you would expect, but then Freezy would just make it all right back up and more in that one section. Right, right. All right, let's, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to crack me up on the track. I think it's the the rhythm liner after the first corner where I think the hot lane you were supposed to go over the table thing. It was double how many guys I saw mess up the on-off, and they'd basically treat the last two singles in the section like whoops. Yeah, yeah. First time I watched JB do that in practice, I was like, yeah. man, he got lucky. That's how guys do that all night yeah. make that mistake and just blitz it was the last an two easier, into the corner. It was an easier track this year than last year. It was yeah. The guys had it down pretty easy, pretty early. Yeah. And last year's track, I thought, was, was a little more difficult. Uh, let's get the Skippy. Skippy, you there? Yeah, what's going on, boys? How many Pulp MX shirts have you sold, Skippy? Uh, sold out of, uh, we had two mediums through two X. So we sold out of all of our sizes and then got more on the way. Fantastic. Uh, Pulp MX and Fly Racing slash WPS. Uh, we have shirts now. Uh, JT, this is something that you guys did for me. Uh, it's really cool. It's got the Pulp logo. It's black. comes in a bunch of different sizes. Um, you can get it through your, any WPS dealer. It's not in the catalog right now, right, JT? But your rep should be able to get it for you. 
Is yeah, that- I mean, on a, it just it'll be in the next catalog, but you know, it's just a timing thing. Yeah, uh, we just got them. So, no, we're we're super excited. It was something that you've wanted to do for a little while. Um, it just you know with with brands, it just takes time. Uh, we got to get it into the the queue for the design team and then get them built and part numbers built. There's just a lot of steps in the process, well, but uh, we're super excited, obviously. Is there a Ramit shirt? We should. There's a Ramit shirt at roostmx.net. I feel <laughs> like there should be one on fly. I don't know it. if WPS would make a Ramit shirt for us. Yeah, I think I might get in trouble for for that one. Um, but on, Skippy's number one sells. Listen, Skippy sure. sold out, so let's get that machine cranked back up, JT. And get the- hey, we have next day shipping for Texas, so I'm I'm not sure what the holdup is. Okay, all right. Uh, so, yeah, they weren't in the. I think they're in the Idaho warehouse. Uh, the first. Oh, okay, there, that uh, makes sense. All right, well, check them out, everybody. All right, so make it happen. Thanks to WPS and Fly Racing for that. Just a simple black shirt, Pulpamex. Uh, we we can also get them on Pulpamex website also if you don't want to go to your local dealer so please check it out uh, anyway skippy what's up uh not too much uh man i wanted to uh, commend actually the whole texas uh region of the wps reps we had uh, uh a killer fly racing uh fun day out at cycle ranch in san antonio and um i mean there were hundreds and hundreds of riders i've never seen that many people out there you know not with it not being a race day so it was a lot of fun i mean people from Dallas, Houston. I mean, it's, Texas is huge, and there were people from hundreds and hundreds of miles away coming to this event. And uh, it was a lot of fun. They did a whole shot shootout, a moto limbo, uh, and gave away thousands of dollars worth of prizes. And just wanted to commend the whole WPS crew. Uh, I mean, was, was Bradshaw there? In. Was Bradshaw there? Bradshaw was there. Oh Bradshaw my cool, God, man. Bradshaw was there. He stacked it too on Saturday. He was what? riding Saturday, and he was battling out with. Uh, another vet rider and they came together they went he was out for a minute i think he, what? Was, he knocked himself out oh yeah, shit he it. <laughs> dude he would have been even angrier when he got up i guarantee you when he woke up he was probably very angry yeah it was pretty uh it was low 50s and windy and raining and it was it was a pretty wild sunday but uh, was, uh it was impressive was dark side there dark side was there you know we had a good time he was uh promoting x brand and uh, uh you know uh the there were so many reps there, man, from Motul cool. to Scorpion. To, I mean, it was everybody was there. It was, you know, it was an incredible event. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I had controls of the mic most of the day and was going and talking to everybody. And it, it was so cool though to see, um, you know, Bob with WPS and Bradshaw. They're out there just working their rear ends off, handing out you know tickets. You know what I mean? Just doing, you know, little stuff, taking trash out, and just everybody came together for an unbelievable event. And it was so much fun. I wish I would. I was hoping y'all had a show uh, a week or two ago, so I could have you know promoted it a little bit more. Um, but you know, it, it really almost didn't even need it. You know, all the dealers did a really good job to get some tickets and uh, uh, giving tickets out, and everybody got to ride for free. And then you know, everybody cool. went home with something. I mean, uh, there was so much stuff. It was a good time. All right. Well, good to hear, Skippy. Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Y'all be good. All right. See you. All right. Uh, last last show two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. We decided to give away a set of Fly FR5 boot. Brand new boot for the folks at Fly Racing. Mid-level boot. What does this thing retail for, JT? Uh, 259 and 259, 259, depending on if you want wider color. Yeah. Okay, wider and uh, dual hinge boot. It's uh, it's very good. It's a boot of choice for uh, for a lot of people who are, you know can't get the tech can't get into the tech tens or whatever. Uh, and we're gonna draw out right now. Michael Lindsay uh, will draw the name. Just dig okay. it. No, dig in there. Don't just oh, take the first God. one. Dig in there. All right. The winner of the Fly Racing FR5 boot is... It literally has an E on it. 
What? It just has an E on. That's all the paper has on it. Is oh, an e. Pookie. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's the guy's name. E? That, that would have been a biggie? I don't know, but that might have been the name. Do I need to pull another one? Eh. Pull a secondary one in case she's screwed <laughs> Come up. up. Here. Come, come down here. We got to do a new one. Dale McNeil. All right. If if there isn't an E, Dale, you win. If, there, just, if there's an E, though, Dale, you're out. Like that. All right. Typical public Mexico. Like content. a share? Like I don't. I That's what I'm saying. There's no know. last yeah, names. It's like oh no, it's like Prince with the Q. Maybe it's a sign that means like the form, the artist yeah, formerly known. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Time for the X brand goggle tear off segment. Let's do it. Here we go. X brand tear off. It's the X brand tear off segment. Fifteen second rapid fire. Pookie says that is the name E. It's just E. All right, so wow. E wins. We'll we'll dig you up E and, and you win. Sorry, Dale e? McNeil. Um, sorry, Dale McNeil, you got screwed. <laughs> no, screwed Dale, by e. no, no, Dale, I'm going to give you a Roost Ramit graphics. Cute. Hell yeah. RoostMX.net, Dale, you win that. All right. Um, this guy right here. X-Brand Goggles is a choice of champions everywhere. Big Black Friday sale from X-Brand. Uh, Black Friday sale for X-Brand, for Ride Engineering, and for Works Connection. So please check them out. Those are three of our guys that are on board with us. And, uh, yeah, they absolutely will, uh, will hook you up with a great deal on Black Friday. Coming up, X-Brand Goggles is a choice of champions everywhere. Vince Freeze! Where's X-Brand? Got a second one night in Paris. Uh, ben LeMay wears X-Brand. He was there as well, too. So plenty of guys that wear X-Brand goggles. Pulpamex18 is the code to save with X-Brand. Do you like X-Brand? Do you wear them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you, are, do you just say that like Kiefer, and then you don't wear them, or do you actually I wear, wear them? From t- I don't wear them often, but I do wear them from time to time. Product's right. great. I have no complaints. Oh, that's bullshit. Wear them all the time. You'll see your lap times drop. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. These questions are submitted by Corey Moser. Do you know Mo- Moser at all? Where do you keep getting these janky people to work for you? I don't know. JT, Moser, any info? Uh, unfamiliar, but sounds okay. like a nice guy. Yeah. He must be very happy about that Andrew Short announcement, I would I would think. Um, oh, man. Andrew Short, Racing Works in 2019, folks. Rally and Works. Uh, all right, let's go, Marks. Steve, what's a destination race you haven't been to that's on your bucket list? Uh, Aussie Open. I keep saying we're... Pulp shows are really big in Australia. We've got a lot of fans. I've heard the promoter wants to bring me over. I even got an email from a guy who was friends with the promoter, said the promoter would let me know, and then nothing ever happened. I could just buck up and buy myself a plane ticket for Pookie and I and go down. I feel like they'd probably put you in part of the show, but how they do the Ronnie Mac, all the air people. They I mean, honestly, I feel like they should fly me down. Like, the money they paid, right, JT? These guys got good money. We know some of the numbers. You feel like they should just fly you down? There's what I'm saying is there's money there to fly me down. To but cover, those to cover those guys race. get paid because they bring in people. If they announce that you're coming, is it bringing in enough people to offset the cost yeah. of flying you? Yeah, it will. What do you think, JT? Is that bullcrap? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it came off very entitled. Very entitled. Oh yeah. Well, you want fucking coverage? Fly me down. That's it. Boom. Bottom line. Stamp it. That's it. You want coverage or you don't want any coverage? It's up to you. I feel like they probably sold out. I don't know. I don't know if that was gonna make him any more money. All right. Well, I feel like hanging up on you right now. All right. Next question. <laughs> JT, as the title sponsor of Supercross, how will WPS differentiate themselves? They're not the title. From past sponsors. Monster, Monster is the title. Yeah, we're we're a presenting sponsor. Um, I did. What was the rest of the question, Matthews? How will WPS uh, differentiate itself from past sponsors? How does Moser know they don't differentiate? Well, he doesn't know the difference between title and presenting. So. <laughs> What's that? That's his buddies anyway. Yeah, okay. Good point. 
Um, no, we obviously have been, uh, we've had front row seats to, you know, the past presentations. And obviously once we knew we were doing this deal, because we signed this deal in early January of last year. So going into A1, I knew, pretty much knew the deal was done. Uh, we obviously studied and kind of wanted to see what the other guys were doing and had been doing for a couple of decades. And man, they had, they had done a really good job. I give them a lot of credit. Um, so yeah, we, we just started brainstorming. Okay. We've seen the good and, and maybe the not so good and things that, that, uh, maybe dealers want to see differently. And we talked to a lot of people and that's really all you can do in any situation, right? Is, is ask a lot of questions and then just, see what's been done and try to all right 30 seconds that's up 30 seconds is up nobody cares about what your time frame is there is there room on the rig for a little throne and a stage for this uh demanding person here i like that throne and a stage for you you demand i'm not demanding anything just fly me down fuck (laughs) um (laughs) yeah are we are we doing that thing jt or what are we doing are we doing it what are we doing I think so. Okay. Well, can we talk about that or no? No, not yet. Okay. All right. right, Next question. Michael, what is the GOAT of Vital MX threads? Oh, Oh, there was actually a really good creepy one there today. This guy comes on and says, hey, I like to wash gear. If you guys will send me your gear, I'll wash it for you. And people are like, what? (laughs) And then the same thing, it comes on like, how are you not going to take my gear? No, I'll pay you a deposit to let me wash. And he starts talking about boots. He's like, I really want to wash people's boots. It makes me happy. You know how people like to work on their dirt bikes? It makes me happy. So then it turned into this whole thing about a foot fetish. (laughs) This guy, and he finally found out he was yanking everybody's chain, but he held it for like five or six days. It was great. There is pictures of him. They're jo- they had like pictures of Rob Schneider with a boot from Gigolo. Like, is this you hanging out with motocross boots? <laughs> wow, it's it's, it's but, floating around there. But it's is there good. a serious one that that uh, um, that you can remember? Like maybe like a helmet one or something. Uh, or, or, Laser Gate with Jeff chiming in was pretty. Whew. Oh boy, uh, that one's up there. I, I I read a thread with Jeff saying he's going to name names on who's on. Who's that was on the one. It was Cape Comeback. Yeah. Um, we actually have a How's section. How's that going, Jeff? <laughs> We actually have a section cool. called the Hall of Fame. Some of the really raunchy stuff doesn't get to stay there, but there's there's some good ones there if people want to see some crap. <laughs> okay. All right, next question. Steve, try to set your bias aside. How ready does possible. El Hombre look to defend his title? No, I mean, I bias aside, I mean, I, I call it like it is. He, he looked great. I, I, talk, I wrote in my race report he looked great. I tweeted about how he looked great. He looks good. Uh, absolutely. Looks on point. So he, uh, he looks good. JT, who's more likely to get a Supercross overall race win in 2019, Osborne or Hill? I'm going to go with Zacco just because I think fitness – in a, in a long race like that, I think the 450 class demands a higher level of fitness, and I think that's where Hill will probably lead a race or two, but I don't know if he'll be able to finish it. Uh, Super Bowl, Hill got the fastest time one day. He won the Super Bowl the other day, and the other times he was second in Super Bowl and then second in free practice, JT, and then I never saw him in the main events. <laughs> it was just... Well, just, and, and we saw that, right? With You know, Tampa, we saw it in Atlanta. He's He's got the ability, the talent, the ability, the speed, yeah. all those oh, yeah. things. Yeah. He's, he's ready. But, you know, if you're talking a 20-minute race, that's that's kind of a different deal against those guys because at the end, man, they are so strong at the end. Yep. All right, next question. Michael, 
Say you sit down at a buddy's house to take a massive dump and forget to bring your phone in with you. You have every moto publication imaginable to pick from at your feet. Which one do you pick? Racer X. Oh. Which one do you wipe with? Point nine. <laughs> he's do blocked. I even? Just, just kidding. That's not part of the question. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's blocked by uh, MXA, so it would be MXA. Steve, what's the best drama you can remember at a Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, uh, none. No, I, I've never. That's kind of random. Like family stuff, I guess. I, yeah, no. I've never, How do we get a question that had nothing to do with the dirt I, bike? That's Moser and his buddies are, are morons. Um, yeah, I don't, have, I don't have one. I just, yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving's in October. And then American one is, you know, this weekend in late November. So, yeah, no, no, no drama. JT, which of the off-season overseas races was your favorite or most memorable? Hmm. Um, there was a lot, man. I raced like 130 races outside of the country or something. I think uh, the German championships were big uh, just because they were – I raced there so many times. Um, I don't know, man. They all have a special place because they're all very different. Like Steve, Steve knows this. You know, the difference between a race in northern Germany in the freezing cold winter or a race like Barcelona where it's just awesome. They're just so different. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, those are those are pretty pretty good memories for me. I'll, I'll, something I, you know, going into, Take I never thought seconds. I would get to do. 30 I, seconds. Damn it, Steve, would you stop? This um, is a very like, heartwarming moment, Shep, Steve. Like that. <laughs> no, I just thought I, never, I would never get to do things like that, and to get to do it so much, was uh, I was very blessed. I don't care about your time. All right. True. Michael, last one. Moto podcasts are all the rage right now. So what's yours going to be called? He's got one. He does vitals. Uh, no, actually, I think I'm not doing part of that one anymore. But uh, Oh, you were kicked <laughs> off of it? Long, long story. No, oh. uh, just not, not participating on part of that. I don't know. I actually was thinking about that the other day, and coming up with a decent name is freaking impossible now. What good ones are taken? I, I don't have a good answer for that one. Sorry. Waffle, 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 waffle. Well, Steve ev- sucks. Everyone's got podcasts. That's 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 the new. Yeah, thing. That's just not just another podcast. That's all. Name it. Yeah, just actually, another. That's podcast. actually not a bad one. That's not a bad deal. <laughs> uh, all right, JT. That's been the X Brand Goggle Tariffs, EKSBrand.com. Please check them out. Great Black Friday Saturday, fr- bleh, bleh, fr- Black Friday sale, along with Worst Connection and Ride Engineering. Uh, all right, JT. I what? got a big question for us. Yeah, for both of you. How the hell do we still not know? Or, well, I think we know, but how the hell do they still not announce the TV package for next year? I'm just kind of in disbelief that I, we're this close to the season they haven't announced. We, it. we don't know. I don't think it's all done. I think I think the God, that's the stressful. basics of the deal are done. Like I think it's you know it's signed, but I don't think every detail has been hashed out yet. It's Oof. pretty brutal. I'll give you that for sure. Especially with you know we're we're only a month and a bit away, so. Oh, here's the other one. Did you guys hear the rumor this week about uh, the national schedule change? Glenn Helen's off of it, yeah, right? Glenn yeah, Glenn Helen's off, yeah. and the pot, I but think. It says Glenn Helen was on the one they announced, then they put out a TBA, Yep. And but it seemed like Glenn Helen was still in the mix, or they're out uh, in his Paula. I okay, so I talked to the Paul guys. They were really at least the people they're involved with that seemed pretty cough guard. The one I heard that was interesting is that Washugal might be moving its time. I so what does that matter? To number two. Oh. To change the driving direction for the year. So you don't have oh, okay. to do the midseason no, haul back. That's definitely something MX Sports would, would really like to do. Yeah. Um, so they would go in May? 
That's. Uh, I heard there's a possibility they might go to basically replace I, Glenn Helen's round two, and I then am, something else would come up. I am not surprised. Glenn Helen is impossible to work with. Bud Felkamp is crazy. He asks Eli Tomac to turn around and go back oh, yeah. and high five. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, like like MX Sports. If you ask anybody from MX Sports, it's the one track that they just they just roll their eyes at because Glenn Helen is so unique and such their own animal, and they just. They don't want to listen to anybody. They don't want to fit in. They want to sell their own sponsorships. They have a huge chip on their shoulder. So I am not surprised, JT, that 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 they're butting heads once again for the second time. Yeah, I was going to say it's not this the second. The it's not the road. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hey, bud, uh, have uh, have some GPS. Those work great for you. Uh, those are probably really you really killed it. So, um, <laughs> all right, JT, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thanks, and, JT. Uh, and flyracing.com. All right, guys, have a good show. All right, see you later. Yep. All right, see ya. Uh, we're going to commercial. Coming back with Mike Ulrich from Kate from Yamaha. Uh, that was Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. Uh, thanks to Zach Osborne, Cam McAdoo, Mike Ulrich. Come on. And so you had this, this. Well, we'll get into it when we get back. Let's go to commercial, okay. and we'll get into it. Michael okay. Lindsay from Vital MX. I'm Steve Mathis. We'll be right back after this. I'm Weston Pike. I ride for JGRMX Suzuki, and you're listening to the Pulp Show. And Steve Mathis is an idiot. All of us have one thing in common. When it comes to leaning that bike into a corner, floating a dirt bike through the air, or blasting a sand berm in a UTV. And that is passion. At BTO Sports, our foundation is built around family, which allows us to offer unparalleled customer service. Knowing we share a common interest, we look forward to the weekend as much as you. So we offer three-day express on orders over $85. BTOsports.com is proud to be a premier source for motorsports parts and apparel for well over a decade. Due to our reputation for excellent customer service and great prices. From motocross to mountain bikes, sports bikes to UTVs, BTOsports.com has what you need. Because our passion reflects yours. Yeah, that's right, people. That's Van Halen. I want to tell you about my two favorite things in life. Van Halen and Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com. They make much more than just moto gear. Mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, hard parts. They've got it. FlyRacing.com. The F2 Carbon Helmet, it's as close to a factory bike as a helmet can get. It's out of the box and onto the racetrack ready helmet for guys like Millsaps, Baggett, Kennard, and Pike. Carbon Fiber, Kevlar, Coolmax, Mips. Fly Racing's F2 Carbon has 10 different graphic styles, 22 colorways. Go to your local dealer, get them from flyracing.com. Please check them out. A whole line of hard parts as well. Flyracing.com. Everybody knows Racetech is the number one place to go for your suspension. Everybody knows that if you go Pulp MX 17, you get a discount at Racetech.com. But besides that, did you know Racetech? They are now the home of engines as well. Racetech suspension and engines, great guys. They've done a lot of great work for the, uh, a lot of privateers and, and different riders in the pits with their motor work. Precision engine services are dyno, flow bench, and then track tested to provide maximum performance and reliability. The Racetech engine services use the industry's most desired state-of-the-art equipment and a championship-proven experienced team. They're really pushing their engines, and they're really doing a good job down there, those people. What, think about how many years they've been doing incredible suspension. Well, they've added engine work to their program with guys that have been around the sport for a long time. Pulp MX 17 gets you a discount on their engine services. Whatever it is, rebuilds, performance, they can do it. Got four-stroke motor problems? Racetech.com, everybody. Check them out. 
Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning factory Kawasaki race team, longtime Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. The Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team relies on one company for all of its seat needs, and that's Guts Racing. We thank the folks at Guts Racing for coming on the show for a number of years now. Pulp MX 2018 is the code to save. Complete seats available for KTM and Huskies. Other brands will be added later. The Phantom Lightweight Seat Foam is the choice of seat foam for many teams in the pits. Kenny Roxon won a 450 National Championship using Guts products a couple years ago. And again, they've been with us for a number of years. Please check them out. Official supplier of the Rockstar Husky Husqvarna team for graphics. Live in 100 as well. And seats. Anything and everything to do with seats. Please check them out. GutsRacing.com. Pulpamex 2018 is the code to save. Hey, it's Mathis. RoostMX.net have been a big part of us our show for a number of years and we love those guys a whole pulp nation section on their website pulp nation code saves you 20 percent on there they can make custom pulp graphics for you uh, they can also do shirts and hats of uh, anything you want they can make custom graphics for your bike if you don't like pulp and why i mean maybe you don't uh they're also the official team sponsor for the cycle trader rock river yamaha team and we have alex ray here in studio alex uh, you love these guys yeah love them shirts Hats, pit shirts, car wraps, yeah. everything. If you take some Cycle Trader uh, graphics off your motorcycle, will they stick to almost anything? They will stick to everything, bro. The best quality graphic out there. A-Ray 91 is the code to save, and we thank those guys. And again, check them out for the whole custom line. And uh, Alex Ray, you got one more thing to say? A-Ray 91 is the code, and if you don't use Rooster Max, then fuck you. I'm lost in Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the listeners for voting us as Pulpy Award winner for Best Sponsored Commercial for 2017. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> I hope the Pulp Nation likes this year's commercial even more, and I'd like to share some information on our newest product for sport touring riders. That's old news, right? Actually, no. We still offer the Michelin Power RS for sport bike riders that we introduced in 2017. What I'm talking about is the all-new Michelin Road 5 tire. It features our latest patented technologies and is the new benchmark for wet grip in sport touring tires and provides maximum confidence in wet and dry conditions mile after mile. Visit MichelinMotorcycle.com for complete product information and third-party independent test results. Documentation. Proving that Michelin Road 5 tires outperform its major competitors in wet grip performance. Simply put, it's another innovative, industry-leading product from Michelin. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Uh, thanks, Gringo, for interrupting me, just like Mathis does his guests. Uh, I just wanted the Pulp Show listeners to know that in addition to the Michelin Starcross 5 tires, that Michelin also makes quality, performance products regardless of what type motorcycle you ride. 
from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, adventure touring motorcycles. You're bringing the ruckus to that. Whoa, easy, gringo. Yes, Michelin even makes tires for the Honda Ruckus, as well as many other scooter applications. I'm certain the Pulp MX Show listeners know the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires and how they're specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain and are available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions because there's one thing for sure. If you want something to get out, you tell Mathis. In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the Michelin Starcross 5 tires feature a bead profile that makes them easier to install. In fact, there's a very high chance ability that you can install a new Michelin Starcross 5 tire in less time than it takes for a pizza to be delivered to your house. Easier mounting is always a good feature. True. Basically, even a retired racer who almost won a championship can almost install them himself, if he just would. Thanks again to the Pulp MX show listeners who've purchased the Michelin Starcross 5 tires and given great feedback on them. If you're still thinking, I don't know, just ask a rider who has Michelin Starcross 5 tires on their bike. Follow us on Instagram on at Michelin Motorcycle and visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase Michelin Starcross 5 tires. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed our new commercial. That wasn't good or, or awesome. Well, I definitely was not going to let you sing. Want a chain and sprocket kit but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559 and get hooked up with a V3 Performance Kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. It's a ridiculous amount of gearing for nearly any bike. Join the ranks of Chad Reed and Cooper Webb on the factory Yamaha Supercross team at Rocka Vortex Sprocket. Available in red, black, blue, silver, and green. Yes, green. Call a doctor because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX16 to get 40% off your next order. And don't forget to sign up for the Vortex Athlete Support Team for 2017. For more information, call 800-440-3559 or visit VortexRacing.com. Attention riders, welcome to Atlas Air Flight 604 with non-stop service to a better neck brace. Please follow along as we outline the safety features of this revolutionary device. Located on the underside of the frame is a convenient, easy open system. To fasten, simply insert the release bar into the left frame. To release, push the release button and pull the frame apart. We suggest that you keep your neck brace fastened throughout the duration of the moto as you may experience an unexpected huckabuck from time to time. To ensure a safe ride, please keep your neck underextended at all times. In the likely event of an over-the-bars emergency, your brace will double as a suspension system. Although the Atlas brace will not be noticeable, it will be there when you need it. If you are riding with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your brace first and then assist the other person with a prodigy, tyke, or roll. We ask that you keep your brace on until your moto is finished. Maximum surface area is located on your chest around the sternum, back around the spine, and up over your shoulders with extra padding over your collarbone. Should you need more, please request a Defender Roost Guard or Guardian Body Armor. We remind you that this is a non-rigid neck brace. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying the product is prohibited by the limited lifetime warranty. You will find this and all other safety information in the user manual located online at atlasbrace.com. At this time, we ask that you remain standing with throttles in a wide open position, elbows up, and two fingers on the clutch. On behalf of the captain and entire crew, thank you for flying Atlas Air. Enjoy the ride.
WUSA is the number one source for quality wheel sets and wheel building services. They are the exclusive importer for talent and kite hubs along with DID and Excel rims. Their wheels and wheel building services are trusted by the finest teams in the country. Teams like Factory KTM, JGR Suzuki, Rocky Mountain MC KTM, Rockstar Husky Star Racing Monster Energy Babbitts. They all trust up, yeah. No job is too big or too small. WUSA, everybody. We thank those guys for coming on board with us. Whatever you need for your wheels, hubs, wheel building services, they've got it. Mention Pulp MX when you call down there, and they'll give you a discount. They ship nationwide. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at WUSA.com. WUSA, they're all things wheels. Do it. WUSA. Do it. Gear Alloy Wheels. Since introduced in 2004, the Gear Alloy brand has dominated the truck, SUV, and Jeep market with a wide range of styles, sizes, and finishes. Featuring unique, aggressive off-road styles, along with fashion-forward SUV styling for today's discriminating sport truck and off-road vehicle enthusiasts alike. Designed and engineered in SoCal in order to stay on trend with design. And sourced worldwide to ensure the highest quality, best-looking product available. With styles available in 16-inch through 22-inch diameters and 5, 6, and 8-lug applications, including 10-inch and 12-inch wide options. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, GMC, Dodge, Ram, Toyota, Nissan, or Jeep, there is a gear alloy wheel style for you with 20 different wheel styles to choose from in black, machined, milled, and chrome-plated finishes. Gear Alloy is a proud sponsor of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha GNCC race team. Be sure to check out all the gear alloy wheels at gearalloy.com or atdwheels.com. Get your trucking gear. Starting now, you can use the code PULPMX17 to save on Gear Alloy at SoCalSuperTrucks.com. Gear Alloy wheels for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Get your trucking gear. Back in 1989, Works Connection owner Eric Phipps was trying to find a skid plate for his own bike, but he couldn't find one that was as cool as the ones he had seen on the factory bikes. They say that necessity is the mother of invention, so he decided to build his own, and as they say, the rest is history. 29 years later and still located in Northern California, Eric and his crew are still supplying factory-level racing parts to race teams, pro riders, amateurs, and everyday riders who demand the best. Tested and trusted by JGR Suzuki, Star Racing, Moto Concepts, Babbitt's Kawasaki, and Hep Racing are just some of the teams that rely on work connection for their racing needs. From their pro-launch start devices, radiator braces, hour meters, and of course, skid plates, along with a ton of other cool products, Works Connection has you covered. Check out their all-new website for 2018 at worksconnection.com. Over 65 years ago, Vertex Pistons was born out of a small technical workshop in northern Italy's famous Motor Valley. 
Expanding and maturing among the racing legends of Ferrari, Lamborghini, MV Augusta and Ducati, today Vertex Pistons are the pistons of choice for motorcycle riders and teams throughout the world. Because of their renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex Pistons is a factory piston supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. From the Motocross, Supercross, MXGP, GNCC, National, and World Enduro Series, you can find Vertex Pistons winning championships. Vertex Pistons strives to provide you with world-class factory technology at a very competitive price. No matter which brand of bike you ride, when it's time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see our full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit us at vertexpistons.com or stop into your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOSports.com and Fly Racing. Michael Lindsay from Vital MX in studio here. Mike Ulrich uh, from Yamaha coming up right away. Marketing guru, Zach Osborne, Cameron McAdoo, Jason Thomas, Eric Pernard. Solid night, solid night. All on the show. Um, so how's the test tracks been? What, what's been going on with test tracks, man? A bunch of men tore up lately. They're getting all reprep, but no, I haven't been up there that much last couple weeks. You been checking weeks. things out? No, a lot of guys are in East Coast Boot Camp. Like, I've seen a couple yep. guys coming in and out. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the only guys who's really been consistent out here on West Coast has been uh, Plessinger a bit. Yep. He did. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Yes, last year when he won his titles, he did, you know, screw the whole Florida, yeah. wherever the hell you want to well, call it, training compound. He did so. was having a kid, right? Yeah. So, so. him and Gareth sat down. Him and the whole star team did West. They stay in California the whole year. Yep. Yep. No, uh, I, I, I would think they'll keep doing that. The star guys, anyways. Like, yeah. Well, it, it worked, right? It works. I was asking on the on this show. I think about the, the time change and all that because, dude. I mean, we, I go east all the time, and it's tough, man. You it's you are genuinely struggling to get up in the morning for nationals. Yeah, like, it's not easy. And uh, he said, "Yeah, it kind of isn't easy, but it's what he wants to do and everything else." So, um, it's got to help for some of those two fifty kids. Because I mean, you know, we think a factory yeah. teams good, but some of those, some of the two fifty yeah. kids are not getting much base by the time they get a setup in florida practice yeah. mechanic they're basically negative in money yeah yeah that's something that people don't realize is what these guys pay at these facilities right yeah and like, they like they realize how low the base pay is some of the 250 kids actually is wow some of the kids are no it's not like i, I mean like a cantrell and those guys i mean not that, that high. Like, like you know harrison and these guys yeah yeah harrison cantrell not good like, right not good basically. um i think harrison's like a 150 guy don't you think all right okay 
Well, if you, when you people can see you on the Facebook <laughs> camera, so when you go down, know, lower. you can see that. Lower. Uh, hey, uh, let's go uh, into our next guest on the on the show. Uh, we still got the Gear Alloy cold call coming up, and we still want to give away some stuff as well. Uh, so a Fly Works stand is up for grabs. Let's um, let's do that via email. These uh, stands are pretty cool. Uh, I have one myself. Um, Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Email contest at pulpamexshow.com, and we'll do a draw, and the winner gets a Fly uh, Works stand. And uh, these have the panels. They, the panels on these fold out, so you put bolts there and stuff. Mm. You know where the name is on the, yeah. on the stand? I really like the idea. Um, so uh, thanks to uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Email contest at pulpamexshow.com. Just put stand in the subject line, and we will do a draw for you on that. Uh, let's get into our, our next guest. Uh, he's a former co-worker of mine over at the uh, Yamaha Motor Corp in Cyprus. Uh, he's at the marketing division now. Mike Ulrich. Mike, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, guys? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Michael Lindsay from Vital here, of course. Uh, somebody, Michael, that, how are you? Hey, how are you doing, Mike? Somebody that you good. worked with on shootouts, of course, right? I really talked to him yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, I think I sent you a text today. Hey, so, Mike, uh, on the shootouts... Um, uh, obviously, you know, Chris Kiefer is a mutual friend of ours, a good friend of yours, and you work with Michael here at Vital. You work with the other magazines and everything else. Uh, shootout season. Hey, it's pretty important for you OEM people, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean it, uh, yeah. you know, we put a lot of work into the bikes and, and everything year-round, and then at the end of the year when it comes time for shootouts, you know, that's kind of – yeah. When everybody everybody looks for the big results, you know, so mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's definitely important, and and it helps us with uh, being able to show the engineers where we're doing well, where we're maybe coming up a little bit short, and hopefully uh, hopefully getting some changes made for uh, for improvements. So you get all the shootouts for all the magazines and online people, and you look at them. And at some point, look, look we know, I'm, I'm going to ask you about your time at R&D with Steve Butler over there at Yamaha. Uh, you're on the marketing side of things. But at some point, I would guess that somebody looks at all of the magazines and online things for the bikes, and they, and they would go, hey, hey, Japan, here's what we're hearing from this side, from all these people. And you would make a little presentation, I guess, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. Every year, uh, we take all the, the shootout results. We write up a report. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, that's uh, Travis did that just uh, I don't know a couple of weeks ago for the 450s, um, which now it's it's a little bit um, a little bit tougher with with half of it being online and half of it still being in print. You know, yep. We, yep. we get all the results for for online, and then we have to wait you know another month, month and a half for the print stuff to come out. So um, yeah, everybody percent. gets a little bit anxious. But yeah, anyways, we we write up a, a report with all the you know, all the mm-hmm. positives and the negatives and definitely whatever we hear pretty consistently. We, uh, yep. present that to, uh, to the engineers and, and, uh, we kind of push for changes. Uh, and Michael here does a good job with the vital stuff, doesn't he? Good job, uh, Lindsay on your, on your vital test. You, you, you do a lot yeah. of technical breakdowns. You do lap times as well. Yeah, shoot, shootouts are a headache, but they're well worth it at the end. It's, it's analytical. Uh, yours are more analytical, right. I think towards than, than anybody else's. That's right. They're, they're I gotta say, I've, uh, I think Michael does a really, really good job. I think one of the one of the best ones. And what's really nice to see for us, and it's really helpful, is when we see that a guy puts a lot of thought into putting a shootout together, mm-hmm. rather than just throwing together a ride day and have everybody just kind of yeah. get on and off the bikes whenever they want. Yep. Like Michael's is really structured. He even works it to where he has the guys in order of weight. So it makes it a lot easier for us to set the. Oh yeah, okay, right, right, yeah. 
you know, so we're not going from a, a 140 pound guy to 220 pound guy. Yep. Um, so, you know, that, that it motivates us to, oh, good. you know, try to be accommodating as we can knowing that Michael also puts a lot yep. of thought into it. And, <laughs> and not, you know, there's other, all the OEMs or I mean, all the, uh, magazines, you know, obviously put a lot of work into it, but, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to see when a lot of thought goes into it. No, for sure, and and I like what Kiefer does too, where he has a, he has a women riding the bike. Sometimes he has a, a fatter guys, he has skinnier guys. I think Kiefer takes a great cross check section of people, uh, yep. almost too much sometimes. There's there's almost Kiefer stuff is almost information information overload. There's so many different people riding it, um, but these are things 15 years ago that never got done. It was yeah. it was right. two guys riding a bike. Like everybody, <clears throat> not everybody. A lot of guys have stepped up their shootout game, and that's a good thing for us as consumers and for you OEMs. Yeah, I think for sure. I think you're absolutely right. And, and yeah, Keeper does a great job, and I think you're right. Sometimes you listen to those those podcasts, and it's like, man, I, you know, like, <laughs> I don't have enough time to listen to all of it. But, <laughs> um, but it's good that the information's there because, obviously, it's not – yeah, all you know, 140 pound pros that are actually buying these bikes. So mm-hmm. there's a wide range of, of riders, and and I think he tries to hit every yeah. kind of rider out there. So yeah, no, it's it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you yourself, Mike, uh, you've been in, in the marketing end of things for about a year. You worked at R and D yep. forever, even when I was at Yamaha, and before me, I would guess you did it. Um, you don't get your hands dirty anymore, but you also probably don't get a, out on a bike as much as you did at R and D. And maybe it's a little bit, maybe a little bit less rewarding because you and Butler and the boys at R and D could really hone in and, and see a positive change made from a model year to a model year. What do you like about the gig now you do? And what, what do you miss about it? Well, honestly, now I, I actually get to moto more than I did before. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. Um, Cause over the years, um, you know, we kind of got separated with, uh, you know, Steve Butler. He he kind of became responsible, or he mm-hmm. got brought on to really head up the YZ part of it. Um, I over the years kind of transitioned more towards uh, having all the street stuff was kind of oh, okay. my responsibility. Yep. Um, so I would still be involved with some off-road stuff and some moto stuff here and there, but kind of my my main. Uh, focus and my main responsibility was the street stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So when this position came up, it was, you know, kind of, I'd been doing, you know, been doing testing for over 19 years. And so this came up and just seemed like kind of something new, something exciting, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, not just a little bit different. Yeah. There's there's definitely positives and negatives. I, I love yeah. the testing stuff. I loved going to other places to test. Like mm-hmm. we did a lot of stuff in Japan, Europe as well. Yep. Um and not doing that as much now. But um I am able to go out with you know, like with Michael and all the other magazine guys, meet them out at the track, go ride with them, ride when we do the shootouts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I grew up racing moto, so it's kinda yeah. getting me back to my route, so um, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm digging it. It's uh, it's definitely challenging. It's a lot different than I expected. Yeah. Um, kind of got me out of my comfort zone a little bit. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. But it's kind of cool using your brain in a different way, you know, learning new things. So um, yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm having a when, good time. When you were there at Yamaha at R and D, had you ever 
seen such a great mechanic like myself come through there before when you first set your eyes on me working for for, for ferry were you blown away by just how great i was or now, go through there do you mean like when i saw you walking through the back hallway or uh just the race shop just kind of the race <laughs> shop just when you go in the race shop and you saw me working and you were just like that's incredible look at this guy work on this on this motor there's oil everywhere <laughs> you know, is I that when there was a hole you. in the case or right right <laughs> i i mean you you remember when i first started like i would come out or come over to your guys' shop after you know after hours right and just kind of hang out with you guys and and watch you guys work and stuff and i was i was sort of a little bit awestruck and, yeah. and or starstruck by you know the, the mechanics and uh, the whole racing scene and all that stuff. So yeah, um, I was awestruck that you know, they that gave was... somebody's jinkies you that job. <laughs> <laughs> I told Jimmy Perry they should put like a little thing, like a little memorial thing above the bench. Like Steve Mathis's bench was here, you know. And Jimmy said yeah. it would just be coated in oil. Everything would be coated in oil. We don't want to do that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if I was really like starstruck or maybe I just fell down on, on some silicone spray and, and hit my head. Yes, Mathis in a can. The, the SC1. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. The Maximum SC1. I lived with that stuff. It was great. Um, hey, I, I always I found this story funny. Uh, I don't know if you were riding moto then or if you were doing street stuff. I think you were doing some moto stuff, but I always found this story funny. Like Steve Butler, of course, the head R&D guy, a great mechanic for for a long time and uh, for Jeff Emig, and he, won, he was a team manager one year. And So the aluminum frame Yamahas were coming out. The YZs were coming out. The aluminum frames and you guys had painted them blue to just you know look yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. and oh, and oh you had God. told either you or steve had told me like oh yeah like we take these out to a practice like to a to a normal riding day and like nobody notices and there's these amazing aluminum frames coming out the next year and we're just motoring down on blue you know blue frames and, and i just thought that was a really yeah. funny uh it's funny story well you know what was even better than that was um when we were first testing the yz 250f mm-hmm. and I think, you know, everybody was so caught off guard, like no one was even expecting it. So there were days like we were able to test the 250F and with just 450 or 400 at the time yeah. graphics and nobody even knew. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, <laughs> wow, that's, that, that, that thing really revs out for, for 400 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, oh uh, yeah, it's funny. That was pretty awesome. That was, a, that was such an exciting time. And you know, in, in moto, yeah. I don't know. Everybody hates on the four fifth or on the uh, four strokes, but you know, when those things first came out and, all you heard all day was just the buzzing of two strokes, and then you'd hear one four yep. stroke every once yep. in a while. You know, it's kind of the same thing as now. Now, when you hear two stroke, you're, mm-hmm. you're everybody's ears. Well, that, yeah. that's one yeah. of my pet peeves with the MXA guys is they're so down on four strokes, and that's fine if you want to be that way. I get it. Like they they are just trying to be the contrarian, and they bag on four strokes nonstop, and that's fine if you have that opinion. But guess who was pushing four strokes? Heavily when they when Yamaha came out and it was the MXA guys saying it is yeah. it is the best thing ever. They never had any reservations about them. They won all the shootouts. They loved four strokes, and that's fine. You're allowed to change your opinion, but I don't think you should be so revisionist now and saying like we never liked them and they were always never any good and two strokes always ruled. No, no, guys, I was around. They loved yeah. the Yamaha YZ400. Loved it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say. It was- just MXA because I think it's just that's just human nature in general you know I think I hear that from people all the time you know everybody's just oh two strokes two strokes two strokes yeah. they're good they're all yeah they are good right. but it's it's just like back in the day when Doug Henry was the only one on the track with a four stroke 
everybody thought that was so good. They loved it. They loved it. You know, right? and, the, yep. and yeah, four strokes would be so great. And, um, you know, and now it's all four, all four strokes and two strokes aren't, yep. you know, prominent. So, so now everybody wants and, and and another thing that bugs the shit out of me is like people are like they're ticking time bombs they're ticking time bombs no they're not for five percent of the riders in the world that race at a high level yes they need to dump a shit ton of money into those things uh to keep them running because of the compression and the and the valve clearance and everything else i get that for 98 percent of the world change your oil Check your valve lash every once in a while. The things will go forever. You'll do two top ends in a two-stroke for, for every one that you do in a four-stroke. Maybe more. I tell a story all the time. My buddy on a, on a, on a Yamaha 08 YZ450, and he had an hour meter on it. He was approaching 100 hours on a top end. Now, I'm not recommending that, but he was changing his oil <laughs> religiously, and, and he was a pretty good rider, like a B-level guy, and... Like, I just don't give me the ticking time bomb things for these four strokes. I, just don't do it. I know it's not on uh, on any OEM's recommended list, but there's plenty of our test bikes I've rode the entire year and put one clutch in them and yeah. had 67 I just stocked up. Like, like, you need to maintain <laughs> no them problem. like anything else, but the ticking time bomb thing Ch just, just makes me laugh. Change oil every other ride and make sure they have fresh air filters. Dude, Dude they're fine. They're fine. So, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think when they first came out, some of them were, you know, a little suspect with, with reliability, but those things are so developed nowadays and the you're right the the reliability on them is is awesome and you know even to take it a step further with everybody complaining about the racing now and stuff like that like you know you were around in the 90s and two strokes and stuff like when did you ever see uh, a privateer whole shot at 250 national yeah you know like that yeah. that just didn't happen and now you you know you see guys on 450s yeah. You know, just, just ball shotting because the bikes are all yeah. so good. It's not, like you said, you don't have to dump a, a crazy amount of money or have a full-on factory bike to to yeah. get the power to get a whole shot. No, exactly. A little bit. Some of these things just drive me a little nutty. But, hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, you were the one of the guys at Yamaha that reached out to me to uh, get me this 450 that I've been loving. And uh, I love the RM Army. Thanks to those guys for, for letting me ride one. It was great. Uh, it was a great-looking bike, of, and I defended it a lot. But I can't <laughs> believe how good this Yamaha motor is, Ulrich. Right. I mean, look, both bikes were done with my suspension by Race Tech, so I'm not a guy to sit here and be, oh, I can't believe the suspension, because for my weight, uh, you know, the stock stuff was no good uh, on any bike. Yeah. Um, but the motor, Ulrich, on the new Yamaha, uh, that motor is unbelievable. It really is. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have some good testing guys. <laughs> and then I, so it, we had a we had a, a school up here. Jake Weimer came out, and uh, Weimer's been riding a Honda a lot, and he's been enjoying it, and he's looking at getting a, a, a bike for to do some racing and everything. And he jumped on my bike, and dude, he couldn't believe it. Michael, he just was like, "This thing's amazing. This power is amazing." He goes, "He's been riding a Honda all day, and Honda's a good bike. There's nothing wrong with a Honda. They, they, they do well." He just couldn't believe the Yamaha motor. He said, "I'm in third over there, and I could no problem." He goes, "And sometimes I'm in third over there." He's like, "Anywhere I wanted to go, I, I had power. It's just, it's a great motor." Yeah, well, let's let's put this bluntly here. Um, Four fifty shootouts. How many of them were there? U.S. Uh, Mike, was there eight or nine? Um. Well, cycle news. Offhand, I I think eight. Eight and uh, who won the most? Uh, you know, I think it was yes. uh, 
I think it was pretty close between us and Cali. Yeah, I thought you guys got you guys got four. Cali got three. KTM one. Was that it? Um, yeah. She has. I don't know. I, listen, the it's motor. Good. The motor is. Yeah. Good. I, I, my point. My point, the, my point sure. is. It's dang. Yeah. The, my point is the motor is unbelievable. I, I love it. Hey, I, I, I think it's great. Steve, hmm. Suzuki may have looked good on the stand, but you look better on a Yamaha. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You know who told me that too was Berlut. The Silver Fox said, "Man, you look good on that thing." I'm like, "Really, Berlut? Thanks." I still couldn't catch the old man. Uh, my arms were pumped up. Yeah, hey, kidding. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, man. Uh, thank you for everything, uh, for letting me have that bike. And, and uh, I really do enjoy the motor on it. Uh, suspension's great. Obviously, everything else is great. Uh, I got the new map, TP 2.0, the Pookie map that Travis Preston has developed. Uh, so yeah, I lo- I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And uh, what's best is in a few weeks, Ulrich, we are going to – do something else for for privateers and Yamaha is going to help us out and that's awesome. So thanks yes, man. We are. Yeah, yeah, we got some exciting news. Um I'm excited hopefully we can make it out to uh to your grand studio over there and um hopefully spend an evening with you guys and make a make an announcement. Yeah, I I I'm I'm, I'm pumped on that for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Um so hey, uh RV uh, obviously, condolences to Ryan and his family on the loss of Dan, uh, his yep. father, a couple weeks ago. That came out of nowhere. Dan had been working for him at the Monster Cup and Straight Rhythm, and man, he was so pumped and so happy to be back uh, wrenching. And that's that's a real, real, real shame for sure. Uh, but getting RV on blue for you, uh, he did the pit bike of nations. He won that. He did the straight rhythm. Yeah. Uh, he did the motor, the Monster Energy Cup. Uh, he's he's in all things blue. How's that working out with RV and Yamaha? And he seems to be. I never thought he'd be around this mic much, Mike. I really didn't. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> um, no, he's. You know what? He's been he's been so awesome. Um, that deal was kind of already in the works when I came on into this position, mm-hmm. and. You know, so like when they told me, hey, we're trying to put this together and we had some, you know, we were going to have some meetings and stuff. I was sort of nervous. I'm like, man, you know, like everything I've ever seen or heard from from Ryan on TV was, you know, I was kind of intimidated because he just never looked super friendly and happy and all that. Man, he's just, he's a different person. Right. Like he is so cool. He's, uh he's like motivated. He wants to do stuff. You know, it's not like we're pushing him to do, mm-hmm. you know, all these events. Like he wants to do stuff. Um, and he wants to do different stuff. You know, he doesn't, not just moto, you know, it's yeah. not like, you know, early on when we kind of brought the whole deal together, we weren't calling him a, a brand ambassador because he's not, you know, he's not like just there for, he's not working with the race team right now. Yeah. He's not, uh, they're just to go to motocross races or, or promote just the YCs. It's just, he kind of wanted to do it because we have a huge, uh, range of product mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do just moto. He wanted to try some off road or some on the street. You know, he's been to some track days for, for sport bikes. Um, That's you know, he really, really enjoyed he's, that. He's into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's done some flat track stuff and, he just loves it. He right. loves to ride. It, it's uh, yeah. it's surprising, don't you think, Mike uh, or Michael? You know him, um, uh, you know over the years. Like, can you believe it, how much he's it, been into this? It's a complete one eighty, and I know I've seen plenty of people joke with him about. But I mean, for what his attitude was, 
and I don't mean this in the wrong way, when when he first retired and then see him starting to pick up deals again, I was like, I don't know, is the dude in it just, just for the money? But no, mm-hmm. he's... I, the dude genuinely loves dirt bikes again when you're around him. Yeah. Like, he's not doing this for a paycheck. No. He's doing it because he's enjoying and having a good time he, and able to work with brands and do cool stuff. He's the best retired rider ever. Just ask him. <laughs> oh, shit, asshole. <laughs> he's got, I said, well, how's your, how do you determine that ranking? He's just like, I know it. I know it. Trust me. All the fans. And it, I'm like, okay. All right, Ryan. All right, RV. If that's where you're going to go, I guess that's fine. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, he's got a sixth sense about that. It's very unscientific, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I know absolutely. Uh, I am Blue Crew now, and uh, I couldn't be happier with that bike, man. It it, it is so good. Um, although I ran out of gas at Glen Helen on it, uh, that was. <laughs> I wonder whose fault that was. that was. Yeah, can you do something about that? Could you put a reserve tank on it, like like the WS? <laughs> Um, yeah, we're gonna have to put that in the in the report and then present <laughs> that to the uh, the engineers. So I know, right? Um, Kiefer was very proud of you on that one. Uh, he was so ashamed to be with me. He was, <laughs> he was disgusted with me. Um, and then he forget fuel anyway. So how long did you run oh, out? You were there, you, you ran out of fuel. There, right? I was there. You ran out of fuel, but then he didn't even have fuel. Or yeah, something. something happened. Yeah, he didn't have fuel either. I had my fuel, but my my can had broken. Oh, it was just a shit show. <laughs> just a shit yeah, show. Is that what happens when you guys go riding? Don't, don't let him. Don't let those guys shame you. Him and and Travis and uh, I went riding with Travis. I was meeting him out at the track. Uh-huh. Asked him to bring all my stuff. You know, I think uh, we were doing some testing the, the week before that. He was supposed to bring my stuff to the track. He forgot my gear at home. Oh, <laughs> so dude. I drove no. all the way to the track and and he left all my no, stuff. No, no, no. So we go up to 450 to I think it was Kiefer's 450 shootout. I went out to hang out and ride with them, and I see TP get out with like a 12 year old showy helmet. <laughs> Because yeah. now he lives down, you know, he doesn't yeah. live in the high des anymore. He lives down the drove all the way up to Sunrise in the high des with no helmet. So he had to drive to his dad's house and get one of his old, like, trophy <laughs> helmets, like, 12 year old Joey, so he could come ride. He's, he's wearing a helmet from Factory Connection or Normoto Triple X or something. Pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, the YZ65 uh, that debuted earlier, uh, Ulrich, uh, how's that yep. going? What, I, I talked to. Oh, who did I talk to? Oh, I talked. I forget. I. Maybe it was Red Dog. I talked to a mini dad, and he was telling me that it's it, it the, the the worst part about the the bike is amazing, and the worst part about it is they simply can't get enough. You guys underestimated the uh, the amount of popular of sales this thing uh, would need, how popular it would be. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but that's what this mini dad was telling me. Yeah, no, well, I, that's a good good problem to have though. I know, better than, absolutely. Than having the, the dealers be stuck with a bunch of them, but now we uh, we introduced that in uh, in San Diego mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year, and yeah, it's awesome. the The response has been just incredible. Um, you know, we've got some good amateur kids riding them and, mm-hmm. and doing really good at the amateur nationals. Um, and yeah, the dads are super stoked, you know, because yeah. they're really, you know, not to bash on the competition, but. Uh, well, first of all, it's just nice to have another option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think our uh, kind of reliability is, is second to none. Uh, and even some of the features like the, the the spring fork, it's fully adjustable where I guess from what I heard, the ATM doesn't have, I think it only has like rebound or something, doesn't have compression. So um, guys are super stoked on it. Uh, I even talked to Mitch Payton. 
Yep. And he was telling me, like, like he was all excited about it. He said it's, <laughs> it's a really good bass, and he was able to get a, a bunch of power out of it, you know, just fairly mm-hmm. quickly, so he thinks he can get even more. And so I, I yeah. think, you know, obviously FMF's going to have a lot of good parts, and Mitch is, is stoked he's going to have a lot of good parts. Yeah. So, um, a lot of options out there. And then we also introduced our, our YZ85, which is, is very heavily updated, uh, really Kind of unfortunately, the only thing that's unchanged is the uh, the uh, styling of it. Okay, but you know, just kind of with with the budget we had, we decided to really focus on performance improvements. So the engine's all new, suspension's new, and uh, you know, guys are really happy with that thing too. Oh, cool. And then, uh, yeah, as you know, we still make one twenty five and two fifty, so uh, two strokes, which people yeah. love. But it also has a makes a nice stepping. Uh, stone from the 85s to, to 125 rather than jumping right onto a 250. Yeah. So, the, the YZ85 is um, really cool now because they have, uh, they introduced a power valve. And what, um, your guys is, is uh, not, it's not electronic, it's a, is it centrifugal? Yeah, it's, it's like the 125, yeah, so yeah. it's a mechanical. mechanical uh, one, yeah. The 85 yeah, like is... A style. Yeah, because back when I was on 85s, I was originally, I raced YZs for a while and I went to RMs. I was a little bit smaller, but biggest reason for when I initially rode the RM was because I had a power valve and it was easier for me to ride. But overall, my Yamahas that I had were indestructible compared to why don't my... You, why don't you <laughs> test this new 65? Against I rode it. I, well, no, I need to get tested. Right. Actually, I actually rode the 65 bunch, but my point I was getting to is the 85. I'm stoked that they did the power valve because I loved my YZ85 I had back when I was on 85s. Mm-hmm. The only downside was a little bit of the rideability of the power, but the thing was bulletproof. My Suzuki's are replaced it with not so much. Right. Um, we need to uh, we need to get Will Hahn to do the sixty five test. Can, can we get that? Hey, make that happen? The sixty five. It was funny because Butler told me when we uh, we did a shoot with ours, and he said he goes, "You you should try riding it while you've got it." So yeah. we're at Key. I rode some four fifty for a shoot. I come over, I jump on it, and I start riding the vet track at Kihia. And I was actually blown was away by pretty, a little. Yeah. I passed a couple guys on 450s. One of them was not stoked. Not not stoked. 65 blue bottom. <laughs> uh, hey, Ulrich, are you are you going to work tomorrow? No. Oh no, I goodness. get to drive four hours up north to uh, my wife's aunt's house for Thanksgiving. Okay, when's the next time you're going to be talking to Japan? Because I have a suggestion. Oh God. All right. Okay, so Let me get my pen out. Hold yeah. On. So whenever, listen. Down. Here's my here's my beef, and I've said this on the show a bunch. You guys, you got to lower these prices on the two strokes. You got to lower yeah. the prices. I, I, all of you guys, like, you want to make a cheaper alternative bike to get people back riding. The two strokes are too expensive. I don't want to hear about this yen US dollar stuff, Ulrich. That's my suggestion. Email Japan and say, hey, Pulpamex said the two strokes need to go down in price. <laughs> there you go. That's all it. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pass that along. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I... Thank you. <laughs> I think my my email might get shut off after uh, <laughs> after I hit send. I'm just saying, man. We just got to get these things a little bit lower in price. That's all. That's it. Yeah. That's no. It. I. You know what? I understand. I. I can't argue with it. But yeah. it's just. Honestly, it's not. I, I don't know. They're not making a ton of money on. What? You know, on the, bike sales. The, the the vendors' costs. You know, the the that they pay for the parts. All that stuff goes up and. It's. Uh, uh, I'm just saying that yeah. the, the tooling has paid for itself by now. We're fine yeah. on that. 
All right. Yeah, there's other things to definitely chime in, though. I mean, if you're comparing it to the price of when they were selling thousands of YZ125s right. a year compared to the man being low, yeah, the some stuff's paid for, but also the parts quantity being ordered each right. year to build one is less. There's less of a discount ordering small parts. Yeah, yeah, whatever, 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 Michael. I'm um, sorry I, I made a factual <laughs> point there, Steve. Sorry. Uh, you know what I like about the Yamaha? Yeah, I don't want to hear it. You know what I? <laughs> you, know, you know what I like about the Yamaha too? It's like in all this air suspension stuff and all these advances in suspension and everything else and and all of that yamaha's like yeah screw you guys we have the the K- kyb sss fork that's it we're good hey. spring forks and, 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 can, and we're never going to change them. <laughs> hey, and you can thank guys like Ulrich and TP and Butler for making that kind of push because I know they get, you know, at the time that's what the other OEMs were doing. So there's yeah. definitely people high up that thought they need to do that. And they just never moved off um, of Price-wise, <laughs> same thing we're talking about lower price. Well, they yeah. were cheaper to buy. They definitely were cheaper component at the time. And right. there's definitely some people that had to stick their uh, neck out to yeah. make that happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. Michael, it's one of the better suspended bikes every year, the oh, Yamaha's, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you that was uh that was a stressful time because um you know, KYB presented us with you know that option and um we were getting a lot of pressure to use them and and mm-hmm. you know, they were saying, "Well, if you guys don't use them, we they offered them to us first and we're going to offer them to Kawasaki." Yep. And then, you know, we had all kinds of internal meetings, "Well, what if Kawasaki uses them and then we're going to look like we're behind and this and right, that, but right. I, I got to hand it to to Butler and then our our boss uh, Mark Porter, who who's since retired. Yep. Uh, they they really held their ground. You know, kind of said, "Well, look, if uh, if we can't get the performance of it working at least as good as um, as the current Spring Fork, then we're not going to use it." Yep. And they stayed really true to that and and didn't give in. Like I said, there was a lot of pressure just with coming out with something new. You know, like Michael said, a lower price, and then it was an easy way for them to knock off a couple pounds off the bike. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so all all those positives, it's like, and we did get some flack for it the first year from some magazines. You know, like, oh, Yamaha's behind the times; they didn't get this new technology fork. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, as as history proved, yeah. uh, in the end, it was a good choice. But definitely uh, some some kind of stressful times at first <laughs> yeah i mean look at where we are now with, with spring forks back and everybody's like yeah, yeah you know what those air stuff that didn't really work for anybody at any yeah. time you know and uh yeah it's funny yeah, now we almost look like we know what we're doing <laughs> yeah imagine that imagine that <laughs> now it's a good job by butler and, and porter and everybody like you said just be like hey we're if performance is all that matters you know not not weight not yep. cost and everything else um yeah and i think that's that's something good you know not to be like the the full-on corporate guy you know telling the company line the whole time but um you know since my time being at yamaha i I think that's something i think we've done pretty well is really just always focus on what's going to be the best performance Mm -hmm. and then also exploring new technologies and new new ways of doing things you know not just kind of going the same way and you know same thing we got a lot of flack for the the turned around head cylinder head you know and um but you know it's got to start somewhere and it it evolves and and there's a lot of really big benefits to that engine layout yeah you know, I, think, I, I think we're seeing think, that yeah we're seeing that now yeah you know and and honestly i think a lot of the uh the the negativity of when we first came out was all kind of timing based with uh 
you know, the guy who was racing it at the time. Yeah. And I think uh, it, it just kind of got a black eye from that. Oh, Dubok, and, Dubok you know, was so mad about that. Do- Dr. D was so pissed at, yeah. at, at James and, yeah, and I, crashing and the bike getting a bad name. And he was just like, it's all, it's all that. It's all that. He was so mad about that. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the, yeah. Was the bike perfect? No. There, there is no perfect bike, but I think the the reputation it got was a little bit undeserved, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's taken us a long time to kind of climb back from that, and and finally this year, you know, I think we mm-hmm. with changes in the the, the improvements and um, evolution of that bike, you know, it's finally, um, yeah, I think at a point where where people are accepting of it, they can see that it's it has a lot of good points and and really good bike well we just had McAdoo on earlier and he's going to ride for Yamaha next year and he's coming off a Geico Honda and it's certainly a good bike and everything else but he can't wait to get on Yamaha because in a 250 yeah, class awesome. it's the bike to ride you know so yeah um well he got his first taste at the straight rhythm he, right and he did he, yes. <laughs> he did we did not ram it up everybody's asses because we didn't have a factory 300 Ulrich, but yeah. we'll, we'll work on that right um well let's yeah let's try and get him a kit for next ha- year hey have you ever got the bike back yet from Kiefer <laughs> no, actually, I just emailed Kiefer <laughs> okay. on uh, yesterday. Okay, so we got to work uh, on yeah, that. He said he's going to bring it next week. <laughs> okay, all right. I yeah, kind of forgot we'll about have it. To show up at his house. I forgot about it to be honest. Yeah. yeah um, so no thanks to Yamaha for letting us use the straight rhythm bike and then letting us have it for another three weeks on top of that or a month. Yeah, um, no, it was that was awesome. That worked out good for us. We were happy to do it. I yeah. think it got uh, some good publicity and and uh, yeah. Think, well, you know, whatever we can do to to kind of spread some good feeling in the industry because yeah kind of hard to come by lately <laughs> yeah it really is it's it's been tough for sure man well hey uh thanks for your time tonight i appreciate it thank you for the uh yeah. for the loner bike man i've been enjoying the shit out of it it's such a great motor and i really appreciate you guys stepping up for that and then more than anything the upcoming thing that we're going to do with privateers uh i really appreciate that more than anything because we like to help those guys out on our show and so um all of it's a win-win uh i think so thanks for your time tonight man yeah awesome hey i appreciate it um couple things real quick first off yeah thanks for letting me come on because now i feel like i finally made it <laughs> I've reached the pinnacle of, of my career Fantastic. i've been on the pulp mx show after years of having travis preston strut around the office yes yes yeah. you know like like a superstar <laughs> because he gets to come on the on the uh pulp mx show yeah. and telling us to go get him his coffee and all that <laughs> yes uh yeah now i finally have come on the show too. Fantastic. Good to hear. Um, yep. Actually, no, I, I, Travis is, he's humble and he's, he's great. He's no criminal. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just joking. Um, one other thing I definitely want to say, um, sending all my best wishes to Weston Pike and his family. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a bummer what happened. And, and, um, I feel for Louie. I've known his dad since I was a kid and, and now being a dad myself, like I can't imagine what that's gotta be like to yeah. see your kid get hurt like that. Yeah, no, that's you're right about horrible. that. Yeah. It's gotta be, gotta be tough in, in another country and you're sitting at home. Louie was texting me after the crash cause he couldn't get a hold of anybody. Uh, and he's like texting oh, me and he's like, and I honestly, I'm look, everything seems like it's going to be okay. And Weston's going to make a full recovery, but it was very scary that night. And Louis yeah. texting me and I don't know what to say back, Mike. I don't know. Like, I'm like, this is really bad. Here's the dad texting me. Like, what do I do? Right? Like, right. like, I yeah. don't really know the, the, 
the thing to do in this situation other than say, I just said, hey, man, I think it's pretty serious. I think it's pretty, you know, pretty good. And I will get Eric, who's in with the doctors, to call you, you know, and, and kind of. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a shitty position for you to be in. And, and man, like, I just, I think about that as, as a dad. I, I would lose my mind. Yeah, so. yep. Absolutely. That would be horrible. And then one last thing, uh, if if it's okay, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to my uh, my old buddy Mike Healy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's birthday, huh? Yeah, yeah. Stray Cat. It's actually uh, Weston <laughs> Pike's birthday today too. Sadly for oh, days in the hospital. Oh, wow. yeah. uh, we've had we've had Stray Cat on the show. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. He is. Uh, he is an interesting dude for sure. Uh, awesome and man, Mike. I'm. I'm what? staring at a picture of a really trick looking Yamaha flat tracker that DC posts on Instagram. Uh, when, when are we going to get a media day to try one of these things? <laughs> Which is it a YZ or is it? It's uh, that. Uh, it's the flat tracker. It's kind of built out of the FZ07. It looks like DC oh. posts a picture of the one I shop on. I didn't know if that's actually even supposed to be, but it looks so nice. Um. You'll probably be waiting for a while. <laughs> Great. I'm waiting on that, and I'm waiting on the right. 10 or 700. Please, please uh, put me on the list. But Paul Bumex is testing that next week. Paul is testing that next week, so sorry, Michael, but yeah. Oh, no. bite me. <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Mike, for your I'll time. I'll test it for you. It. Ask Paul Bumex. Hashtag Blue, hashtag blue Crew. <laughs> appreciate all the help, and uh, yep. we'll hopefully have something cool to announce here in a couple of weeks. We'll try to get you back up here, or get TP up here, or Derek, or somebody. Uh, and yep. uh, it'll be we'll, uh, we'll make it up. Fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Paul, guys. Have a good night. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, man. Thanks. Okay. Mike Albrecht, everybody from Yamaha Marketing Department. Uh, good guy. Good dude. Known him, right. known him a long time. And uh, he brought you by Vortex Racing. Email jake at vortexracing.com. Speaking of Yamaha, they use Vortex Sprockets for the Monster Energy Yamaha team. So you can please check that out. Uh, handlebars as well. V3 bar. 29% stronger than competition. Bars, sprockets, EK chains from those guys as well. Email jake at vortexracing.com. They've got a real cool program next year. They're teaming up with Catanzaro. And they're going to have a big presence in the pits with the cat and helping out private tiers also so looking forward nice. to that to that those guys those guys are good like i said helping out privateers is something that uh we really like to do dark side what's up man what's up man how are you uh doing with all the jet lag no i'm all right i'm perfectly fine actually i thought i'd be tired but i'm good i'm, I'm tired of, i'm tired of michael Lindsay looking at his phone and not paying attention to the show though i am tired of that <laughs> you know many questions i've asked focus, i'm doing a great focus job on the show focus i'm doing a show. great freaking job <laughs> what's up man Hey, so I was curious if there was anything this weekend that just really surprised you, stood out, that you kind of maybe weren't expecting? Uh, we talked about it earlier, Freeze. Freeze would be the surprise. He was legit in qualifying, legit in qualifying times, uh, legit in all the races. He got second one night, one race. Um, so, yeah, Vince Freeze was, was a surprise. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I heard you talk about it a little bit on the post-race stuff, but wasn't sure if that was the, the main thing that stood out. Yeah, I'd say so. Cool, cool. And my other question is, by getting towards the end of the year, are you going to do Pulpies again? Ah, man, I don't know. I was thinking about that. Do it. Uh, do it. I, I, I got to. Dude, I don't know. Darkside, do you know all the shows? Like, do you remember the shows? Uh, Pretty well. I've been taking a lot of notes this year just for the Pulpies. Okay, well then you can help he can with the pulpies <laughs> because I don't remember all this stuff. Marks, you don't remember all these like man. Absolute, you know the fans, absolutely you know. I don't remember last week's show, so we didn't do one last week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been like six months since you've done a show, but 
Um, but, yeah, yeah. If you want to do it, let me know. I, I can take notes. But I just, I, I think it's fun when you guys do it. It's enjoyable, and I want to see uh, Randy yeah. Richardson get him a puppy. So wow, yeah, like five. I mean, we 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 got to do. We got to figure out like the one time co host the multiple co hosts because there's two different yeah. categories for that. So my ML, you'd be in the multiple with with Randy. And, oh, I'm, and I'm not going to win anything. And, then, and Jesus, Kiefer and all that. Um, do a poll. See, see if the fans want to want to do it again. They're I mean, I just yes. got. I just. I felt like last year, or the years we've done them, I've ripped off the people that come over in January or February because I don't remember them as well. So I don't remember right. the, the high moments, you know, of January, February, March shows, right? I don't remember those. So I just wanted to do it right and do it the whole year. But then I was thinking, I don't know the shows well enough, you know. So maybe Dark Side, maybe we can get you involved in this process. Sure, man. If you want me to help out, I'll do what I can. All right, fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Okay. All right. Have a good night. See ya. All right, we will. Thank you. Uh, Dark Side, helping out with the pulp is everybody. I hope. I think. Love this guy right here. Maxima Oil, designed jointly with top race teams to ensure maximum performance while providing maximum protection under the most severe MX and off-road conditions. Uh, they're number one oil, aftermarket oil in American power sports. Are they on the, did they win the vital survey? Oh, yeah. The vital survey is Maxima? Oh, yeah, by a lot. All right, MaximaUSA.com. For more information, love these guys. Uh, created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. The SC1 stuff, absolutely fantastic. I'm using the Maxima mountain bike chain loop right now. Yeah, they got a full range mountain, mountain bike, bike products, products as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, maximausa.com. Thanks to those guys, of course, uh, for making it happen. Also to W Wheels, uh, providing wheels for half the teams in the pits. It seemingly whether it's Excel, whether it's Talon, uh, whether it's a Kite, they can build you a wheel set. They can vintage stuff also that get your bike looking brand new with uh, the vintage wheels that they can do for you as well. Adventure bikes. Adventure bikes, yeah, they're big on that too, right? Mm-hmm. WUSA.com, John Anderson and the boys down there. Uh, love those guys. Also, too, uh, Guts Racing, official seat foam, Monster Energy Pro Circuit. Seemingly half the teams in the pits also use Guts, lightweight Phantom seat foam if, you want, uh, if you're want. If you looking for weight as the option. they got Velcro seat covers. Uh, they got grippers. They've got this, uh, have you seen Kiefer, what he's been using? The little, yeah, the uh, one that they uh, that Rick Johnson had him build for Baggett uh, a couple years back with the wedges on Oh, the is side. that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So they build it for Baggett? Yeah, Johnson had him build it for Baggett back when he was on Yoshi Suzuki because he was having trouble gripping the bike. Mm-hmm. So he built a wedge, and then since then, Baggett ran Kiefer it. Kiefer likes it on the on the new Yamaha. Yeah, he yeah. likes it. He said it helps for him grip. I know I've just literally sat on one of my legs are almost like too short. The wedges are like way up in my thighs in a weird yep. spot. But for guys the right side, I know some guys it seems to work pretty well for. Uh, so please check out Guts Racing. Get Data as well. Uh, they've won a bunch of world championships with Get Data. They've got a cool uh, uh, hour meter as well that they've really been working on, as well as so this battery pack thing that can, for 99 bucks, you can buy this Get thing, throw it in the trunk of your car, and it can boost your car when your chick leaves her lights on and kills her battery. It's pretty sweet. Have you seen it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one as well. And uh, love those guys and uh, for helping us out as well. Uh, Ride Engineering, Black Friday sale coming up at the folks at Ride Engineering. Uh, OGO Power Sports, of course, also. And uh, and you people, Cameron McAdoo on tonight. Uh, Zach Osborne, Eric Bernard, uh, Mike Ulrich all on tonight. Um, and Michael Lindsay from uh, from Vital MX in, uh, in studio. So the Vital gig for you. Last time you were on, we talked about it a little bit. You're not full-time with them anymore. You're doing some other stuff. You're helping out Enzo. You're doing some testing for people. You're doing some side work, some R&D work. Do you, do you enjoy it? Are you enjoying this new gig of yours? Yeah, it's not pretty really new anymore, it's, but yeah. yeah. Nah, it's not that different what I did. It's just fun to get to work with people that I really enjoy working with. A few brands I didn't have 
time to work for because I was so wide open as these Jimmy guys just like a 24 7 365 day week gig yeah it's it's a little less stressful right now it's kind of nice <laughs> uh do you want to do something where you go to more races do you, do you want to is that what you want to do like do you want to I've been on the fence about it. I'm doing some stuff where I'm building some bikes for some for some video shoots. Um, I did actually just have somebody hit me up today. I was kind of kicking around maybe trying to do something all the GPs <laughs> next year. I literally just started muling that around based on email yep. I just got. So, I don't know. The nice part is there's uh, quite a few options. A bunch of people have reached out to me about a couple of different things. So, yeah. I have, I have so, some options. So, you it. would do it, though? Oh, yeah. If you had a gig that would take you to all the races. Oh, yeah. And... and, and do all that oh yeah gp especially i don't know u.s enough guys do it but man i'd love to do a full year of europe um so much fun it would be i would love it but i don't think i could do it man i lived over there already for a little bit back in the day i've gone there a lot i like europe but in small doses i couldn't do a whole gp season once i wouldn't live i would it sounds crazy the way it would work out travel schedule i mean probably have to stay over there in spurts or something i don't know but i would would go back and forth quite a bit yeah Yeah. i wouldn't go over there for wow yeah i don't know how that would work out either that might be kind of a gnarly deal yeah um so hey what was this jet lag what was this thing you're talking about uh you were telling me that you and anton got into a good conversation it's sort of about the media in the sport uh, just the other day that Anton, uh, something he posts on Twitter, and I can't remember originally what he said. And we, we just started kind of chatting about, I don't know, just the main couple outlets, kind of what we're all doing right now, how we're all, uh, how we interact with Feld. I, th- I found it pretty interesting what he brought up. It's um, it's funny seeing different media outlets and our sports have their key things, but I think a lot of us are in this realm of there's so much provided content and we're all rushing to post the exact same thing and just uh, some loss of identity i think with some of the media outlets like what we're all doing um anton had a couple really cool ideas of some ways to i don't know i'd rather almost let him explain part of it well it's cold calling yeah can we do that yeah transworld motocross michael antonovich he's a friend of the show uh mine friend of yours friend of the show gear alloy cold call proud sponsor the rocky mountain atv mc ktm team with baggett and bloss they got a display in the pits i think they'll be back next year gear alloy has a hottest styles for your truck jeep or suv whether you're heading to the track or cruising the streets from mild to wild gear will get you there in style you want to set a you want a deal on a set of wheels for your truck yeah, that's right. They'll you can do it. You can go to SoCalSuperTrucks.com, pulp, pulp, punch in Pulp MX18 at checkout. Gear alloy wheels. You can save on those. Uh, so I've got a set of these on my Ridgeline, and I absolutely love them. And um, it's fantastic to to have these guys on board with us. Gear alloy cold call. Let's call. Uh, let's call Transworld Motocross Michael Antonovich. All right, let's do this. Gear alloy cold call. Cold calling people. Friend of the show. It's called the Gear Alloy Cold Call. Let's hear what. When are we going to cold call somebody from MXA? I called Jody one time for a podcast. Hi, yes, it's Jagger. That wasn't happening. <laughs> Here we go, Michael Antonovich. Let's see if he answers the Gear Hello. Alloy Cold Call. Anton! What's it's up? It's Mathis. You're live on the Pulp MX show, bro. Right What's now. What's going on? Don't swear or anything. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that one. Um, hey, so I was talking to uh, Michael Lindsay's in studio here, which I'm sure you knew he was coming up. Um, I was yep, talking yep. to Michael Lindsay, and he said you two got into a big old talk about the media in the sport and things that could be different. And I like discussing the business of the sport, whether it's uh, uh, the promoter stuff, yeah, I do too, or media it's stuff, fun, isn't it? Right. I like <laughs> I like that. I mean, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't like yeah, me. Yeah, like talking so, about that so many people just think 
like energy drinks and like signing autographs and like it's there there's so much more to it and that's like the cool part because you and i've talked about like the books that we've read on other things it's cool like yeah the like, way that so many different ideas intersect from moto to mainstream sports or entertainment or whatever there's a lot that we could learn if we just researched it and i i just i i want to know why the fuck feld keeps renewing with fim that's all i want to know when it comes to the business of sport <laughs> i don't think why we're away from that. <laughs> why do you have fim what have they done you the already same, had your ace tech rant tonight that, dude probably the same way that like any soccer organization or whatever signs with fifa like you're you just have to what else are you going to do they're, we, just, they're we, the ones we don't have to everything. we didn't have it for 30 years we had no fim in the sport we were fine yeah, but it was AMA great is the, but isn't the ama a part of the fim well, in some way shape yeah or they are the official american so then you're signed to them well so then you're signed to them just just can we go back to the way it was that's it. Just go back to the way it was. Before we had yeah, guys dude, getting kicked out for a year and a half for Adderall. How many people didn't like Steve, Steve Whitlock? Well, yeah, you know but I mean? he was an idiot. Was He's an idiot, asshole. but get someone in there who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Why do I feel like this no, is already going way the wrong way? Okay. No, right, no, so no, what, no, did no, you, no, what did you two brainiacs come up with? What, what, was the, uh, what was the genesis of your conversation with media okay, in the sport? So I think anybody that reads my Twitter after, like, 6.30 sees that I come up with some, like, kind of, you know, more out there things. Not wild, but just, like, inquisitive. Like, I want to know why things are the way they are. And uh, I just think for all of us as a whole, we all have our strengths as editors or photographers or media guys or whatever. And things that we could do amongst ourselves to make it to where like, Hey, you have to go to racer X to read this. You have to go to trans world or vital to read that. Like we all have different pieces that make moto media. So cool right now. MXA is, does a good job on what they do. Like I'm not going to shortchange anybody and say that granted, unless you're stealing a story from someone that broke it, you're probably doing an okay job to have advertisers and, and some kind of credibility in the sport. But at the same time, we're all kind of just chasing the same leads right now, especially at this time of the year where there's so much happening, but it's a pretty pretty rare way to have a new take on it. You know what I mean? So it'd be a big help for all of us going forward from you know January 1 of next year, like, hey, what if the GoPro videos dropped every Tuesday at noon? And we all knew that was going to be at that time. And then we could post around that, but then also make it a, you know, a pretty – concentrated part of our our programming for the month because or the week because there's so much insight that you me michael guy b anybody why can't could collect and see like hey this is how this happened instead of waiting until thursday or friday when we're so bogged down with other things of like shit how are we going to feed this into what we're already doing you know what i mean well i mean i kind of do but that i mean have i lost you yeah yeah i like, mean that makes sense but like, yeah, just I think that if like we had more, more communication from like, hey, this is going to happen at this time, you know, Feld says, hey, these are the hashtags for this race or this weekend or whatever. Let's get them out there on Tuesday so people can start feeding into it. So there's some content built around it. I mean, that's what every other sport does. You pretty much already know what the hashtag is going to be for that event before the event even happens, and it's just a huge landing page of everything from advertisers to common people to athletes to teams like interacting and part of it instead of one hashtag that we all chase for the whole year that has a hundred thousand things that you never see 
You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to it if you look at it from, like, a diagnostic area from, like, social media following to media following to whatever. There's so many layers to this that we, as a whole, don't kind of scrape the surface of it. There's so much more that's there. We just have to. This is corporations and umbrellas, bro. I'm lost. I understand that. I'm lost. He's basically saying. I don't know what you're talking. Are you listening to this, Marks? Marks, are you listening to this? Yeah, it sounds good to me. I, I don't know. I don't Dude, know where I you're going with this. So, Mathis, I sat in way more corporate meetings than you do. Are right you now. drunk right so, now? Are you no, drunk? He's now? basically saying from round to okay. round, like for the entire season, everybody uses the same name culture for, like you said, stuff that we do on social media. Like Fox does the exact same, or not Fox, sorry, but like SX on Fox. He's basically saying from a social media standpoint, and even like the on okay, broadcast I, stuff. That, okay, I get that. Let me go one more for. Let me go one question further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys giving a shit about this? Okay, because have, have either one of you noticed? Work. Have either one of you noticed? Feld Motorsports, and they can do what they want. I have no problem with it. They're competing with Pulp and Vital and Transworld. They are oh, competing yeah, no, with us. That. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm fully okay, so, aware of that. So I am not going to help but, them by caring about their stupid hashtags. I have never posted a hashtag that they have ever wanted me to do. Okay. So let me ask you this. With the podcast that you and Ray have, do you think that uh, people Hockey, that listen to your pod, right, Do you think that people only go to the NHL to find out whatever the stories are? Or do you think that the real core diehard fan is like, Shit! How can I dive deeper in and know even more insight? No, of course. And what we but so then this is what I'm saying. That's where you, me, Michael, Wygant, whoever at an at an editorial level can piggyback off what they're doing because then we're going to become stronger because because of it because we're going to find new. Reasons. Okay, but you were bringing that's up the, the hashtag thing. of Supercross on Fox and all that, so right. that's where I, that's where I'm going. Use, but you have to use that hashtag to find a new fan. It's like there's a lot of sports. It's not even just hashtags. I can see what Anton's saying. It's like uh, for me, I follow stuff in MoGP, F1, everything. The round to round between the tags they use, the name of culture for events and stuff. It's a lot easier as a fan to just what you guys are so overthinking this. You guys are one of those people. Trust me, you're one of those people that are like you guys. Have you ever searched a hashtag? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, you need to set it. You need to come down to Carlsbad and set in one of the corporate meetings that I go through. I, apparently, I'm not even doing enough to to think about how. No, you deep, guys are this, this overestimating. Like style shit. This this is into. this is the web designer that builds this fucking killer ass web page that does all this shit, but doesn't realize that ninety percent of the people are still using like Windows Explorer oh, yeah. or whatever, okay. and nothing works on their computer. Like we are over thinking that we are over we are, in my opinion we are overthinking social media influencers and all that bullshit mm. we are overthinking I hashtags disagree. we disagree. are overthinking all of this stuff if look there are websites that 100 percent get more hits than i do okay that get get more clicks that get more everything than pulp mx does 100 percent. there are tons of websites that do that however i would argue our influence in the sport this janky show the janky podcasts stuff i write and say you're being contradictory already why you're basically saying because you were talking about social media influencer you are an influencer this yeah, show but, the way you're I saying it compared i have small numbers Twitter you have small numbers but that's saying you're basically an influencer but i don't against, use hashtags sh- shut I up for five se- shut up for five seconds 
in the sense of what you're saying, you are basically like an influencer ambassador. We're not just, you're, you're focusing too much on the social media part of the conversation. Compared to a big media outlet, yes, you are like an influencer ambassador that has a yeah, lot dude, of pull totally for your smaller. Yeah, but how small am I and how big are those other guys? Dude, no, I am. People come, dude, how many people come up to you on any given weekend? Yeah, but Anton, how? I have 40,000 followers, which is nothing compared to anybody else, to either one of you companies that you two work for. I have no hashtags. I don't attach people You're, on, I don't hashtag stuff. I don't attach people on social media. Yeah. I don't I don't have but, big numbers on social okay. media. But so, you know what? Okay. When people listen, I'm an influencer. There's bigger websites okay. than I am. So this so, is going to go way over your head. So your listen, listen to this, Anton. You just have to your, think about that. Your your corporate guys in Carlsbad. If you threw up other websites' hits and unique users and people, and you threw up hashtags and you threw up all of that, they would look at my janky shit and be like, "Yeah, that guy is garbage. Like we don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. guy." See, that's what you think, but it's not that way. Okay, so this, let me give you an an. Ex- an example that is not involved in anything we do, but it's the exact same thing. Okay. There is a guy in rap music. His name is Academic. He has <laughs> rap music. He has. <laughs> no, I know Anton. Here. This is your area. I got this. No, I know. So he has part of a rate like a TV YouTube show that broadcasts like four or five days a week, uh-huh. and he just him and a co-host, and then the host, this chick, break everything down. But academics thing is like on social media, like he gives his opinion on the show, but on social media, he like is posting what's going on within the music industry. Who's going to sell how many records, mm-hmm. who's going to do what, who's going to do the tour. That's what you do. He is such a massive influence in hip hop right now, be it people love him or criticize him because people want to hear, hey, this is exactly what's happening from a common person from a, just an individual's point of view rather than this big corporation. Well, no, I get so that. that. I understand that. So but... that's where your deal like really works in. Granted, you don't have to use hashtags or this or that, but people know they need to come to you already because you're at the race. They know you're at the race. I know that, but I don't do that. any of these big... I don't. I don't have an editorial plan. I don't have hashtags. I don't have uh, an influence. See, I don't I'm have big thinking. followers. I don't have a big follower account. You know what I mean? I don't have any of but that. think about like how much... You do have an editorial plan, though, in some way, shape, or form, because just short. You know, when your podcasts are going, you're going to go up. Just short okay. <laughs> observations. You're an excise thing. Like you have an editorial plan. Okay, and so we you're all right. Do. Somewhat, I do. But but what I'm we saying is, do, is, we all have to like pinpoint in on what we're doing, and this leads to the next thing. I think we're missing a huge opportunity to get more views, be it Instagram views or page views or whatever, because we might not really know what the hell fans really want to see. There's this dude on YouTube, like Clintus or whatever, and this goes back into this whole, what the fuck are we doing? This is so wild deal. Feld paid for him to come to Monster Cup last year. This guy's... Just the boy band guy? Is this the boy band guy? No, no, no. This is like some dude, and I'm not talking shit on anybody. He's some like 40, 50-year-old dude with his family that just makes vlogs about what they're doing every day. So what he's doing is no different than what yeah. almost any listener on this show. My wife watches goes some. Through. Yeah, my wife watches yeah. some that are insane numbers of people, and they do nothing but open, but open presents and, and talk about and their days and like, stuff. Yeah, this is not shit talking on Michael. This guy's video from World Vet at Glen Helen a few weeks ago, where he didn't even ride his dad rode or something, had more video views than like the high quality video edit that Vital did, and oh. it's like, well, shit. 
what do people want to see? Do they want to see the best guys doing it, or do they just want to see the average guys? Well, okay, but now this is like this is where we need, as like me, you, Michael, Wygant, Chase, whoever, Don, anybody, we need to figure out what the reader really wants to see because maybe we're giving them a bunch of stuff that they're seeing ten times over, and they're like, "Ah, I kind of want to see this." I I might agree with you. I agree with you on that. And they need to reach out to us and tell us, like, hey, dude, what you're putting out, I I already read. I want to see something new. So that's where they need to, like, get it, me, you, Michael, Don, Guy D, whoever, and tell us, like, hey, I want to see this. This is what would be interesting. But, okay. Rather than us just feeding off the same thing we've been doing. Riddle me this. Like the websites that get way – and I'm not talking about Vital and Transworld because you guys – are producing great content and the unique content. I'm talking about, I bet you that janky supercross.com website blows Pulpomex away and hits. I bet you mm. it blows yeah. Pulpomex. So, and, and, and the guy in the video at the world vets, the, the views that he's getting, and this goes back to using hashtags and clicks. How many tickets or parts is that video really selling? Really see, this selling. Is where, this is where I go from, Maybe we don't worry about ticket sales of what Feld receives, but we worry about the industry as a whole because maybe well, people eyes. want, and maybe people want to see like shit. Like I could never hit a triple, I could never hit whoops, but I could go like buy an XR one hundred for my wife, and then I get an XR two hundred or something mellow, mm-hmm. and like this is something new that we start. So maybe we need to like almost dumb it down in a way that it's not like the most badass gnarly dudes riding all the time. It's just like the average guy and this is what they do. And that's how we need to connect with the common fan because otherwise we're just sending them the same thing over and over. There's always going to be a place for race footage and there's always going to be a place where people want to see the best athletes in the world. There's no doubt about that, but maybe we need to like figure out shit. We're totally missing the consumer that buys bikes that buys parts that buys gear that comes to the websites that buys tickets like what do they want to see and that's what i want like dude find me on twitter bitch me out find me in an email find me on instagram tell me hey dude i like this i don't Mm -hmm. like this well, let's let's be better as a sport as a whole because we could be missing a huge opportunity well i mean you know i mean my pulpit. I don't post press releases. I don't post race reports. I don't do any of that because right. you guys do such a good job of it. I just don't. I don't bother with it. Um, and there's reasons for that. Uh, let's go, Tyler. Tyler wants to weigh in on this. <laughs> Tyler, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. I think uh, Michael's on to something talking about utilizing the the hashtags. Uh, here I know, we go. Here I think you're kind go. of looking. <laughs> yeah, I think you're looking at it a little bit backwards. Um, I don't think anything that you're posting using that hashtag is benefiting Feld, but I definitely think you're riding on the coattails of them. Um, because people, I, I don't really necessarily think a ton of people are using those hashtags, but, uh, you know, from like the core industry or whatever, but there are definitely people that like see Supercross come by and like it, that hashtag ends up like trending on different nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of riding off of that. But even beyond that, what I see in the content, whenever I check like Monday morning or Tuesday morning, whatever, I see the same content across Transworld, across RacerX, across, you know, all the major sites. It's right. like you know, results and finishes, results and finishes. Like, dude, this is so boring. I already watched the race. I already know what the results are. I really don't care to see it again. You know, I want, I think what the sport needs is you need to build personality, like in the riders. I think that's what I'm seeing right now is like our sport. We have some great personalities and, and you do a great job on, on your your show getting like Phil Nicoletti, you know, being like kind of like an Eeyore right. and, you know, even Weston Pike. I mean, unfortunately in his situation, but, you know, kind of like the Chuck Norris, you know, like 
and Ken Roxon, you know, like we have some really great personalities in the sport. And like I said, you do a great job highlighting that. Um, unfortunately, like, you know, not a lot of people are seeing it. Whenever I go to the races, Supercross or Motocross, I mentioned like Pulp MX and nobody ever has even heard of it or Vital MX. I'm like, man, like, how do you guys not know this? How are you spending, you know, 180 bucks for tickets or whatever? Yeah. And you haven't even heard of these, you know? So it's like somehow we have to branch out, you know, to get into there and, and, well, then, and build the personalities and, for the sport and, for the sake of the sport. And to expand upon what he was saying is... A oh, sorry. Um, to expand upon what he was saying, because I run into it how I follow other sports stuff and cycling I like. I do end up on Insta... Back to why tag and just our stuff can be important. It's it's not as much to what we're saying. is It's not as much just using the tag. It's what a content is attached to it because we all post the same... Like, Anton said, some guy whipped out over a triple there's a lot of like these ambassador things that build up because people get interested. So somebody sees Supercross on TV and they see the hashtag, they go into Instagram or Twitter or wherever and see the trending and they click on it. And it's one thing for them to see a bunch of photos from that. I have some dude racing, but to see interviews with guys that are really, like I said, really interesting to see general fans view or people. The idea is to get people something more to, but we all I do guess, that. Don't we do that? Well, just like you just said, you don't hashtag. To no, I meant interviews with fa- interviews. But, but stuff that isn't, I guess, is I. I don't want to say the word polish. I just not the same old. All of us posting who won the race with a big yeah, whip finish line. Dude, ESPN Show- does. ESPN and, and I mean, you don't see ESPN not cover stuff because sport uh, Fox Fox Sports is or right. NBC Sports. So yeah. how do they do but it? This is, but what I was saying to the. Ex- Dent is you, you start to see content on these tags that really draws people in. That it's a mix of not yeah. only the sport, but also seeing, like I said, general people, uh, your the style podcast, the, the YouTube. YouTube stuff, just finding stuff for people to attach to. And it's like, I kind of look at sometimes our sport can be pushed too much where it compares NASCAR, NASCAR. NASCAR is a sport that All you right. can't participate in the sense of, but I think mm-hmm. Moto sometimes gets pushed too far that way, too elitist. Like people see the glam, yeah. the deal of fashion, but I don't think enough people realize that just glance over motocross that hey i could randomly go do this that kind of that back to that thing is trying to get more eyes on the sport not only getting those eyes on the sport through supercross but then on our end as media outlets not only showing them what the sport is from the supercross standpoint but what else okay. is available well, to the sport i, I so look at people actually want to do it i mean i would look at that more as a trans world and racer x and vital job than a pulp mx job no that's yeah. saying, but the other All end right, of it fine. too is like I'll carry that weight yeah. Right. Well, Tyler, um, you you and Anton yeah. can get together and talk about hashtags. Yeah. Hey, no. dude, if you have an Instagram yeah. or Twitter, find me. I just send me a message. Like I'm down to talk about anything. I see I, these I guys make this better. Yeah. I see these janky media people in motocross. We don't even fuck, dude. You could open up a huge 44, 45 minute conversation. I, okay, but I see these. <laughs> I see these janky people hashtagging twenty things in their post to catch somebody's attention. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's a waste of time. That yeah, it's a waste yeah. of time. No one cares about your content. Your garbage content. That's garbage content. That's what I. That's yeah, what I see. Need to use like optimal tags, like the exact. You know, so I do search engine optimization. That's like one of my, like I have sites that rank nationally all across the world, uh, you know, in the in the nation and the world. And the biggest thing there is like just being concise with the tags you want to use. You know, don't have 400 things on there. You can get those things to trend a lot higher, you know. So if someone's searching mm-hmm. SX on Fox or whatever, but you've got forty other tags, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram's algorithm isn't going to push you to the top. You know, what's going to push you up is is that that post is relevant and it starts to get some following, mm-hmm. and that it's like very distinct. You know, there's like title, there's like metadata built into it in a sense, not quite like what the web has. But Tyler, um, I, I uh, yeah. 
I trended this summer. It was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. I trended the, with nice. the video of Plessinger uh, humping his seat before the gate drop. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. You remember that? That's so that, yeah. that video trended. Guess what, though? All these fucking assholes just stole a video and posted it everywhere. Well, and then... And at the risk you run. Yeah, but yeah, but okay. So no awesome, great. I was trending, and, and I fucking got no credit, and nobody gave a shit about Pulp MX because all these. Yeah, fucking... you need to watermark the video. Get your brand on. Oh, it. oh now I'm going to watermark the video while I'm standing above hey. the thirty second board for the moto, Tyler. I mean, come on. I mean, that's not that hard because there's. I mean, everything's on your phone now that you could put it in. Whatever, Anton. No, yeah, well, but I mean that's your value. I mean that's your brand, right? You're missing out on a ton by you know. Well, everybody just took it. Viral, you see, everybody you just see, took it. Like thinking of massive ambassador pages, epic fail. A couple of them do that. They watermark their the content they actually post because no matter who they, they take, are you mean or are they original content? Even even well, sometimes they take. But you have a lot of brands that start doing the watermarking videos. So even if it does get taken by forty other people and posted it, people still find out who the original poster is, whether or not that page yeah. even wants to tag you in I, the I, face I just, of it. I think I love okay. I love direct messaging those people and bitching them out because we spent so oh, much money each week to go to these races and to do these things and to, you know to just do this job and then to take that shit and then if they act like oh yeah we're not trying to make money off of this we're just trying to make the sport better yeah. bullshit you're hey, trying to collect a paycheck because hey, and then you, you look have right for sale or something else it's bullshit and yeah. if you really care about moto you wouldn't do the things you're doing if you i mean it's bullshit but this also feeds into the other point of maybe this is where like mainstream like elite moto media people are missing the boat because how is it that like an account like mx fails that's just normal dudes crashing is blowing us away on interactions i mean maybe that's what people want to see they just want to see like hey what's the local guy doing on a five-year-old bike i don't know i mean i'm going to use an example of it's amazing me the interaction size differences you know people see your fault like you were saying your followership i'm sure this would surprise you a bit steve if you saw okay you're an account with forty thousand followers um titles i think two hundred thousand how much is Transworld right now um anton like six seven hundred thousand Instagram, are you six, seven hundred thousand followers? Uh, yeah, something like that. I, I've seen ambassador pages that are fifty, sixty thousand followers, and I've compared some numbers for posts. Their interaction rate can literally be ten times what ours is. Just because you don't have a lot of followers, Steve's, I'm sure the style of posts you do because of the kind of following you have. I bet you your interaction um, rates are probably higher than quite a bit of the stuff we post. And there is like there is truth that there's a golden hour when to post. Um, it depends on when people are most on your page. And there's there's websites that are out there that if you plug in your account, it'll tell you, hey, between these days, these are the best times. Maybe it's five o'clock or two o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. This is when you'll get the most likes. This is when you get the most interaction. Like there's a whole business side to this social media. Thing. Wow. And Hell, even IG's own insights page. On the table. Yeah. You're leaving a lot of money on the table if you don't invest in it. It's just. Yeah, I, I'm leaving so much money on the table. I, I trended and everybody took stole my fucking video. I, I just great. It was, ama- <laughs> it was amazing. I, I just fucking killed it. Everybody took my video. Fantastic. Well, I mean, um, that's a good. I, thing. You, I think I think it's going to happen content. no matter what. I think you have to kind of embrace it, don't you? I mean, I, I think if you can, I, I get that people are stealing your content. And that part sucks. You can you can send a cease and desist to people, but as you know, and then fine them five thousand dollars or whatever for copyright infringement. But if you have some way to like put your brand on there. I mean, that's what you're trying to grow is Pulp MX. You get Pulp MX on there somehow or some way. Like I said, there's apps for it and things like that. If you can get your brand on there, 
everyone that sees that video is going to see Pulp MX, you know, on there or Transworld or whatever it is, and they're going to go back and follow it, you know, and uh, and and tell people share it, you know, do it, just tag us or whatever, you know, because like I mean, the more eyes on it, the better it is for you. At the end of the day, I think it will help grow your your following and your engagement. So, all right, Tyler, you got a bike? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to fly racing? Works? No way. I said that. Already, I already said that. I'm already giving that away, right? In the email contest. <laughs> I don't know. You want a Maxima oil kit? That's not my job, bro. Sure. All right, stay on the line. Maxima USA. We'll get you an oil kit. All right, man. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Guys. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. I don't agree with Tyler, by the way. I don't agree with anything Tyler said. So I, I don't agree with anything you said, Steve. Taco Tom. What's up? What do you want to you want to weigh in from a casual fan perspective? It says. Yes. Uh, this is like I deal with all of our social media, my family's business, and what is it? Taco? Is it tacos? No. Okay. Damn. No auto auto repair. But like. Uh, my whole family is into moto and supercross and i can't even get them to listen to you so uh, pookie like, doesn't listen to me either so <laughs> well that's fine but i'm just saying like what i think what everyone's trying to say is like we need to build a sport one way to do it is through social media obviously you'll be look how big it is but like you only have forty thousand people following you but there's 500,000 some people watching Supercross. How do they not know who you are? Yeah, I don't That's know. Problem. I, I don't That's know. Problem. But, but, but I, I don't believe hashtags and and you know getting followers and and doing things to get followers and re- posting things on my Pulp MX to get people is the right way to do it. You right, know, it has right. to grow. It has to grow. It, it's going to be organic. It's going to be the way it, it it's growing. And you know. He, but then this is where we all come together as a whole instead of, 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 you know, we need to figure out how to get, you know, like what the U S MCA is doing with getting new riders on bikes and everything okay, like that's that. That's fine. Yeah. No. We as an industry though, need to figure out how do we even get someone's attention on Tomoto as a whole anyway. And we need to do that as, as a group rather than how am I just going to get one person attached wow. to my I just, brand? I don't because know. like, dude, it, you can't go anywhere right now. And at least in California and other places that I've gone to, without seeing some sort of moto deal, like gas stations are plastered with Monster Energy with like McGrath or Axel Hodges or Tomac or whatever, Rockstars with Anderson. I mean, moto is there. It's in the forefront of culture right now. But we as a group need to figure out this is how we're going to show everybody this is something you can all do instead of just this. No, it's just, it's too competitive. It's too, it's these, none of us are going to get together and do all that and, and figure it out because I mean, we want to post the, we want to all post the GoPro videos, not you, not Pulp MX, but you know, everybody wants to post the GoPro videos as soon as they come out, you know, and they're not going to hold back on that if there was some master plan or whatever, like, and I understand that, but what I'm saying is, is like, how do we as an industry need to come together to get these new opportunities to maximize these things? Because the 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 things are already there, and instead of getting all pissed off when someone, you know, wears a set of 100% goggles in a rap video or whatever, like, oh, well, that, that, just a rap yeah. video. I'm not well, saying I'm not saying the wheelie videos or whatever. I'm just saying in rap in general, like, you can't just throw your arms up and say that we can't have this happen because you you don't know. Like, there's a whole untapped market of Someone knew that could just be a race fan. They don't no, have to I, race. I, I, they could just be a race fan. You'll never hear me bag on the Supreme stuff or the 100% and all those people are dumb or, or Fox stuff at the mall. 
or whatever. That's yeah. all. That's all the stupidest argument. Like we need ever. that shit. Yeah, that's it's absolutely yep. it's the stupidest argument ever. Uh, Taco we, Tom, anything else? Yep. Anything else? No, like we we know we need all, everyone that has a dirt bike to be in love with the sport, Supercross or motocross, to keep it going. Because if we don't have those people buying gear, buying the oil, buying the bikes then the OEs and the manufacturers are going to be like, well, why are we doing this? Even, even Gibbs, what's Koi's like, why am I in the sport? <laughs> I heard that the other day on an old podcast on the archive. I was like, how yeah. pretty, that was even right. like last you're week's right. episode. Why, you know, but you said that again. AMA doesn't even follow the rule book. Why are we doing this? Yeah, Let's that's... just start with the rule book. Yeah. No A kit, no yeah. A kit suspension in the 250 class. Let's start there. No, well that's actually uh, not how the rules are in. Michael go. Lindsay oh. will get going on that. I can explain okay. that. Okay, um, well, we need all of those people because we need clicks, we need followers, we need a, a, a million people watching Supercross right. on Saturday night, not but 500,000. Like, and this goes into what you just said. We at at all levels, <laughs> we need to like set back and examine where are we fucking up? Like, where are we just being contradictory and not doing what we're supposed to do? Someone needs to set back and look at the rule book and go, Hey, okay, this is fine. Instead of one team doing something that breaks a rule, the promoters or the rule organized organizers or whoever bending the rule to allow that to happen. And then another team wasting so much time bitching about it. Like, Hey, yep. this is the rules. This is what you need to follow. This is what we're going to do. This is what we need to follow. This is what happens in like every other form of motorsport. The FIA, yep. you know, Formula One has a drivers and a team construction thing. NASCAR holds people to rules. MotoGP holds people to rules. This works everywhere else. How the fact it doesn't work perfectly, but within we have, it does. We have, we have 14 Why people. Do do we have 14 people in charge. I've broken this down every show I'm on. We have, we have. I, I know you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's you. ridiculous. Uh, Taco Tom, thanks, One buddy. Thanks for the call. To just figure it out. Thanks, man. Thanks, Taco. All right, guys. How do you guys switching topics? How do you guys feel about Feld? And they're welcome to do this, but I brought it up. In a sense, they're they're competition for all of us. And it's then a necessary. And deal. then they want us to play by rules and things like that. It's it's a necessary deal, and I'll say this to lead back to the other thing, because it's the only example we have, you have to have them to make money the same way that we need Twitter and Facebook to make money, to reach new audiences. If it's not for them putting on the races, we don't have shit. But, and so you have to deal with that. And if it sucks, that's it sucks. Fine, you still use them to but make money. Guess what? Without us, they sell less tickets. Uh, we are I, helping you just them. Said that they, but you just said that your 40,000 people isn't, enough compared to what they're doing so no, that's no, no, not no, exactly but, true but they all, could all of us hold I, i'm saying that, races without us but the moto media in general sells tickets for them with our interviews our write-ups mm -hmm. our podcasts and everything we sell a lot of tickets for them oh it could totally be better so like as someone that so from, i mean you're but no your argument about they hold the races so we should be thankful to them doesn't no, hold no, any no, water no. to me because we sell tickets to them it's a it's a no i don't mean I don't mean as like would we have to give them everything like 
they should it should be a two way street where we kind of work as a partnership instead of us just bowing down. And but I don't feel like it is a two way street, and it's not. There there are totally things that they could do better. They have and they have videos, they have interviews. They're probably going to have a podcast. I would think so. They do photo reports. They do they cover the press conferences and videos. Like they are direct competitor, and that's fine. I'm not complaining about this. This they're welcome to do it. They own the series. But they're a direct competitor to Pulp MX and Racer X and Transworld and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So guess what? It's competitive world. It's on now. So yeah. why why do I help you? Why do you, why should I help you? I'm selling tickets for you. I feel like that's probably good enough. That's where you meant. It's not helping them. But, it's helping yourself by piggybacking off them trying to grow the sport. Well, there's but, nothing that you can do. As there's nothing you could do any more than that wouldn't help them. You would just have to shut down shop to not help them at that point. No, I know, Anything but, but, but I feel like uh, I mean, I think my coverage like helps they, them sell tickets, and they, they put the races, which helps me get a, keep a job, and now we're even. Okay, so now we're even, and that's the thing that we do for them, and they do for us, and now everything else above that is what, as, like, as competitive with the exception of like giving us a catered lunch, which I don't really need, and like a stable internet connection, which they offer most of the time, barring but, you know ninety people in the press box because that's where all the VIPs go. What else can they do for us right now that doesn't make us sellouts? Do they pay for our travel because then we're sellouts because then they control what we can say and do, or otherwise they cut us off? It runs into this, like, do you sell your soul to the devil deal? Not saying that they're the devil, but there's only so much more they can do without us being like, okay, now we walk the line of, like, how much are we doing that's not yeah, I know. I wouldn't want MX large-style shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Communist newspaper. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like, we, we can only do so much. Like, where we're at is this fine balance of, if we dip one way too far or the other, like we throw the whole thing out of whack. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, we're, I don't feel like we're there yet. And I feel like, but I feel like the restrictions are getting tighter and tighter. I can see some restrictions they have like, dude, there doesn't need to be that many. There needs to be photographers on the track. That's no joke. There doesn't need to be that many photographers. There needs to be people that have, like the GPs have done where it's hey, this is the insurance I have. If I get hurt, it's on me. You're not just some goofball that doesn't have a real media outlet supporting you or a real income, or you're just doing it for like a product trade to be there or a press pass trade. Like you need to prove why you need to be on the track. They have restrictions that they need to do for insurance just to have anybody on the track. Look at someone gets hit by a bike and they get hurt or they hit their head. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Like they have things that they have to do. Well, we we now, can we can all name probably five different media oh, yeah. companies and people that what the hell are they doing there? Exactly. But so they need to like limit that, and I think going forward they are going to limit that. And yeah, this would all be this would already be way 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 better if there was an open line of communication amongst everybody instead of an us versus them mentality. Well, you know, I, we're all going to make money off of it. Some more than others, yeah, but we have to deal with that. Dude, I don't some feel, of us are putting in less than others are. I don't feel like they give one, two shits, not one shit, two shits about us at all for the tickets that we sell them. If USA Today, if USA Today writes oh, no, one, no, no, one no, sentence in there about anything Supercross, those guys would fucking jerk themselves off and jerk the writer dude, off. How many times have I been fucking just irate and texting you and other people like, dude, what the fuck are they doing? Like... 
but do we want them to pay for our tickets to go there? Like, no, we don't. But no. They have, that, uh, they have that platform that they brought down they put in the first turn at the Anaheim's. And they brought mm-hmm. media people down in there. Did anybody of us, did anybody of us get ever a thing about hey, come on down and see this? No, we didn't. No. Fuck those guys. No, Fuck them. They'll be. They'll, they can use our shitty internet in the press conference and, and, and the press box, yep. and, and then you know they'll they'll always be there. Like, and that's fine. I don't care. But that means it's competitive. It's competitive mm-hmm. beat. And and I'm there to 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 be the best media guy I can be for the job. That's all, and that I think that that's all we well, yeah. can do because because like but if you, I'm sure that if you talk to other people in other sports, they have the same grievances with like the NHL, the NFL. Like, dude, I'm sure that the NFL people are not pissed anytime someone from ESPN or Sports Illustrated does some big expose about how the players' union is fucking everybody over, but they still have to have them to deal with this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have your money from these people doing these things and organizing these things that's how we make our money i'm no one in politics or cnn or whoever likes what this administration is doing they still got to fucking cover them to make their money like well, took it's the, a necessary evil you got to deal with it took the press pass away from the cnn guy. he's already got it back oh he got, he got it. it back yep. okay. yeah. uh luke's on the line luke what's up man you want to talk about social stuff and tickets it says yeah i think i missed the boat a little bit on the on this whole conversation, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, is is our sport dying? Um, I mean, is it, it is it dying? Are the numbers falling off? Are we worried about money? Is I mean, is it a dying sport? I don't think so. I wouldn't say it's a dying sport as way as other as bad as other ones are, but there's a lot of missed opportunities of what they could do. I mean, look at how many sponsors. If you go watch like an old bar to bar video, like Butterfinger and Speedstick and THQ and Boost Mobile and all those companies that were there, why the why aren't they there now? Those people, it's they're they're going for the same demographic we already have a young, relatively relatively well off financially background. Like people think that dirt bike riders are poor hillbillies. Fucking six thousand dollars to get a bike, and you got to have a good job. Like most blue collar jobs that pay for these things are people that make good money. Like we've seen the trans world in the vital surveys that prove that. You know, yeah, we have really good average. It, it would not, show it would not be a hard thing to do to go reach out to those people and go, "Hey, this is the demographic we skew to. This is what you want." come sponsor it we just can't fuck that deal up when they get there like we have to deliver on what we want to do we have to give them the branding we have to show them a return because that's not what we're doing right now because if you look right now actually a topic on our forum that kind of is like a a little bit of a stark reminder is somebody started a team rig topic where they're posting a picture of every semi at pretty much have ever been a supercross so it's probably last like 20 years worth there are a lot of big name sponsors that have come in on one or two year contracts and they bail so initially they're definitely drawn in by the correct numbers like the marketing guys are seeing what they want but they're getting here and they're not getting the return and they're bouncing after only one or two years they definitely get pulled and in like this is a great idea and then they're there for two years and like yeah, yeah they're out they're done yeah and this is something that Mathis has chased, like talking to agents and other people. Like, hey, dude, why don't these people come? Like, look at JGR. That's a NASCAR team that has all of these connections. How come that doesn't come if over? JGR can't get a title. We're all fucked. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, it, that's it's, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with some of that. I, I don't know. I'm a poor hillbilly, and all my riding buddies are poor fucking hillbillies. Everybody I know that has a dirt bike 
is just a regular blue collar dude. I mean, that's the consumer. And I but get it. Like it's have... great. We can bring in sponsors and bring in more money to the to the sport at a pro level. But you know that all that's going to do is you know sure it's going to sell failed more tickets if we can get more you know uh, affliction t-shirt wearing fucking bros at the Supercross race that are going to buy tickets. But the but the OEs. And parts manufacturers aren't gonna are never gonna get any return on that. And you know, our our sport is specialized. It's not you can't compare it to any other sport because it's so different. I mean, you know, the families and the people that are buying dirt bikes and parts and you know, are the reason why we have this sport. It, it, you're not gonna you can't just grow that based you're not you're not gonna grow that on any marketing. I mean uh, no you're you gonna get people that from the outside, you know. No, I mean that's the sense though. You gotta bring in new eyes to ever get them interested in buying a dirt bike. It's we're not gonna keep replacing ourselves in the sense yeah, you ask the, the dying maybe the affliction let, bro is let me a bike. point out something you said earlier, are we a dying sport in the model you're talking about we are. If it's just the same group doing it over and over, less of them get you know, less of their kids keep doing it, and bikes and parts get more expensive as there's less people to buy it, and mar- like less products being sold, margins have to be higher. In a sense, yeah, getting more people interested in dirt bikes is great. When an OEM goes from selling 4,000 of a certain model a year up to 12,000, they can lower the margin on stuff. They can make, they can buy enough parts and high enough quantity wars, gear, everything like that. The more we just let shrink, it's not going to get any cheaper. You're not going to have brands freak out and go, oh, it's getting smaller. They're going to have bean counters every year. They're going to raise prices because they're selling less and less of a product and they got to keep making a margin. Uh, all right. Hey, yeah. Luke, uh, we got to run. Thanks for the call, though, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, th- hey thanks, guys. All right. Gear Alloy Cold Call with Michael Antonovich. GearAlloy.com. SoCalSuperTrucks.com. PulpMX18 is a code to save. Get your truck in gear with Gear Alloy. All right, Anton, I got to go. I, I don't know what yeah. to say anymore. Hey, buy those wheels because those people, they, they help moto. Like, yeah. We- help those people that help uh, you know what hashtag gear alloy i'm going to search it tonight and then i'm going to look at all the gear alloy hashtags that hey i man they search. crushed it at sema they had a huge booth i'm sure did I you just, go to sema this year? I, I didn't go to sema and, and i'm still not yeah. sure what we called you about i don't understand it i don't know it's I fine just, that's just, fine it's okay steve we we got to talk about what we want to talk about the, the grown-ups the grown-ups were allowed to talk we used you i, I just, mean <laughs> Yeah, I just, just find me on Twitter. I just Instagram. I don't I don't use hashtags. I don't try to sell the sport for the fo- for the folks that fell. And I don't uh, have a ton of followers. But yet, you know, but does he? And like again, not to I, maybe I'm too much of like a pussy to think this way. But like we have to stop viewing each other as like these diehard competitors. I'm like fuck, dude, we gotta like they're all out to get us because we're all fighting over the same money. You know what I mean? And, like, granted, we need to be competitive to get that money from these things, but it's not like we're all – like, this is the whole fucked-up thought process that goes into moto. Not everybody is out to fuck everybody over. The media is not out to fuck riders over. We're not out – like, riders no, are not I, to I mess agree, teams over. Teams that. are not to mess riders over. People have to get out of that, like, way of thinking that we're all here just to fuck everyone over. Well, it's not that way. Have you ever noticed Some how many are. uneducated people are in our pits? Like, literally uneducated people who can't write emails or can't mm. spell or anything? There's a ton of them. And that's the mentality you're going to get when you're dealing with these people, uh, that kind of mentality. So I, I've noticed that a ton over the years. Oh, you know, the, yeah. And a lot gonna, of the, that's going to happen. A lot of the people that I, that don't aren't fans of mine. I just look at them as uneducated. I mean, I'm just like, this guy doesn't understand anything. You an- know? Another way to look kind of what Anton said earlier is all of us viewing each other constantly as competitors. So let's say there's 
X amount of dollars available in the sport advertising through core brands, pro taper, blah, blah, blah. Vortex. We're, we're all going to fight. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we're all fighting over the same money. We can all sit here and completely backstab each other. Try to get that as the sport shrinks and we're all fighting over the same shrinking money or everybody actually kind of works together, tries to grow sport to the point that not the sport's own core brands have to support the load of the money. You actually get outside sponsors in that not only want to spend with teams, they want to advertise on sites, they want to even do some of the pulp or stuff like that because the the sport, its own core brands can't keep supporting the load of these factory well, race teams, all but, of our shows, all of our advertising I, I budgets. Get, I get that. And for you guys, Vital is a mountain bike and uh, and dirt bike. BMX. BMX. Yep. You guys have a tremendous reach to a lot of other brands that are outside of Moto. Yeah. And Transworld, you guys are owned by whoever you're owned by now, Anton. You have a bunch of different magazines. You guys mm-hmm. are, you know, literally corporate. Yeah. Corporate they get company. occasional group buys from right. like stuff above. Right. right. So th- you guys and your corporations you work for could, could certainly do that kind of stuff. Pulp MX? No. I can't, I'm yeah, not but in a that is, like, this is where you shortchange yourself no, because think hashtags? about how many companies you're tied to, or, like how many publications you're tied to around the world, be it with MX Vice in Europe, who's now owned by 24MX, RacerX, and how much power they have here, whoever you write for in Australia right now, like you have enough pool everywhere that you're kind of, you're good. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to worry about maybe Pulp MX isn't crushing it as a website, but Pulp MX as a brand and you, overall you as a brand fucking yeah. crushing dude, you're fucking like, and this isn't just to like sit here and blow you. You're the go-to you are like, who's the bald guy in the NFL? Who's that dude that the, bald you know what guy. I'm talking about? Hey Marks, are you the listening ba- to this? Are you grabbing these drops right here? Oh yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe some of these fucking drops. Trying to blow you, <laughs> yeah. Maybe some of these drops should be used about how fucking I'm killing it and crushing it. Nah. Yeah, like this isn't. Who, who's bald? Hold on. A Jay Glazer. So wait, that's all yeah. I've had to do. You so are I'll... the Jay Glazer of Moto. Like how you don't understand that, and how is Jay Glazer? Because he's fucking everywhere. He has a website. He pops up on ballers. He pops up here, here, and here. Yeah. Like you have that pool. You just can't search yourself. So quickly you know, here, for... we have these other things too. You know, I mean, we're all doing pretty damn good. I mean, my, the lights are on at my house right now, and like I live in an okay part of town. Like we're good, you know, you're good, we're all good, but we could all be much better if we well, all. Well, listen, Anton, if you were in Paris with me on a Sunday night, would you go out for dinner at a nice restaurant, or would you? Fuck just, yeah. Okay, good. You then fucking, I'm on board with. That I'm on board hey. with you. Fuck Brayden. Hey. And- Mac so I got a I got a quick here for yeah. you. If I really want to drop on the show, all I have to do is verbally blow the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, uh-huh. because I don't pull those ones. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't uh, let his head get right, too Anton, much bigger. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for coming on and picking hey, up gear out everybody, like a cold call. Everybody, help Weston Pike. Good dude. Yeah, yeah. what he can get right now. Right. Thinking yeah. about Louie and Kelly and the family. And, yeah, and, and every, he's gonna be back. Use hashtags, everybody, and uh, and be less competitive. All right. Thanks, buddy. Do more than thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Anton. See Thanks, ya. Anton. See ya. Uh, Michael Antonovich, Gear Alloy, Cold Call. Gear um, Alloy. Is that the longest cold call you've ever I had? I think so. SoCalSuperTrucks.com. I, I agree with some of what he said. I disagree with some of the stuff he said. But, hey, that's all right. That's what makes the world go round. What's your deal? Where's your chick right now? Is she at the show? Yeah. So it was awesome. So can you go longer or do you want me to wrap I'm up? Or what do you want to do? I'm good. Do you want to go to commercial? Whatever you want to do. We got to do the tweet of Travis. Yeah, whatever you want to do, man. We got some voicemails. I'm here on your show. Whatever you got to do. Are you driving back tonight? 
No. Okay, so that's good. So I can yeah. keep you longer. Yeah. All right, we're going to commercial break then, Marks. Second commercial break coming up right now. Michael Lindsay from Vital MX. Please put your phone down and start like paying attention to the show. I'm doing great. And uh, and doing we'll, great we'll be right back with much more after this, everybody. It's Chad Reed. You're listening to the Pulp MX Show. All of us have one thing in common. When it comes to leaning that bike into a corner, floating a dirt bike through the air, or blasting a sand berm in a UTV. And that is passion. At BTO Sports, our foundation is built around family, which allows us to offer unparalleled customer service. Knowing we share a common interest, we look forward to the weekend as much as you. So we offer three-day express on orders over $85. BTOsports.com is proud to be a premier source for motorsports parts and apparel for well over a decade due to our reputation for excellent customer service and great prices. From motocross to mountain bikes, sports bikes to UTVs, BTOsports.com has what you need because our passion reflects yours yeah that's right people that's van halen i want to tell you about my two favorite things in life van halen and fly racing flyracing.com they make much more than just moto gear mountain bike gear snowmobile gear hard parts they've got it flyracing.com the f2 carbon helmet it's as close to a factory bike as a helmet can get. It's out of the box and onto the racetrack ready helmet for guys like Millsaps, Baggett, Canard, and Pike. Carbon fiber, Kevlar, Coolmax, Mips. Fly Racing's F2 Carbon has 10 different graphic styles, 22 colorways. Go to your local dealer, get them from flyracing.com. Please check them out. A whole line of hard parts as well. Flyracing.com. Let's listen to some Van Halen. Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning Factory Kawasaki Race Team. Long-time Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the listeners for voting us as Pulpy Award winner for Best Sponsored Commercial for 2017. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> I hope the Pulp Nation likes this year's commercial even more, and I'd like to share some information on our newest product for sport touring riders. That's old news, right? Actually, no. We still offer the Michelin Power RS for sport bike riders that we introduced in 2017. What I'm talking about is the all-new Michelin Road 5 tire. It features our latest patented technologies and is the new benchmark for wet grip in sport touring tires and provides maximum confidence in wet and dry conditions mile after mile. Visit MichelinMotorcycle.com for complete product information and third-party independent test results. Documentation. Proving that Michelin Road 5 tires outperform its major competitors in wet grip performance. 
Simply put, it's another innovative, industry-leading product from Michelin. I just want to hit a motocross stop. Uh, thanks, Gringo, for interrupting me, just like Mathis does his guests. Uh, I just wanted the Pulp MX Show listeners to know that in addition to the Michelin Starcross 5 tires, that Michelin also makes quality, performance products regardless of what type of motorcycle you ride. From cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, adventure touring motorcycles. You are bringing the ruckus to that. Whoa, easy, Gringo. Yes, Michelin even makes tires for the Honda Ruckus as well as many other scooter applications. I'm certain the Pulp MX Show listeners know the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires and how they're specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain and are available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions because there's one thing for sure. If you want something to get out, you tell Mathis. In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the Michelin Starcross 5 tires feature a bead profile that makes them easier to install. In fact, there's a very high chanceability that you can install a new Michelin Starcross 5 tire in less time than it takes for a pizza to be delivered to your house. Easier mounting is always a good feature. True. Basically, even a retired racer who almost won a championship can almost install them himself, if he just would. Thanks again to the Pulp MX show listeners who've purchased the Michelin Starcross 5 tires and given great feedback on them. If you're still thinking, I don't know, just ask a rider who has Michelin Starcross 5 tires on their bike. Follow us on Instagram on at Michelin Motorcycle and visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase Michelin Starcross 5 tires. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed our new commercial. That wasn't good or, or awesome. Well, I definitely was not going to let you sing. Race Tech Suspension and Engines, great guys. They've been with us for a number of years now. You know what Race Tech's all about. You know the top teams and privateers choose Race Tech. Look, maybe you don't race Supercross. I get it. That's fine. Neither do I. But you can at least get your suspension looked at. Change your oil. Change the bushings. Change the seals. Love your bike and it'll love you back. PulpMX17 is the code to save at Racetech.com. Suspension and engines. Of course, they got their gold valves now. They got over 200 gold valve designs to date. They're constantly updating and evolving to provide the best suspension products and settings available in the market. 100% guaranteed to exceed your highest expectations. Love the guys at Racetech. Love what they've been doing for us. Love what they do for you jerkies. And we thank them. We're going to help you save, whether it's suspension or engine services. Just give your bike some love with some suspension. We'll do it. Racetech Gold Valves, 100% guaranteed to outperform your highest expectations. All Racetech products are made in the USA. Racetech suspension and engines. Make it happen. I like that. Make it happen. It's a good little tagline. Let me try it again. Racetech suspension and engines. Make it happen. Hey, it's Mathis. RoostMX.net have been a big part of us, our show for a number of years, and we love those guys. A whole Pulp Nation section on their website. Pulp Nation code saves you 20% on there. They can make custom pulp graphics for you. Uh, they can also do shirts and hats of anything you want. They can make custom graphics for your bike if you don't like pulp. And why? I mean, maybe you don't. Uh, they're also the official team sponsor for the Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. And we have Alex Ray here in studio. Alex, uh, you love these guys. Yeah, love them. Shirts, hats, pit shirts, car wraps, yeah. everything. If you take some Cycle Trader uh, graphics off your motorcycle, will they stick to almost anything? They will stick to everything, bro. The best quality graphic yeah. out there. A-Ray 91 is the code to save, and we thank those guys. And, again, check them out for the whole custom line. And, uh, Alex, Ray, you got one more thing to say? 
ARAY91 is the code, and if you don't use Rooster Max, then f*** you. For more than 20 years, Vortex Racing has been a leading manufacturer of MX race components boasting intelligent race design. A proud supporter of the Pulp MX Show, Vortex is offering exclusive discounts for Pulp MX listeners. Trusted by champions, Vortex Racing components are made from aerospace-grade billet aluminum to the tightest tolerances. Chad Reed and Cooper Webb of Factory Yamaha will be using our rear sprockets and will be rocking them for Supercross and Motocross. You'll find the right Gearing for any track condition from the vast array of sprockets. Cat 5, F5, Hardcoat Silver, our long-lasting laser-cut steel vortex sprocket. Our newly redesigned V3 Racing Chain 2.0 is the perfect complement to Vortex rear and front sprockets. Create a custom chain and sprocket kit with more than 30,000 possible gearing combinations. In addition to sprockets and chain, Vortex also offers the V3 MXSX handlebar that is 29% stronger than the competition. You can ride with confidence knowing that Vortex has put years of research, development, and testing into these super strong bars without sacrificing weight and speed. And that race teams like Team Babbitt's use and abuse these bars on the national stage. And don't forget about your wearables parts. Vortex recently released its own line of V3 brake pads, V3 performance lines, brake line kits, V3 oil filters, and V3 cycle straps tie-downs. Want 40% off your order? Just contact Jake at VortexRacing.com or 800-440-3559, extension 222, and mention promo code PULPMX2017. For more information, check out VortexRacing.com and see you at the track. WUSA is the number one source for quality wheel sets and wheel building services. They are the exclusive importer for Talon and Kite Hubs along with DID and Excel rims. Their wheels and wheel building services are trusted by the finest teams in the country. Teams like Factory KTM, JGR Suzuki, Rocky Mountain MC KTM, Rockstar Husky Star Racing Monster Energy Babbitts, they all trust up, yeah. No job is too big or too small. WUSA, everybody, we thank those guys for coming on board with us. Whatever you need for your wheels, hubs, wheel building services, they've got it. Mention Pulp MX when you call down there, and they'll give you a discount. They ship nationwide. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at WUSA.com. WUSA, they're all things wheels. Do it. WUSA. Do it. The Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team relies on one company for all of its seat needs, and that's Guts Racing. We thank the folks at Guts Racing for coming on the show for a number of years now. Pulp MX 2018 is the code to save. Complete seats available for KTM and Huskies. Other brands will be added later. 
The Phantom Lightweight Seat Foam is the choice of seat foam for many teams in the pits. Kenny Roxon won a 450 National Championship using Guts products a couple years ago. And again, they've been with us for a number of years. Please check them out. Official supplier of the Rockstar Husky Husqvarna team for graphics. Live in 100 as well. And seats. Anything and everything to do with seats. Please check them out. Gutsracing.com. Pulpamex 2018 is the code to save. Over 65 years ago, Vertex Pistons was born out of a small technical workshop in northern Italy's famous Motor Valley. Expanding and maturing among the racing legends of Ferrari, Lamborghini, Presented by BTOSports.com and Fly Racing. Cut the commercial break a bit short. Just because we got to get going. I was over it. And maybe I just want to get some Bon Jovi. Michael Lindsay from Vital MX is here. Do you want to talk about hashtags or anything else? Or are we, are we good? <laughs> I was All just right. getting ready to text Anton back about that. No, we're good. We're good. We got our point across. Rainy Yellow, what's up? Hey, who do we have in studio right now? Michael Lindsay from Vital MX. Hey, you know, honestly, tonight I sold my YZ250. No. Why, bro? But, but I got the 19250F. Ah, that's what I like to hear. So, so tell me this. My buddy keeps telling me, he's like, dude, you got a whole shot device. It's, I don't have a whole shot device. I have two mm. maps, correct? Correct. You do not have a launch control. You have two map select. You have a map selector switch. Ooh. So okay. So I got. I got. I went on the uh, the app. I got map one and map two. So if I start the bike and start riding around without even hitting that button, is it is it on the stock setting? It's in map. So map the light when you press it just turns on. It turns blue. If the map switch is no light, that means it's in map one. If the light is on blue, that means you're in map two. Okay, so if I start the bike off and just normal and riding around, that's guaranteed to be map one. Um, I think, I can't remember if you shut it off in map two. I think if you refire it within a certain amount of time, it stays, stays in, map in map two when it fires up. Just look at the, literally as you, I mean, the thing's bright and blue, but yeah, when it fires up, if the light's on, it's in map two. If it's not, it's in map one. Okay. And you can press uh, that one. Like some bikes, you have to slow down to do the map switch. You can literally be going 60 miles an hour and hit that button. That one will Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Up. I thought you had to be no, stopped No, the or Hondas, KTM, all of them have always had this thing where you have to slow down or be like right. stopped. Now, the Yamaha one, you can hit because the Yamaha guys told me to do it when we were testing some maps. I've just punched in midair, hmm. traveling right. like 40 and off. It what else, Rain Yellow? So I. Because I have map one and map two set. Okay, what, what else, so Rain Yellow? I can. Huh? What else? Uh, well, I sold them with 250, and honestly, I took this. I took this thing out to trail ride just because I'm coming back. What, what else you got? Bike. What else you got, Rainy Okay, <laughs> I wanted to say this. I left a voicemail. 
We're gonna we're gonna play it. We're gonna play it. So you want to just save save a voicemail segment? Uh, okay. Well, let me get to this. I saw Brian Deegan posted a video of him interviewing, like not interviewing, but like listening just talking to James. To James. And, I, and let me tell you this: I get it because I I didn't write for six months, and I got it. I got accustomed to a certain kind of lifestyle without dirt bikes. I learned how to be happy. So in that regards to James, I get it. And, I, you know, respect in that regard, I understand. He's been through some shit, so huge respect, huge respect to that, to that guy and for anything I may have said. Otherwise, you know, shame on me. All right, Randy. Yes, sir. See you. <laughs> yes. Not a bad idea, Raining Yellow. Uh, speaking of Raining Yellow, let's let's get to him. 702-586-7857. Leave a call anytime. And uh, we'll take the voicemails. Here's the best of the best of was at two weeks of off, uh, of, of, that we were off. Oh, man. Uh, here we go, Marks. Hey, Steve. Now that you don't have to pay for Ping and his mustache to come in studio, let's get Ping back in there. More Ping. We miss that guy. He's cheaper now. He is, uh, he is not cheaper now. I, 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 I talked to Ping. And he was asking me about the show, and I just said, "Dude, it's expensive." He's a direct competitor. Well, now he's got a podcast. Like, now he's not, a direct competitor. not just a launches podcast radio show style. Um, oh man. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's a little more than different, different than podcast. MGL. Um, nah, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. care. It's fine. But um, I just Ping's not coming down on his price, man. And uh, it, I mean, do I need to raise my price? No, you're in the same price range as everybody. Okay. Everybody gets the same when they come up here. They get cool. a little bit of money to come up, and I pay expenses if I need to be. Uh, but you were coming up anyways with your, with your future mother-in-law. So, oh God, that's. Um, but no, he just pings expensive, man. And uh, I'd like to have him back on, but his schedule was really tough, and uh, so it's hard to get him booked. And then, yeah, man, like I told him, like just I can't afford you all the time. So that's kind of it. Uh, all right, Steve, raining yellow. It's hard to call when uh, I got a crying baby all the time and wife wants to eat dinner. But uh, I just want to know if Roger ever got back to you. And it's about freaking time Malcolm is training and all that. Clearly, you can't ride your brother's tail forever. I mean, I, I like the guy. He's got talent like no other. But put some fucking effort into it, dude. Come on. You ain't going to be in your 20s forever. To, you know, clock's ticking. So that's my two cents. I'm going to... Hopefully I can call sooner or later. Well, you, you did. Thanks, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Boss. Just listening to the old shows. So Randy Richardson, good guy, means well, great interview, but oh, my gosh, his voice is fucking annoying. I, I, Your I don't voice know if is I can stand annoying. and listen to the rest of the show with him I mean, on it. This guy has a weird voice, me right? Off. Yeah. But, yeah, talk to you guys later. All right. Negative. All right, Mathis, three times I've been cut off by your answering machine. <laughs> I've been listening to some old podcasts, and I've been hearing the debate on what to call the uh, the triple crown races, and people want to call them trophy dashes and horn swoggles and heat races, all this shit. So I think we should just go ahead and call them gangbangs. I mean, could you imagine <laughs> Ralph Shaheen on like live TV saying, Eli Tomac is your gangbang number three winner? 
Mark, I think like that'd it? be pretty damn good. Uh, and I'm I think in. the yeah. only problem the monster with calling game gangbangs would be I'm in. people trying to figure out whether it's better to finish first or finish last <laughs> in a gangbang. <laughs> All right, boys. Love the show. Have a good one. I like it. It's better to finish Justin Brayton's got three gangbangs this year. <laughs> I'm here for the gangbang. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Ready for the monster Stamp energy gangbang. Hey, so I'm just going to echo the comments of what that Aussie guy said. Uh, last week, and you guys were always talking about, oh, the Aussies always have a problem with, you know, guys calling in and, and uh, say first-time listener, you know, whatever the hell, third-time caller, I don't know, like the same shit people say. They just waste moments Blame. on the air that it's like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, yeah, great. Your voicemail is wasting time, time on the time. air. I don't give a shit how long. I'm an American, all right, and I side with the Aussie on this one, okay? It's fucking annoying. When dudes call in and they have a little fucking spiel, nobody gives a shit. On a second note, Steve, good fucking job, unlike Jason Wygant with the stupid-ass fucking intro on his show that's just, it makes me want to pull my hair out and throw a baby off a cliff, you know? Like, thank you for not having stupid-ass fucking hooks and dumb-ass fucking music throughout or stupid commercials. All your fucking shit is good. I love listening to you, the Pull MX show, all the guests that you have. You guys are amazing. You guys put out great shit, and I can actually sit through your commercials and not want to fucking kill something. So, hey, you know what? Recognize it came off a little aggressive, but I just want to say thank you. And uh, also, I sat with the Aussie. Stop calling in and saying I'm a fucking first-time caller forever listener. Nobody gives a fuck, so just shut the fuck up. All right, thanks, man. Man, the start aggressive and yeah. mellowed out, and then ended pretty <laughs> ended aggressive. very aggressively. <laughs> yes. Hey, Steve and Gus. Uh, just re-listening back to one of or the one with Randy, where you guys are talking about Red Bull straight rhythm. Mathis, you kept saying, "Let's do more. Let's do more." When you're talking to Donnie Emler Jr., um, you think they could pull off like a little four race series or something? I know that. Like Steve said, we don't have Red Bull's checkbook. But do you think they could do a four-race, you know, kind of mini-series sort of, you know, maybe hitting a downtown, driving through or going through the city or something? Or am I way in left field? Uh, it'd be cool as shit, but just throwing it out there. It'd be awesome. Uh, have a good yeah. one, boys. See I think it would be great, but from what I understand, Red Bull doesn't – Red Bull loses money on a straight rhythm. Oh, yeah. It's just you like know? a lot of their events. They and, don't, and, they don't and, really – yeah, well, I mean, and my idea of taking it to downtown would be rad, but imagine how expensive that would be. Once again, you need the pocketbook to get it started, and then like most downtown events ever get done, how do you how do you set up grandstands and charge to pay? Like, it's kind of the idea of you get people to look at it, but mm-hmm. it's hard to charge people to show up, and it costs a lot to put it on, yeah. then you're just in the hole. Then you really it, need Red Bulls It'd be check. sweet, though, to have four oh, race what? straight rhythm series. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. My name's Bronwyn. My husband and I listen to the Pulp Mech show when we're on road trips. Anyways, we just listened to you ranting about Monster Girls, and I just have to say, fuck yeah. I'm so fucking sick of tuning in to watch whatever motocross or supercross and seeing these dumbass bimbos talking about dirt bikes like they know their ass from their elbow. And... Yeah, it's just super frustrating. I don't know. We just end up listening to these idiots ranting about shit or, like you said, showing us their jackasses out in the crowd having fun. I mean, yeah, sure, it's a show. we got to sell tickets. 
the way we support it. But in the same breath, you know, we've got these fat-ass titties in our faces covered with leather, and that's a representation of women in the sport, too, which is kind of a pain in the ass because there's the rest of us out here pounding pavement, trying to make a name for chicks out there riding and little girls. That's all they see growing up. We got makeup to mud put up right against these girls, and it's just fucking embarrassment. Anyway, thank you for your time and for your rant because it was epic. Well, you're welcome. Racetech.com rant of the night. Racetech.com. Hey, boys. So I bought some Mission Starcross 5 because I've, I've kind of bought into the hype of what everybody's talked about. Yeah. And uh, the whole easier mounting, always a great feature. That bird is true, but getting the tube in was the biggest cocksucker I've ever had. And I've mounted quite a few tires. Like, I think a 110 tire was easier to get the tube in. And I used all my tricks doing them over the years. So I don't know if that's huh. a problem anybody else has had, but I went and ripped them in the desert in Central Oregon, and I, they seem to do just fine out there. Just getting the tube in was a motherfucker. So, I mean, just a little tip. I don't know. Oops. I don't know. Um, like, was he sticking the tube in? I don't. I don't get it. How could that be like hard? Mounting the tube. I don't know. Like you just you pushing the push. First of all, first of all, put some air in the tube. Number one, so it can keep away from pinching and keeps its shape. If the tire is easier to mount, though, it has a soft sidewall. Sidewall should be easier to peel back to put the tire. Well, in. yeah, right. That's how it kind of goes. So, what what was the deal? Like, I don't understand. How could the tube be tough to put in more than an average tire? Not sure. Okay. I'm lost on that one. All right. Me too. Hey, thanks, Steve, for all the content you put out. Um, I listened to about everything you got, and now um, casual hockey fan and listen to Pulp Hockey as well. Yeah, Pulp Hockey. truck all day, so it's really helpful to keep my sanity through the day. PulpHockey.com. So thank you for that. I uh, had a quick suggestion, a no short show 400 is coming up and I wasn't sure if uh, you had a lineup for that or not but with uh, RV being the people's champion and uh, him speaking with Alessi somewhat in at Loretta's this summer I don't know whether maybe this is crazy there's too much bad blood <laughs> but him Alessi and possibly Davey Millsaps who's retired and you imagine that? always awesome on the show a bad Huge idea I would imagine they'd have some Bring crazy some great mini story. rivalries. Um, so, one. just a thought. Get them on for show 400. Uh, just get me. I know Mike. everybody would love to hear all their amateur ins and outs. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Hey, hopefully this makes it for the Tuesday show. Uh, JT was talking about a street line that Fly Racing has for like uh, Harley Davidson's and Indians. I was wondering if I can get the name of that. I've been looking online, and I can't find it. Please and thank you. Bye. Uh, do you know what their street line is called? You know, like Parts Unlimited has drag, and WPS has uh, uh, Harley. No, what? I don't know. It's easy. To just Google WPS hard parts or WPS. Yeah, just go WPS is distribute like their main page and it yeah. should come up. Don't look for fly racing. Go to Western yeah. Power Sports' page and you should be yeah. able to find it. I forget what it's called too. Uh, and so many reps right now are probably yelling at their radios. Um, but anyway, why do yeah. they sponsor your janky radio show? Well, they don't sponsor me on that end of things. It's uh, <laughs> it's ah, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I forget. You gonna dig it up? 
Yeah, get on to okay. the next voicemail. Right. I'll answer in a second. Is that it for voicemails? I think that's it for voicemails. Oh, well. Yeah, that's it. Uh, 702-586-757. You can call anytime. Leave a voicemail. Uh, Ride-engineering.com. Pulpamex-20 is the code. The product of the week. They're, they're one-piece anti-twist bar mount that we all know and love, and we've seen. Uh, I've had one on my Suzuki before. Uh, they've, they've been redesigned and uh, to accept a Scott or GPR steering stabilizer. It allows the handlebars to be set in multiple positions, closer or further from the rider, and it keeps the bar high the same as stock which is the important one um and uh ridedesengineering.com retail is 134.95 on these bar mounts to use them with your stabilizer but use the code pulpamex-20 and save uh, uh from those guys so uh pulpamex-20 at ridedesengineering.com that's the, been the product of the day for uh, for the guys at Ride Engineering. All right, btosports.com. Uh, use the code PULPAMEX when you call there or put it in the notes section, and uh, they can save you money. btosports.com. Whatever your passion is, two wheels, four wheels, btosports.com has got what you need, and we thank you guys for supporting them over the years for our listenership. This is the btosports.com Tweet at Travis segment. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from btosports.com. Here's the tweets of Travis. Mark says it's Highway 21. I don't, that's Highway a, 21 is like that's their, a line of, their uh, V twin. Like they do fly stuff that's street, that's yeah. like General Street, and then the V twin Indian market is called a uh, Highway 21. It looks like okay, so that, that is it then. Yeah, looks like it according to their catalog. That was a different name than that. All right, anyways, Highway 21. I feel like it's different. I would text JT, but it's too late. I think it's like hard driver sense, it's just their overall market for right. that stuff. But, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so check them out, please. BTOsports.com. Uh, tweet at tweet at Travis segment. He takes the best tweets at, at Pulp Mech Show and uh, reads them to myself and Michael Lindsay. And uh, let's do this, Marks. This is from Lauren Mao. Uh, any word on Dean Ferris coming to the U.S. for 2019? There was talk of him at Yamaha, but has been quiet since. He wants to do a He's privateer a, effort even, right? Uh, he outdoor? still said, he posted just the other day when he finished up his CDR contracts at mm-hmm. U.S., and he said he's still talking to some team or teams. I can't yeah. remember if it was plural or not, but he said he's still talking to somebody. I, couldn't you see Yamaha putting, Cycle Trader doesn't run a 450 outdoors, but no. couldn't they see Yamaha saying, we'll give you some money, put them on your, on your team? I don't know. They support that effort pretty minorly um, yeah. in that sense, so I don't know. Uh, I think there's was it clout too that said he was going to do. There's another Aussie that they were going to team up and do it. I thought. Um, well, I thought, this, were, I thought there were two two Australian guys that were like, "Fuck it, we're going to U.S. for this." Well, that was uh, this last year. Um, well, uh, New Zealand Cooper no, came yeah. over. And I thought somebody yeah. else did with him. No, it was just Cody. Yeah, I don't think I could see clout coming over with Ferris. Okay. I thought there was somebody that said they're going to team up together and be privateer style if nothing else mm. you know they're just going to both do it because they want to do it right yeah uh all right next question this one's from k boyd 722 your favorite amateur rider mumford isn't at minio's any idea why yeah i t- i sent out a text to somebody who knows mumford well he i uh, got the rod out of his leg his I name guess. his name so, uh, i Pickford. cannot i cannot confirm or deny who it is uh carson got the rod put out of his took it out of his leg so, um, yep. so it wasn't there. This one's from GL's Drunk Thoughts. <laughs> I like that. One. Uh, what's dirtier, Brock Tickle's piss or Cole Thompson's pass on Fasciati? Oh, I would say Tickle's piss uh, because that that takeout by Thompson wasn't all time dirty. What did you think? Which one, the Cole Thompson pass? Yeah, 
Yeah, if you um, weren't on your phone, you would have heard that. All no, that. it's yeah. The last the corner of the of the two rounds. I ago. I was pretty again. I okay. I guess the entire situation I'm pretty po'd about, but that dude wasn't making the corner. Like that was to me that to me was a straight up takeout move. Like he wasn't making the corner. He wasn't making the jump without completely. I'm not a fan of Cole guy. Thompson, but. It wasn't the dirtiest takeout I've ever seen. It wasn't the dirtiest right. one, but I didn't see it as much of a block move. I saw it as straight, like like I said, I didn't see how he was going to make the corner without banking right. off Fasciati. Uh, yeah. So I consider it a straight-up takeout, not a block pass. Right, right. All right. This one's from Christian W381. I know Michael is no longer full-time at Vital, but why is listening to Guy B on the podcast like watching paint dry? He has great guests, but no energy. Oh, any comment? I suppose sense it. Uh, I just don't think it's his. Ex- I don't think. I don't know. Just not exactly his style per se. He's not much of an audio interviewer in in the sense of a long form like that. So I think it's something he's still getting used to. Yeah, I mean, I think I've had people do shows or podcasts, and then they come to me and they're like, "Man, you make it look easier than what it is." As far as yeah. carrying a show, I've been doing it for ten years now, so I'd have to be pretty decent at it. And I agree. Until you get behind the mic and you have to carry the thing and, and do everything, it's not it's not always easy. Yeah, I think know? it was even what me and you talked about earlier, the difference between walking into it as a prepared plan questionnaire. Yeah. You can be pre-monotone. I try to cheat, treat the ones I do as generally learning about the person. I, I try not to actually pre-plan that much because I try to be generally interested in what I'm asking yeah. them as I'm learning. It makes it easier to carry a normal conversation with the person. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Michael already answered this one, but we'll ask it anyway. From Charlie Worthy, how many triple crown races are we going to see this year? Three, 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 and two shootouts, two east-west shootouts. Same oh, as last we year. are going to have two east. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure on that one. Yeah, were there two east-west last year? Or three? Yeah, there, yeah, no, it's two. Vegas and uh, I forget. Indy, Indy, Indy? Mini? Yeah. Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Yep. Um. All right, there were a couple on. Uh, on this but we'll ask this one from jake arbalo why would pike need donations to help get him home he rides for a million dollar company shouldn't they be covering his medical costs i wonder contract I w- employees i would understand if this was a privateer but he's a factory rider contract employees yeah. they don't have health insurance through uh their work per se they're not a typical employee yeah it's not up to jgr to cover it they're just uh, they contract western up exactly what michael said so i'm sure jgr will help I'm 100% positive that they would help out to this road to recovery thing or in another manner. Um, I've seen teams cover riders' salaries when they get hurt with a bike malfunction. Um, So, yeah, but they don't legally, they don't have to do anything, no. And you know what? For the people who are bitching, don't donate. Don't donate. And in the case, I think it says right in the road to recovery, Weston, he's not a rider bombing around. No, he has hella hurts. I mean, he's going to be in Europe for three whole weeks in a hospital there you're gonna have some charges above that and the biggest thing is the meta the meta plane back is expensive that's something no general insurance is gonna cover yep all right this one's from jordan it's not a question but i just want he just wanted to say tim ferry has the best instagram stories of any current or former racer out there he does his son beckett is just hilarious he's just great i love it he loves hamburgers and he's just yeah he i agree tim ferry's the greatest at everything so everything this one's from John Boy. I'm about to start shopping for TV packages and would like to know if there will be an app for Supercross like Motocross has had for the past two years. Yes, NBC Gold app. Yep, I can't wait. I love it. That Just will be announced. for Supercross? 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they do it for all their sports. I have their cycling pass. I um, couldn't imagine they're not doing it for Supercross. There's no way. They yeah. do it for all their major sports. Right. Um, this one's from Fenson Brinson. Is there any possibility of a new two-stroke trial trail bike Sorry, from any Japanese manufacturer? I know there is a YZ250X, but that's why a YZ... But that's just a YZ250 with a few mods. Nope. If we're talking the other three Honda, Kawi, Suzuki, no. Not in the next year or two by a mile. Um, this one's from Charlie Worthy. Steve, list the injuries that you've had in the past and give us an idea as to how much of it still bothers you today. Uh, I got a cortisone shot in my knee that I tore my meniscus in in 1990. Tore my ACL in 90 in my knee, but not all the way through. And then I tore my meniscus in like 94. And then I just got a cortisone shot because it started bugging me again because I've been mountain biking and all that. That's all your injury list? No. Broke my foot three times. Broke my arm. Broke my pelvis. Broke fingers. Broke a collarbone. Uh, tore my rotator cuff. That one still affects me to this day. The rotator yeah. cuff, because I, I, I have the strength and grip yeah. of a... Of a 15-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, so the rotator cuff in my right shoulder still uh, bugs me. My knee still bugs me. Um, and I knocked out a few times, so my brain probably still bugs me. I don't even know it. Oh, that's about it, I think. Broke my arm. Did I mention that? Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Uh. Yeah. There was, there, I went through like, Sorry. fuck, like when I first turned pro in Canada, so I won my four Manitoba titles, like yeah. I said, in two years. Then I turned pro, and then I just started getting hurt. Like, I don't yeah. know if I ever made it through a whole Canadian pro season without yeah. getting hurt. I just kept... Uh, one was a collarbone, one was, one was the arm, one was uh, the knee. No, the knee, knee was an amateur. Uh, my rotator cuff was a pro. Like, I just kept... Yeah. Fuck. It was, I don't know if I was... I think I wasn't fast enough. Yeah. And I wanted to go faster, and then when you go faster and you're not quite ready, that's when you... I, I was really good at taking a lot on in one shot. I very rarely broke one bone. I like to break... It was multiple? Eight, nine, ten, one. Yeah. Like, I had one uh, shattered ankle, tib, fib, Achilles torn, humerus, your bone, your arm broken in two or three places. The ball joint blew off same, the end of the arm, blew the shoulder joint completely out. Yeah, tibia was in, like, four pieces, ankles, 25 oh. pieces, like, eight-hour surgery on my foot. Yeah. That's yeah. gnarly. Yeah, I never had any of those. Uh, just yeah. individual stuff. Um, from my tib fib down, I've broken everything in my left foot at least once, if not twice. Yeah. Everything. So it crashed a couple times. Does it still bug you? Actually, surprised I've had pretty good orthos. I mean, I have yeah. a little bit less range of motion in my left foot, but honestly, right. I've never had my knees fixed. And I definitely have something torn in each one. So yeah. knees bug me a my, bit. My, the cortisone I got was, I was really stressed yeah. about it. And I got an MRI and everything, and I was freaking out about it. And the MRI showed that it was, you know, torn, but yeah. pretty minor. And I'm like, well, why do I have this pain? Why do I have this? When I get up from sitting, I got a limp before I yeah. get going. I said, why, why is all that happening? He's like, ah, it could be just age. Let me yeah. give you a cortisone shot. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was you know, it. Also, the one that bugs me the most, something I did in my one-on-ones, my foot does bother a little bit. The weirdest one is, I'm sure you saw a stupid photo of the bike I sunk into the swamp at yeah. JGR. That was part of an actual crash. The bike ended up there. I flew so far off into the middle of away from that swamp and land on my head. I like shocked my system and I couldn't feel anything for a few seconds. That was almost two year, what a year and yeah. a half ago now. My neck has not been the never same. Never been since. the same. I've got covered on my head uh, now. I never used to have neck problems and now I have constant neck problems. Uh, oh, don't forget about my brain fluid. 
at Milestone on my table with Double Crush. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mesquite. Forgot about that. Mesquite. Yep. That was literally... See, that's how bad it was. was Can't that was my, where it was. Listen, He's only off by a, a state. A guy just <laughs> sent me a tweet the other day. Brain fluid. A guy sent me a tweet the other day. It was brain fluid. Absolutely. was. It was cerebral fluid. The, the symptoms that this guy had yeah. was the exact same thing that I had. And... So, yeah, I had brain fluid from leaking from my nose. So, what you're saying is uh, Cooksey had a real reason to be worried about you then? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think he panicked <laughs> a little bit. But, yeah, uh, it wasn't... You wouldn't not. panic if you if at the moment in time you'd realize it was brain fluid coming out of nose, you wouldn't have panicked a well, little? Well, I, I felt okay. I didn't... You know, I felt a little out of it. As his was, brain is just I, I completely know. fried. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, anyways, all right. Next question. <laughs> this one's from Spencer. Has Michael Lindsay ridden the 2019 CRF250? I bought one over a month ago, and I've heard zero review or setup or first impressions. Nope. I know I, we talked about it. I don't remember if it was on air or off air. No, it, was it was off, off air. air. Honda, okay. actually, just I got a call this morning that I can go pick up my media unit finally. Um, the only media guy who I think wrote him, I think Chris did break-ins, and that's it. So Kiefer said that his slacking. test is coming up on Friday. Yeah, I got to pick mine up. Uh, crap. He tweeted it today. I'm going to get that done time. Uh, uh, all right, next question. Um, from Heath Killer, with all the two-stroke love lately, how much better are the two-strokes of TLD, KTM, Grant, and Villapoto, and everyone else at Red Bull, straight rhythm, than the Stu, RC, and Chad bikes of 05? Well, they're 50 cc's bigger. <laughs> have a lot of 300s in that <laughs> class. Um, I wouldn't think they're a whole lot better. I mean, those factory bikes in 05 and 06, they, they were pretty well tuned to the max by that point, um, yeah. and the motors haven't changed much, but 50 cc's is 50 cc's. Jeremy Malott, that's for you. From BC, any update on Tickle's suspension? He should have just raced all the off-season races. He can't. He can't make any money. Yeah. The suspension would keep going. He told me that he's looking like there's going to get an update real soon. I don't know how they know that oh, or what man. he means by that or anything, but uh, yeah. I think he'll be racing motocross this summer. Do you agree with me? I hope so, because, I mean, penalty, I'm guessing he'll probably get a... A summer, he'll probably get around a 16 monther, right. I would think, somewhere in that range. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll see him back for outdoors. All right, next question. Um, this one's from Keel McStovepipe. I'm oh, sure it is. Who's JGR paying more, Hill or Pike? Hill. Yeah, probably Hill. This one's from Warren MX Affiliate. Who is more likely to have an oops, I did it again moment slash crash in 19 Supercross, Tomac or AC? Oh, AC. Sad to say, but AC. <laughs> From Joshua Anderson, who made more money in the Canadian series? Pettis with two titles or Moff with the triple crown? Mm, yeah, Moff got 10 grand. Uh, I- I'm going to say Pettis because of the bonuses from Yamaha and everything and all that. Yeah, Moff yeah. didn't win that much this year on the carry. Right. This one's from Simon Finn. Can Michael Lindsay talk about WP and their rebranding of their high-end suspension? Is X exact any different exact. to CV or tracks? Um, so actually, the term they're using exact isn't a rebranding of their high-end suspension based on the stickers I've seen. I think they're going to use it as a brand. They're just changing the branding. Period for motor, uh, motocross suspension. Off-road got relabeled as Explorer. Um, I can't remember what they're labeling the street stuff. Um, from the best I can tell, Zact or whatever is actually um, a terminology that they're using for motocross suspension. I think it means 
think the X stands for Moto, the A stands for AER, the C stands for like cone valve or something. Um, it's not, as far as I'm aware, it's not really, oh, and then T I think stands for the track system. It's not really a new technology as far as I'm aware. I think it's just a new name culture that kind of surrounds all their technology into, into one wording per se. Um, so for anybody wondering when they're seeing these logos pop up all sun on their suspension, um, as far as I'm aware, it's not a new internal system. It's just a, a new branding form is, for them. So Kiefer tested WP on the Yamaha. Yeah. Um, is that a viable alternative for people though? Whether like it's, in, in what sense do you mean? Whether it's Olean's, whether it's WP, is it a viable thing to buy a set of suspension, another brand and put it on your, any bike you want? I mean, some bikes more than others. The Yamaha, to me, is the least likely bike I would ever buy kit suspension for. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like in the case of the Suzuki, I'm a big proponent of um, even a Reval BFR. I don't quite like the feel of it. I would buy a kit shock um, for one of those. Hard one is, for me, with kit suspension is there is still the, the split of settings. I've written production stuff that is just as good as kit stuff because a lot of kit stuff isn't that different anymore for a lot of them the shocks are different but the the forks aren't that yeah i mean a honda different. honda suzuki cowie fork is old kit stuff basically it's current kit stuff yeah. the current kit fork is the exact same as that one but, a but couple I, I don't changes. mean so much as kit stuff but like an oleans or a wp like someone to be like hey yeah. i'm gonna i have this ten thousand dollar bike and now i'm gonna spend i don't know how much is it for WP step? Uh, it just went up in price. I would say a total set, you're probably looking at, I don't know, 6500 bucks. Okay, I'm going to spend $6,500 because I don't like my KYB stuff. Like, what? I mean, I mean, Bones were selling show us stuff for KTMs, right? And For a little while, yeah. Yeah, like, I like, like I, I don't know how, how many kids, how many people are doing this? Um, I think you're right. I mean, there are people that definitely buy, I think it's ultimately is if, if you have the money to spend and you're happy with the end result, that's all that really matters. There's definitely people that buy the product. They're plenty stoked on it. And you'll hear guys that swear by it, like best money I've ever spent. And then there's guys that get revalves and go, yeah, I've ridden kit stuff and I would never spend that kind of money. My revalve is just as good. It's, right. it's a bit of perception um, versus just what you feel yeah. you get out of it value wise. I guess uh racetech.com by the way, if you want to get the best suspension known to man. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, God bless the companies for making them, but I just, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's I guess like, it's it's a, it's just you show up at the track with WP stuff on your Yamaha, and you just whipped your cock out. That's what, that's what you did. You <laughs> just, just whipped it. You just whipped hopefully your cock. It's, hopefully it's big enough to match well, the, no, the it price. Is, it's, big and, it's big because you have that much money because you, you took perfectly good KYB SSS yeah. stuff and put WP on it, and so you're just like, hey, look at my cock. Yeah. Look at my WP suspension. The, the other thing is Swing your cock and... The other thing that's interesting, though, with the WP systems, because of the tracks and the cone valve, like, there's... The systems definitely produce a different feel, and some people really like that. Me, personally, I don't like the feel of a cone valve fork. If I run any of their systems, I prefer it with a mid-speed valve in it. I don't prefer the damping characteristic off of it, but I know people that do like the damping characteristic of a CV. Okay. Same with the how the track system works in the shock. Uh, there's not a lot of guys around Supercross because the Actimus GP guys like it. It's a very active feel. It feels like a little bit different than a quicker rebound, but it's a different, unique feel, and some people really value how that shock works. What's in it? What's the difference? What is it? Um, it's like a little dropout feature. Basically, when uh, when there's no pressure up against 
in, in a sense the shocks so you're basically saying the rear tire when the rear tire completely leaves the ground and yeah. there's no pressure when the when the shock has finished moving up and has no pressure mm-hmm. against it going down um there's this little spring i think it's it's down in the clevis and basically releases when the when the tire pulls down the swing arm and it yanks yep. down on the clevis it pulls down the spring and it basically opens the rebound um the rebound you want to say needle or um, valve all the way open so it has like a really quick drop out rebound action because okay. it has no pressure against it so that would be like that that last quarter would just feel like busy just feel like it, be, it could be packed all the way through a stroke it just it releases the the rebound circuit it just basically swings the rebound circuit wide open, so there's no how, rebound. I don't, I don't see how anybody would like that. That's, that would feel weird. It would. Um, it's definitely a weird feel. But on one thing is on acceleration shop, it can yeah. allow the rear tire to drop back just out quicker, going, yeah. so it gets you farther, ex- more extension before it hits again. So you could be in a more supple area of the stroke. But once again, like it's been, and this could be an argument of GP guys versus US, the choppy tracks they wear, the way they're able to turn at her because their bikes are contacting the ground. They don't run as stiff as stuff and they don't run as dead of settings as we do. Right. All right. Next question. I have no idea what you guys just said. No problem. So that's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, This one's from Quinn. Uh, Steve, you always talk about how the big name guys are always held back from doing the race, the other races in between seasons. Does the Weston Pike injury change your opinion? No, I mean it sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst case scenario. Like I said to Eric Pennard, for a guy going overseas, but, but it could happen at a U.S. round. Well, yeah, it could happen anywhere, right? It could happen at your practice track. Like I don't know. I don't think. I don't think you can. Can you live your life like going like, oh God, like I can't. I can't take this thirty grand. Because I might get hurt and end up with my face busted up. I just I don't see how you could do the, that. The I only just, the only real to me way in part there is like I said it could happen. It could have happened to Weston there. It could have happened to Weston A one. Any time you get on a motorcycle. Yeah. Well, it, but I'm saying kind of that situation. It's a very racing situation. It's all close there. So I can say any race season he could run in the same situation. Okay, better point. Any race you're in. Yeah. yeah. Any race you're in. But the Europe one, it's like I don't I don't think the guy should quit doing. That. I mean that's better money they're going to get than show up here. So the risk versus reward in a sense is better there they're technically getting more money the only risk part is an injury of that level happening on some there's some like jt said there's some sketchy countries you definitely Mm -hmm. wouldn't want that injury to happen in but pair of some of the really legit ones i don't think there's any reason for any rider would double think going to that round right all right um all right last one from mcnoche i'm only asking it because he sent it in like four shows in a row Steve, J-Bone has produced zero results as a team manager, and great riders have produced career-worst results under his watch. Should JGR make a switch? No, I just don't Any know. Riders have team manager doesn't do much in moto. I, I just, uh, no, no. I, I mean, it, it's not a great look for JGR that Millsaps, no. or, or not Millsaps, Barsha leaves and kills it, and um, another couple guys that, who, who, why am I not thinking about guys? Millsaps? Yeah. No, he was did all right. Um Phillips has done good at both. Stu. Pike's done amazing at JGR. The Stooth, I think we got the Stu situation is <laughs> I, I almost write that one off. Why this. am I what what is slipping my mind right now with another guy? Um JB did great there. He's done yeah, he, he's yeah. done a little bit better result there, but I mean he did fantastic there. It's ten forty eight at night, so uh, yeah. and I just got back from France yesterday, so I don't know. But yeah. um no, I I don't believe J Bone makes a difference. I really don't. Good or yeah. bad. And same with the Coster. And I just think these guys are overrated when it comes to their manager moves and what they're doing with their riders' performance. Um that was it. There was a couple about the helmet that Pike was wearing that we kind of talked about. 
Yeah, I don't, like that. don't give me that. I don't care whether it's a fly or a showy or anybody else. That, that was a gnarly hit, and any helmet uh, would uh, <coughs> struggle with something like that. Excuse me. Um, all right, btlsports.com. Tweet at Travis Mark. Uh, tweet at Travis. Uh, call them. Mention Pulp MX. Put it in the notes section on, when you check out, and they can certainly help you out. Um, thanks to Cameron McAdoo, Mike Ulrich, Zach Osborne, Anton. Uh, Eric Pinar, JT, for all coming on tonight. Thank you, people, for listening. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. BTOsports.com. Great international shipping rates. Fly racing. Oh, man. I wanted to come up with a good one there, but I still love their Boa Dial Rail Pants. <coughs> Race tech suspension and engines. Paul and Rob are awesome, and they've done better in professional supercross results-wise, uh, I think, than pretty much any small... This is supposed to be the first suspension. thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, okay, you know what, never mind. Paul Feed. Vortex Racing. Uh, Justin Barsha. Gear Alloy. Sick Wheels that should be on your ridge line. Roost MX. Ram it. Vertex Pistons. KTM and Husqvarna. X-Brown Goggles. Choice of Vince Freeze. Michelin Starcross 5. They won in Paris this weekend. Maxima USA. Some good cleaning supplies for my mountain bike. FMF. What's a good pipe for them? Uh, I just saw they posted the new RMZ 250 that won't be out for three months, but they already have a pipe for it. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Uh, works connection. Uh, some of good products. I'm going to go with the axle blocks right now. Their new ones are pretty good. Atlas neck brace. Colton Fasciati. W wheels. Oh, I got a freshie set to put on Honda at the house. Guts racing. Lightweight seat foam. Get data. Wi-Fi tuning. Ah. Yeah, Wi-Fi tuning. Pro filter. Uh, I would be able to quit washing filters. See? Honda World Downey. Can I have a ridge line? Ride engineering. Their Honda Works Edition clamps look sick. OGO. Buy one, you won't need another gear bag probably the rest of the time you ride. Motorcycleindustryjobs.com. You could work for Team Tedder and end up on a factory team. There you go. Well said. Well, Michael Lindsay, Vital MX, uh, among other things. Uh, thank you for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Thank you really very much appreciate for your time, it. man. It's, uh, it's been a good show. And uh, favorite guest tonight? Bernard, Osborne, McAdoo, Ulrich, JT. Anton. I did enjoy what me and Anton talked about, but I will go with Osborne. All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're back next week. Yeah, we're going to keep on doing these shows. That's what we do for you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to our sponsors, sponsor deals. Thanks to you people for using the codes as well. Thanks to Anton for or, or Anton. Thanks to Michael Lindsay for taking his headset off so while it was still on so then we can hear all your noises. Um no, it's too late. You're off. You're done. Uh, Michael Lindsay, as always, fun. Uh, thanks, SwissCore. Thanks, Moser. Marks, thank you. Appreciate thank you. It. Good job coming back tonight. Really, hey, really strong, strong moment. And uh, yeah, everybody, see you next week. Swing your cock. There's something I want to get off my chest, and it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine. And I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff, and I was totally nude, and it was weird. I, I mean, 
You probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho, but I just wanted you to know that. If you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho. Inside your flame 